warning, pop culture leftovers might not be suitable for people who can't handle insane amounts of profanity, so you might want to fuck off. Pop culture leftovers might take its time getting around to its advertised content as well. If this is a huge problem for you, then you too can fuck off. Pop culture leftovers typically has a long run time as well. If you can't handle a four to six hour podcast, then you probably won't like us, and you too can join the aforementioned cock thistles and fuck off altogether in unison. Others who may not be able to handle pop culture leftovers include children under the age of 14, if you regularly listen to NPR, are a pregnant woman that has spent most of your first, second, and third trimester looking at stupid shit on both Etsy and Pinterest, if you tuck in your t-shirts, if you use a Bluetooth headset in public, if you go to motivational speaking seminars, if you have life goals, if you have self-respect, if you have a heart condition, if you're a huge pussy, if you're a huge pussy with a heart condition, or if your name is Melvin, TFS706, or TJ Lamb. Everyone else, please enjoy. Episode 270. There's already like 7 million podcasts talking about pop culture and all that. Makes us happy like shooting at a womp rat. It's a trap. Gonna toss it, gonna taste it. Do we love it? Hey, let's face it, can't erase it. Let's embrace it. Tupperware parties. Subculture spill over like a vulture. Carry over counterculture pushovers. Pop culture. Leftovers. Uncool kids. What's to say has already been said. Leftovers. The only talent is the band that's singing this. Pop culture leftovers. Are, are, are you ready for the only podcast hotter than a human torch? It's Pop Culture Leftovers. Five, four, three, two, one. Hey, welcome to Pop Culture Leftovers, the only podcast that sounds even better the second day after it's been uploaded. I'm Brian. I'm Jake. And, and we're, we're the, the leftovers. leftovers. Yeah. Woo. Another week, Jake. Yeah. 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 Are we faking the enthusiasm? A little bit. A little bit. A little bit of fake enthusiasm. You know, I thought you loved that. When, like, I don't know. Is it, is it cool? Like when, when you have like fake enthusiasm to get yourself pumped up <laughs> at the beginning of a podcast? I think it's a little bit cool. I, I, we do it for the listeners, right? No one wants to hear us like droning and sad. <laughs> we right? do it all the time. Are you kidding me? Every week when we start this show, I, I sound like I'm ready to like cut a vein. <laughs> Right? Yeah. I was thinking the first hour we sound a little bit more fake enthusiastic than maybe, say, the last hour. Yeah, I guess. I mean, I don't know. I don't like to get on here and whoop and ho- hoop and holler like, woo, yeah, yeah, you know. Girl action. Yeah, this is so fabricated. Yeah. We got a great <laughs> show coming at you. I mean, come on. Get fuck off with that shit. Yeah, keeping it real, <laughs> except for this episode. I don't know. I, I, I'm actually in a good mood. Like I was uh, we've got a guest. Hey, Paul. Welcome, Paul. How you doing? Paul Hart. Hey, guys. How's it going? OK, that was really fast. <laughs> <laughs> I'm doing fantastic, gentlemen. How are you guys doing tonight? I'm actually doing really good. I'm very happy for that. I'm oh very my, excited about that. I never am in a good mood, like seriously. And I was telling you this before we recorded. Like every time we get on here, not in a good mood when I hit record. And for some fucking weird reason, I am actually in a good mood today. Like I've got – like my, my energy levels are high. I don't have any anxiety right now. And I've always got like a little bit of anxiety like hovering over me. You know what I mean? And uh, I, nothing. Nothing is holding me back right now. No, you know I, this is, is, I feel like, hold on, Jake. I feel like the hu- I feel like the human manifestation of the uh, Perfect Strangers song. Nothing's gonna <laughs> stop me now. And then, then that beautiful harmonica. You hear that at the end? 
You know, I, that was sounding like, more like a trumpet, but you get what I'm saying. What were, oh, you, say, what were you saying, Jake? Somehow me and Paul are going to fuck all this up. Mm-hmm. Uh, absolutely. No, no, yeah, probably. <laughs> <laughs> Paul, you are from uh, the animated Batcast. What the fuck happened to that thing? It's back on, my friend. Are you back, like, on a regular schedule? Yeah, if, if a regular schedule is every, like, once every six months, absolutely. Ah, uh, man, you at least need to get on, like, uh, a woman's cycle on her menstruation cycle. Uh, at least do it once a month, you know? Be like, man, a woman's cycle is even more foreign to me than a podcast. Mm-hmm. I, I, I just, I, I can't get on I just, no. I, no, no, we're trying to get everything back in the running. We're yeah. going we're gonna to try to get it. At least uh, two a month. That's right. Hey, yeah, two a month. There you go. Buy, go bi-weekly, right? Yes. Like yeah. a paycheck. Be bi You gotta stretch it out. There's only so many episodes in the series, right? Yeah, yeah. There's only 83, and we've got about 10 of them uh, out of the way. So there we go. That's, when you, that's when, you, when you finish up. That's when you move on to something new. That's when you move on to, like, Batman Beyond or something. Yes, or Gargoyles. There you go, or Gargoyles. I mean, that's— I said that really weird, too. You sound like you were gargling as you said gargoyles. I uh, sure, yeah. Gargoyles. Gargoyle, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yay. Hey, guys, our guest this week has a speech impediment. This is going to be a lot of fun. Yeah. yeah. We've had worse. I don't know. I, th- I don't think our listeners like me in a good mood. Like, they're, we're, like, we're, like, literally, like, five minutes into this, and they're like, God, I wish somebody would, like, slap him or kill one of his cats. Oh, jeez. Oh, I know. I'm going dark with it. Our listeners are harsh. I love. No, I love my cats. And if any. No, don't you dare. Don't you fucking dare. Don't you touch my hee hee or my cake. Mm. <laughs> hey, yeah, I said it for the reaction. I said that's all I said it for. I didn't mean it. It was all no. for the reaction. And like, I got it. Like just two people on the podcast. And you guys are like, ooh. hey jake what the fuck happened to 40 dust oh yeah we've been talking about it (laughs) honestly the biggest thing that happened to 40 dust was fucking falling out of love with hearthstone really i i I was at 40 dust i was like that podcast has been gathering dust what the fuck (laughs) yeah we've we've got like eight thousand dust by now yeah yeah I, i haven't actually probably logged into hearthstone in over a month now wow yeah, that might have so, something to do with the with the podcast. Yeah, me and Matt have been talking about it. We're going to retool because both of us still play a lot of different collectible card games. So yeah. maybe the focus should be just talking about collectible card games in general instead of picking one that a month after we start the podcast, both of us stop playing. Okay. I'm sorry I brought any of this up. No, no, it's it's a great question. Don't be sorry. <laughs> no, no, I was getting I was getting bored with it. <laughs> but I do have to say I have to say I do miss the daily dough. Yeah, the daily dough was fun. So that it was just hard to keep that one going, you know. I yeah. finding someone that was willing to do like 6 to 10 episodes and then just have them in the can and do that once every other week was was a challenge. Yeah. Guys, we are 1 week away from the premiere of Cold Pursuit with Liam Neeson. Yes. A snowplow driver seeks revenge against the drug dealers he thinks killed his son. That is going down next week. Yeah, that's fucking exciting. What a great trailer. Oh, my God. And it's rated R. Like, they're not holding back on the violence. This is just going to be like, I hope, 
this is what I hope because like you know at first it was like when I saw the trailer I was like oh my god I can't believe this movie exists this is crazy and it was kind of a joke but now as it's gotten closer to the actual release and I've seen a couple trailers now I'm actually just this is I'm very much anticipating this movie and I what I hope that they can accomplish with this one is you know I mean we know how good Liam Neeson is in revenge stories, you know, we've seen Taken, the first one. I Taken 2, not so much, and Taken 3, I didn't even watch. But we know how good he is in these revenge movies. And if they can really establish some great villains in this one, it's easy. The formula's easy. You, got, you already got Liam Neeson as your hero. Just give me some really uh, just terrible villains that I hate and I want to see die. And I am all about this movie. I cannot wait to see all the fun shit that he does out in the snow and uh, with the snow plow. And it just looks it looks like it looks incredible. This could just be a guilty pleasure and a lot of fun. Yeah, I mean, hopefully it's just not the biggest sin a movie can have and boring. You know, hopefully it's got the R rating. So that's promising. Yeah. Hopefully it's like over-the-top yeah. 90s ridiculous action fun. I hope so. You looking forward to this one, Paul? Uh, yes. Yes, I am. In fact, I read a non-spoiler review on IGN, and they were praising the shit out of the movie, oh. talking about how the villains are like three-dimensional. Nice. That they really – that like it's a different take of an action movie with uh, Liam Neeson. Oh, this is so, great. yes, this is I'm great. very excited. I am so excited. I cannot wait. This is going to be amazing. Oh man, I'm just I, I I just hope Frankie Muniz shows up as like his character from Snow Day. I have no Snow idea Day? what you're talking about. There's a movie called Snow Day, like way back in the day with Chris Elliott. Maybe I got the wrong. I don't think Frankie. Okay, I fucked it up. Uh, Moving right. on. Sorry. <laughs> I, I, I think we fucked up by inviting you on this episode. Yeah, Paul. dude, that's, that's a terrible. <laughs> you wish you had Bandersnatch right now. Don't invite that ginger. Uh, hey, speaking yeah. of Bandersnatch, I gave our listeners the uh, option on Facebook. I put up a poll on our Facebook page and I let them uh, I let them have the choice of what I was going to be drinking tonight. And I said, uh, uh, you know, I, is it going to be rum based or is it going to be vodka? And uh, just like ba- uh, Bandersnatch, they had the choice uh, to um, to choose and uh, make that choice. And they chose rum. So tonight, I just want everybody to know, uh, just like Bandersnatch with the guiding <laughs> hand, with the guiding hand, I always was going to drink vodka. So that's what I'm drinking tonight, people. <laughs> oh, man. I knew where that was going. <laughs> I yeah. love it, though. Yeah, fuck yeah. Bandersnatch. Fuck Bandersnatch. <laughs> no one's talking about that shit anymore either. <laughs> that was a flash in the pan, right? Ooh, it wasn't a flash in the pan, Jake. Was it really? It did. <laughs> I mean, come on. You know, but you know, it was successful. It was successful. It just didn't work for me. And for the people that it did work for, that's fine. That's awesome. You you had choices to make. You made them, and you had fun. And that's all that matters. And uh, you know. I just want it's it's it was successful for Netflix, Jake. I think they're going to be doing more of this. Honestly, I think that they should do this with cartoons for like little kids. That would be. I think they already do actually. Yeah. From what I was reading, is that what it is? Yeah, I think it's the Puss in Boots show. Hmm. Yeah, this the Black Mirror technology apparently was something that they derived from a series of kid shows on Netflix. Really? You know what I didn't do. No, I didn't pull up iTunes reviews for this week. I'll get, I'll get them up. Hold on. <laughs> uh, but you know what? I do have up in the meantime. 
My penis. Podbean? No. <laughs> I also, but I do have Podbean reviews up. So, yeah, let's go ahead and uh, read these uh, Podbean reviews. And I, Jake, yeah, let's, I'll play the bumper here. Oh, God. Oh. Oh. Oh, yeah, right there. Jake, this has become my least favorite segment in the show. Why so? Because of the people and what they are saying on Uh, Podbean. Oh, no. Now I'm afraid. It's just getting fucking stupid. I'm about – I think I'm going to retire it after this week. I'm either going to retire it or I'm just going to choose to, like, bring it up when somebody types something interesting. Because it's really just – just fucking ridiculous at this point it's a yeah, mo- it's a sense. mockery jake it's a mockery of what pod being review should be <laughs> <laughs> i know the intro itself just shows how much like you know it's classy hold these reviews in yeah yeah it's classy you got a woman and she's flicking her bean she's it's she's self-satisfying herself and there's nothing classier than than that <laughs> <laughs> I think the music in the background really adds a whole nother level of class to it as well. It totally does. Very classy music. She's drinking champagne and flicking her <laughs> bean. It's 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 class act, man. So you know I, what I'm trying to do is I'm also trying to be real slick and get like our uh, our uh, iTunes reviews up at the same time. I'm like <laughs> I am like multitasking like a motherfucker over here. Um, I'm stuck reading these stupid fucking. Podbean reviews. Um, here we go. This remember JC Blignot? He was like he, he was the guy giving us his uh, fucking uh, Africans word of the day thing. Well, he's back. This guy's back again, and he's got more shit to say. He he fucking called me out on Facebook. Why didn't you read my Podbean review last week? And I, then I had to go back and like re- refresh my memory as to what he wrote. And then I replied. I was like because I fucking hated it. It was here we go. <laughs> It's fucking stupid. Happy 2019 to my favorite podcast of 2018. Here is my rating uh, for you guys on 2018. He rates our fucking segments, Jake. Oh, my God. Yeah, I I hate this kind of stuff, too. Any kind of power rankings of stuff we do, you you can keep that. Exactly. Uh, A Tupperware for Good Pop, Bad Pop. A High Taste It for Marvel News. A Low Taste It for DC, DC News. And a toss it for Star Wars news. P.S. I think it's time to change the Podbean bumper. You know what? I, 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 when did this become a fucking comment section? Like, uh, no, comment section. Uh, fucking, like, uh, comment cards for, like, a restaurant and shit, right? Yeah, that, oof, that's bad. I can't believe that he wrote a review like that and then, like, kind of had to poke you to see if you'd read it yet. Like, oh, I know. Oh, I'm running ooh. as far away from it as possible. Ooh, I'm proud of that. Why didn't you read it, Brian? I'm proud of that one. 
Yeah, why didn't you read on the show that I tossed one of your segments? Yeah, I hate your segment. You know, it's like, and then, oh, why don't you mix up the pod bean? Here we go. And then he, he, again, again with this guy, a day ago. That was fucking, how long ago was that shit? 13 fucking days ago. And then he's, oh, he's back for more. Here we go. Uh, a warm welcome from Africa. I believe you guys are freezing that side. Well, too bad. This was predicted in lots of movies. I would like to ask Jake <laughs> what his thoughts were on Aquaman. I don't think you saw it. I did not watch Aquaman. There you go. There's his thoughts on that. Brian, stop being lazy and let's change the bumpers for 2019 and spark things up. Jesus. (laughs) What in the hell? I I know one bumper we should change is the pod bean and just not do it anymore. (laughs) I'm I'm done. No, I think, hey, JC Blignut, you're banned. You are banned. Oh, You're banned from Podbean. That's been a long time. You're banned from Podbean. I'm done reading your stuff. It's ridiculous. You can get on here and type whatever you want to, bro. You're done. You're finished. <laughs> I'm done. I'm not. I, I can't read this garbage. Hold on. Here we go. Brian, stop being lazy and let's change the bumpers for 2019. Has nothing to do with laziness. Can I explain this, gentlemen? Remember when I was in a good mood at the beginning of the podcast? Yeah, totally gone now. Anyway, yeah, thank you, JC Blignot. Um, but anyway, I, I'm obnoxious right now, Jake. Somebody slap me. Somebody, somebody. <laughs> I'm being, I, if I could, I would. Oh, please, somebody slap. I'm being obnoxious right now. I'm all wired and wound up, and I apologize. Did but you get I, cake and hee hee into the mix. I know. I need. I need <laughs> get one <him> guy. <laughs> and, <laughs> they need to come up here and slap me around. Hey, you know. Um, one of the here's one of the things, Jake. I, I want to explain like why I've never changed the bumpers. And when I was a kid, you would watch a show, and uh, I, you know, I, I remember watching Pee Wee's Playhouse and loving Pee Wee's Playhouse. And I'd say second or third season in, I noticed that they brought in a new king of cartoons. I was like, that's not the same king of cartoons that I remember from the first couple seasons. That's a that's a different guy. And it bothered me, just little shit like that. They try to pass off a new king of cartoons. And then it was like, then later on in the 90s, I was watching The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, and like, that's not Aunt Viv. That's a completely different Aunt Vivian. And then, you know, I mean, things like that just continued to happen in my life, where they try to replace things with other things that were supposed to be the original, and it just didn't work. I mean... Unless it was Dick York and Dick Sargent and Bewitched. I, both those guys were fantastic. Who am I kidding? But anyway, what I'm saying here is that I don't like to change the bumpers because I didn't like change when I was younger. And I think some of our listeners might be the same way. And there's just something comforting about hearing the same good pop, bad pop bumper every week. And it's not going away. So I refuse to change our bumpers. And you know what else I refuse? I refuse to read your fucking Podbean comments anymore. It's ridiculous, sir. You're ridiculous. Yeah, I agree with the bumper logic completely. It's just good branding to do the same thing over and over again, right? Um, I don't know. McDonald's switches up their little fucking slogan every year. <laughs> Yeah, that's true. But I'm, it's, The only one I ever remember anymore is that I'm loving it, though. It's the fact that you say, stop being lazy and let's change oh, yeah. the bumpers. Hey, you think you're cute over there, don't you, J.C. Blignot? <laughs> yeah, he's, he's giving us the heat. <sighs> Did I lose yeah, you, Jake? predicted. Oh, there. You're back. Um, and then, finally, last, uh, last Podbean review here. 
maybe forever. I don't know. These are just, they've got an increase in quality. D Man 1991 is back. This guy is abusing the fuck out of this page, too. He, like, this guy abuses this like Lindsay Lohan abuses cocaine. It's insane. <laughs> and I, I don't know. And, and like, I, I, half the time, I don't even know what you're trying to say, D Man. I don't, I don't under, I, he, I know he loves the show, but like, when I read, what he writes, I have no idea what he's talking about. It's like I am it's like I am transported to another world and somebody is like feeding me an alien language and I'm like looking at it and I'm like, these are shapes and that, what that's a that might be a sound. I don't know. Do I'm I'm smelling something weird here. How am I supposed to I can't I don't know what's going on. And so he goes to Brian and all the fucking good goddamn cock slappingly funny crew hope all is well in nerds land fucking a bros it's d rogers once again is this a sequel i hope so i am stuck on watching designated survivor and seven deadly sins as well as Sirius the jaeger again your podcast is among my favorite the witty and bullshitty banter is great remember folks 12 to 18 inches of sexiest fuck as well i have a huge kexus I don't know. Jake, what is going on with this guy? Oof, this, this guy is trying way too hard. Way too hard. Slow it down. Slow it down, buddy. Like, get, like let's just be coherent, number one, okay? Like, if you're going to use this Podbean thing, like, like, there's a whole lot going. That was just basically, like, I was just witnessing ADHD right there, Jake. I feel like that's what I was witnessing. Yeah, I could tell you were reading it verbatim, too. Ver fucking verbatim. I don't know. Like, proofread your shit, man. Like, go back and read it again and be like, does this read like somebody would actually talk? Yeah, don't be – I do the same thing. You don't need to be embarrassed. You you read over what you just typed and go, oh, that that does not sound right. You fucking fix it. Who would ever – like, the way I said it, like, who talks like that? (laughs) (laughs) Like, if I were to introduce you to my group of friends for the first time and you start talking like that, like, out loud, I don't know. (laughs) Yeah, I would develop social anxiety just from that conversation. Oh, my God. (laughs) Oh, so I hate this segment now, Jake. I hate Podbean. Oh, man, Podbean just ruined everything. You were in the best mood you've been in. I know. I was so good. I was feeling great. And then J.C. Blignot with, stop being lazy, and I'm the, oh, time to rate the segments for me. No, but, <laughs> big toss it for Star Wars big news. Big toss it for Star Wars news in 2018, man. <laughs> <laughs> Here's my rating for you. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, that's worse than a toss. I know it's crazy. Here we go. What are we? What are we doing here? Oh iTunes yeah, iTunes reviews, huh? iTunes, iTunes reviews. Yeah, let's do the. <laughs> <laughs> let's do the iTunes reviews. Paul, I'm glad to have you on, Paul. Yeah, I'm glad to contribute. Yeah. Well, I, I'm waiting for that to happen. Okay. All right. <laughs> <laughs> it's no, but hey, do you think like people are just saying? Uh, Podbean reviews just to hear the bumper? Yeah, that and um, to take advantage of being like, ooh, they're reading my stuff every week. And then, like, then, you know, yeah, listen to the stupid shit I wrote. And like, oh, he's, he's reading that stupid shit I wrote, you know? Like, wow, <laughs> that's what happens, you know? Yeah, you write it and then I read it. So, 
unless I ban you from it, and then then it's non-existent. It just kind of sits on the page and does nothing. So <laughs> anyway, let's move on into iTunes reviews. It's one star five. We don't give a fuck because we really want to hear just how much we suck. Guys, Chris Dubach and your host is a jerk. I'm an opinionated asshole who's dick don't work. Yada yada blah blah fuck you too. These are iTunes reviews. All right, iTunes reviews. I uh, got one here from uh, Jai Rivero. Jai Rivero, longtime listener and also is one of the crew on Brute Force and Ignorance, a Dungeons and Dragons podcast that uh, that uh, <clears throat> features Dan West. Do you like my little cough there? Me clearing my throat. Yeah, you want to get to do a professional plug here. You got to get ready. Yeah, uh, <laughs> uh, so yeah. It's, uh, it features Dan West uh, and uh, Jacob Harmon is the uh, DM. Frank Hammer, uh, Jai Rivero, uh, Matt Kirby, and uh, Eric Mirable. I named. I got them all. Nice. I, I was checking him down the list, man. Yeah. I was like, oh, man, Eric's going to not like this. It's a lot of fun. And, uh, yeah, it's called Brute Force and Ignorance. It's a Dungeons & Dragons podcast. And this is from Jai Rivero. And Jai gives us a five-star, and it's titled Amazings. And then he says, sup? I've been listening for years now and haven't heard an episode I didn't love. Beyond that, the community that's been created is outstanding. I don't have the time to catch everything that comes out. And having you guys give recommendations and reviews makes it easier to pick and choose when I do have time. Hearing Brian's profanity-laced tirades on subjects he's passionate about or the guests never, ever fail to make me smile ear to ear. Always love when Jake tosses things that universally are loved. No sarcasm at all. It brings me joy. Never quit, guys. Hashtag one. So that comes from Jai Rivero. Nice. That was a great review. Mm -hmm. That was good. No bullshit. No cute bullshit. Yeah, yeah. You know, I toast the Star Wars news, but I gave a high taste. <laughs> <laughs> Gosh. I don't know. Next one comes from... Ooh! <laughs> Here we go. Hey, last week, Warren gave us the Far From Home theory in an iTunes review. Warren's back. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Warren gives us five stars yet again. And uh, Warren, uh, who goes by his iTunes handle here is WMC25, uh, goes on to say, poor form on the long theory here in the reviews. This is a wonderful <laughs> show that is informative, honest, and very entertaining. If you're looking for a weekly discussion about movies, shows, and comics, uh, this by far is the most in-depth and enjoyable session you will find out there. Great work. And that comes from Warren again. So yeah, Warren actually wow, said... Wow, that was a shocking surprise. Yeah, Warren sent me an email and kind of was like, I'm really sorry about that. Warren was so cool about it. So cool about it. So, I mean, I love it when people can take the ribbing and and uh, Warren definitely can take the ribbing, so really appreciate it. Um, but yeah, Warren, yeah, you're in good graces now. JC Blignot, not so much, buddy. I don't know about yeah. you, man. <laughs> Warren, we knew you had it in you to do an actual <laughs> decent iTunes review. I'm yeah. proud of you. You did it, sir. You did it. He just got excited. He got so excited. He was so excited about his theory that he just like, <laughs> I, he's like, I'm surprised it's not like on a, some fucking bathroom stall somewhere, you know? Like, the whole fucking <laughs> thing like scratched into a bathroom stall. He was so, I like how how the new iTunes review references the old one too. Yeah. So it still is a little bit like like new listeners are gonna be like, oh my god, what did what did Warren write the first time? Yeah, 
Oh, God. Yo, you can read it all. I put it in the show notes for last week. It's his theory on Far From Home. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, next one is called Ep- – it's from Epically J, and it's a five-star, and it's titled A Diamond in the Rough. And it goes on to say, I happened across PCL by accident and fell in love. The long runtime is exactly what I needed for the commute to work and while cooking dinner for my family. The hosts are well-educated, passionate, and most importantly, non-apologetic with, about their reviews. They talk and act just like my friends and I when we discuss anything pop culture. Easily the most enjoyable podcast about the culture that I've found. And that comes from Epically J. Oh, that was a wonderful review. That's a great I bet there's a lot of burnt dinners in that household, though. You th- why, why do you think there's burnt dinners going on there? Yeah, we're just so like engrossing. Next thing you know, you burn everything. Oh my gosh, Jake! <laughs> I just—that's that, one I haven't heard yet before. You know, I—I I, I really like hearing like, you think, like what people do when they listen to us, and I haven't quite heard the do dinner yet. You think the wife is like yelling at him, like you think we can have something that's not well done <laughs> for once? You think you can just stop listening to that podcast? Everything, everything cooked to a goddamn char. <laughs> <laughs> who's, your, who's your favorite entertainer? Charo? Because everything's charred. <laughs> Gucci, 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 do you fucking burning son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> your kids are over there eating charcoal. They used to be chicken nuggets. <laughs> Sorry, I don't. What's wrong with me? <laughs> oh, I've not done enough schooling to answer that question. I don't know. Fuck it. <laughs> like, I just have a lot. Of, I think it's really funny. Like everything this guy pulls out of the oven is just like black. You know. <laughs> Like, I did it again. You like, yell again. He's like, we're getting Chinese again, honey. I'm sorry. Yeah, kids are having pizza again. Mom's already calling takeout as soon as he starts dinner. He's listening to that goddamn podcast again. You know what we're going to get. Yeah, it's Monday night. Get ready for burnt dinner. Remember the one guy that used to listen to us on the toilet? Remember that? Yeah. <laughs> Oh, that's appropriate, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> kind of listening to PCL and taking your shit kind of go hand in hand. Yeah, no shit. I wish I, wish I could flush when I was done. <laughs> oh, man. All right. Here we go. Oh, you, guys, you guys go good with, like, daily chores. When I'm cleaning the kitchen, you guys go good with that. It's a good way to kind of forget that I'm fucking cleaning the dishes or the stove. And sometimes, like, at first when he said he listens with his family, I'm like, ooh, bad call. But then I forget that sometimes I have it on in the car with my kids, and my daughter will say, Daddy, why does he sound so angry? Like, okay, it's time to turn this off. Is that me? Talking about oh, me? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Daddy, why is he so angry? <laughs> well, because, I, because maybe he had a bad daddy. <laughs> <laughs> Which is, which is what she calls Thanos. She just watched Infinity War and she yeah. goes, that's bad daddy. Yep, yep, that's bad daddy. Yeah. Brian terrifying Paul's kids is not my favorite thing ever. <laughs> yeah, when they don't clean their room, I'm going to call mean guy. I'm going to call mean guy on the podcast. Like, daddy, no. Daddy, no. Do you want me to put PCL back on? <laughs> no, not the mean guy, daddy. <laughs> Brian's the new Baba Duke. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> uh, let's see here. We got a got an email here that I do want to read. Uh, it's com- it comes from Ryan. He says, uh, "I've been listening to the podcast for a little over a year now. I am a big movie and TV show buff, so I fell in love right away. I really enjoyed the difference of opinions. Whether we as listeners agree or not, the dialogue is great. I'm currently listening to iTunes reviews on episode 269. I've been wanting to write a review for a while now. I just didn't want to be one of the reviews that got roasted. Like." <laughs> Why not? That's the best part, right, Jake? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's very few of them get by without getting roasted. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, like a listener said on episode 269, I was inspired to do a podcast by you guys. We are currently a comedy podcast, but I'd like to have a side project that is strictly movie and sh- uh, movie and shows talk. Uh, this is because of how much I enjoy listening to your show. Lastly, I always love listening to your uh, your yearly award show. Those are fantastic. Thanks. Five stars. So, yeah, uh, that's Ryan. He does the Just As Good podcast. See, Jake? That was a, he, didn't have, he didn't have to stick that into an iTunes review for me to read it. Man, he fucking sent it to me in an email. And I, I didn't even have to read this on the air, but I, I decided to. He does Just As Good podcast, and that's Ryan. So thank you so much, Ryan. That, uh, that's awesome, man. I'm glad that we, we could inspire you to do this. And, uh, Jake, I'm, you know, I fucking, the Tupperware award shows are typically one of our least downloaded episodes. Um, this year, it uh, is right up there with most of our regular episodes, which was fantastic. So I, that is awesome because yeah. I, you know, there, I think, I don't know about you, Brian, but it's one of my favorites every year too, is the Tupperware episode. Yeah. It's just like, we get to like talk about and appreciate all the things that we loved over the year and it's great to be able to show like uh, share like new things with listeners you know what i mean as far as like what we loved and you know it's one of those things like, i i want them to like take notes of like what we love from that year and then go on to watch those things so yeah i was very happy to 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 see a lot of people listen to it so um yeah uh oh here we go yeah this is the email that warren sent me thanks oh, more warren <laughs> He said, I'm going to read it's nice. He goes, he goes, thanks for posting my theory and for taking it easy on me on this week's podcast. Poor form on my review. Uh, my intention was to email you. Anyway, fix that because y'all don't need that BS in your promotion. Uh, totally donating to your show. It makes my hour-long commute to work bearable. So thank you. Okay, that, that wasn't so bad. Yeah. <laughs> you know, his, 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 his apology email is not as long as his goddamn theory. Uh, yeah, I've had enough Warren, though, this episode. Yeah. We're going to be Warren culture leftovers pretty soon. All right. We're going to get the good pop, bad pop here in a second, people. We're going to get to the fucking content, you fucking whiners. I know there's some of you out there pissing and moaning. When are they going to talk about the things that are advertised on the show? This whole time, all they've been talking about is like, they've just been sucking their dicks with these iTunes reviews. And the, <laughs> and the one guy got mad at the guy from Africa about his Podbean reviews. Come on. Just get over it. Um, <laughs> I hope that person listens. And I don't like the voice that he uses when he talks about us. You know, it's like, yes, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I sound nothing like that. Uh. <laughs> I just bitch about everything. Um, let's see. Yeah, you do. That was you, fourth wall breaking. That was fourth wall breaking. You people bitch and moan about everything. I hear you. I hear you out there. Michael Cannon mashups. I th- Aaron did a great job because um, when people were uh, when when Michael Cannon gave us those uh, mashups that we talked about last week, and when he drew those and we put them on the pa- Aaron's that he suggested, when he drew those and we put them on the page, those were fantastic. 
Oh, yeah, the, the Nickelback Pennywise was great. And so was Dr. Yeah. Woe. Dr. Woe was phenomenal. And when, Oh, yeah, that was funny, too. Yeah, it was uh, Ted Theodore Logan from uh, Wild Stallions. You know, Bill and Ted wearing the PCL shirt. Amazing. My, I don't know. I'm, I feel like I'm not bringing it as far as my fucking Michael Cannon mashups. But here we go. I don't know. Figure it out. Um this is a mashup of uh, Stranger Things and a lip-syncing duo from the uh, <laughs> the late eighties, early nineties. Millie Vanilli, Bobby Brown. There you go. I don't know. Just do, do something with it. I like it, dude. I don't know anymore. I quit. Mm. Uh, but you got Bobby Brown in there too. Another singer. You could, yeah. Millie Vanilli, Bobby Brown. You could do, yeah. Do anything lots you of, want. Lots of room for interpretation there. Lots of room. Lots of room. Anyway. All right. Let's move on into good pop, bad pop. Is that okay with you, Paul? Absolutely. <laughs> no. You should, are you, is it, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I, I, I had a terrible uh, mashup. Oh. I just go through my head, but. No. Yeah. Gonna... Oh, I got to hear it now. Uh, I, I hope it's just as terrible as advertised. Oh, it, it, it's going to be. It's going to be terrible if it hasn't already been done. A tribe called Johnny Quest. <laughs> oh, I love it. Kind of love it, man. Okay. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. I'm contributing. I kind of yeah. love it. A tribe called Johnny Quest. I really like that one. Yeah. All right. Let's see here. Ah, la, 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 la. Let's move on into good pop, bad pop. It's time for more leftover reviews with good pop, bad pop. Good Pop, Bad Pop is where we talk about the things in the previous weekend or weeks that we either watched or read. Sometimes we rate these things. And if this is your first time listening, we want you to be familiar with our rating system. The rating system is simple. If the leftovers don't like something, they toss it. If they do like something, they suggest you taste it. And if it's brilliant, it gets a Tupperware rating. If all the leftovers love it, then it gets the pinnacle of success, a Tupperware party. Uh, you know, half the time when Clive is like rattling off the... I'm not even listening to what the fuck... I've heard it so many times, Jake, I don't even listen to what he says. Dude, I do the same thing. It's I, like, yeah, it's, it's like, like the listen, most la la land yeah. I go into during the episode is when Clive's talking. It's like my ex wife telling me to like do a chore around the house. <laughs> <laughs> okay, whatever. <laughs> that's why we're divorced. <laughs> oh yeah, if you want a good laugh, try like do a fast cut to me after a Clive talk, and I will be completely unaware. Hey, bitch, the grass still ain't clean. <laughs> <laughs> We've been divorced for nearly 10 years. <laughs> uh, woo, anyway. All right. I wanted to start off and say I went and saw Free Solo in the IMAX. They had Free Solo as an IMAX experience, I think, since like it's uh, one of the bigger. Didn't it win? Did it win the Golden Globe for uh, documentary? I believe that is correct. I'm yeah. curiously trying to Google. So yeah, uh, I saw. I went and saw the Alex and old, uh, you know, uh, documentary of this guy climbing um, El Capitan, this huge fucking mountain wall. It was insane. So it was. Uh, 
and they had it was an IMAX experience this time. First time I saw it was on the big screen. This time I saw it on an even bigger screen, and uh, just as an in- as intense as the first time that I watched it, and just as incredible. Great documentary, and if they are playing it near you in IMAX, I highly, 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 highly recommend that you watch Free Solo. Next thing I want to talk about here, real quick, and I literally just got out of the theater to watch it um, was Fandango. Uh, had the early release. Uh, it was a one-time showing of How to Train Your Dragon, The Hidden World. So this is How to Train Your Dragon, Part 3. Paul, you got kids. Do they watch the How to Train Your Dragon stuff? They do. Are they fans? Uh, they are. I think they're a little younger to kind of understand exactly what's going on. Mm. But um, I played it for my students last year when I was in first grade, and they loved the shit out of it. Oh man, I I, I uh, into it. Yeah, I love the first two so much. I, I okay. think they're just fantastic movies. I I saw them both in the theater. I absolutely loved them. So I was really looking forward to this. They're playing it here uh, three weeks early. This is going to get uh, released officially here in the U.S. on February 21st. Uh, when Hiccup discovers Toothless isn't the only Night Fury, he must seek the hidden world, a secret dragon utopia, before a hired tyrant named Grimmel finds it first. A lot of people returning in the cast. T.J. Miller is gone, but, I mean, we've got Kate Blanchett, Gerard Butler, Kit Harrington, Jonah Hill, uh, Kristen Wiig, Jay Baruchel, um, Christopher Mintz-Plasse. I mean, just an insane cast that we've got here. Um, and, yeah, Craig Ferguson. Gosh, this is – T.J. Miller's gone, but, I mean, pretty much everybody's back for this one. And I wonder why they cut T.J. I don't know, Jake. <laughs> I don't know. Um, I'm sure he was wasn't busy. No, <laughs> he's got a lot of free time right now. Um, you know, so I was really looking forward to this one. My, I wanted to see it early, but like part of me was like wanting like the first time I saw this one to be in 3D, and uh, but I was like, ah, fuck it, I'll watch it early. So I went and saw it early today. I'm just, I'm not. I'm gonna pretty much give you a non-spoiler review here, people, for this one. I'm gonna give it a Tupperware. This is like a Tupperware yes. times a thousand. This is so good. This is the final movie. They're done making these after this one, and the ending on this one is just absolutely incredible. Like I got emotional in the theater watching this one. I really love this. And I know that this next statement that I'm going to say is going to be blasphemy to some people. And I'm definitely in the minority here. Um, as far as trilogies go in the animation world, I think this is my favorite. And I understand Toy Story. Oh. And I understand, you know, I understand Toy Story. I get it. But Toy Story 2, for me, is not my favorite. Um, and as a complete trilogy and i know we're getting toy story 4 but as a complete trilogy the way it stands now this is my favorite then toy story and then i would probably say kung poo uh kung poo kung fu panda (laughs) kung poo (laughs) that's like when you kick and shit at the same time um um, that gets messy it does get messy uh but yeah i this was fantastic i there's I don't I I don't want to give away too much but once you do get to the hidden world it is gorgeous and like once this does come out I highly recommend I could see how this is going to be amazing in 3D and if there is a theater showing it in IMAX 3D that would be the way to watch this one but I know not all theaters do the IMAX and 3D at this you know the combo anymore um it's usually one or the other but if, how advanced was your screening Brian when when does this actually come out February 21st so it's 3 weeks 
Oh, nice, nice. That is a quite a quite a big of an advance. Yeah, I, I have not seen any of these movies. I people tell me all the time that I would love them. They're I was great. planning on watching the first two and actually seeing the third one in the theater this time. Um, the way that they make like dragons move. Yeah, sometimes the dragons react like dogs, like the way they kick their feet, they kick their legs when they sleep. Sometimes they act like cats, the way they rub, they you, you know they rub against you know people and, and rub against each other and stuff like that. They act like so it really depends, but just their movements are pretty amazing. I, I think like how to train your dragon should be used as a template if they ever do like a live action, just live action dragon movie. Like, cause we get movies all the time where we're following dogs or we're following like, you know, some other animal and here's a possum's journey, you know? And then we're like, <laughs> yeah, here's, here's Polly the possum. And we get to follow Polly around. Polly's lost. Can't find her family, you know? And so like now, you know, and we do movies like that all the time. I think like the closest thing I can remember is that was it Aragorn Aragon movie that came out that dragon yeah movie. I was thinking of the Sean Connery flick uh, Dragonheart Dragonheart uh, yeah but like as, if you're gonna do a movie I'd say like without humans or without a lot of humans and make the dragon like your main character in a movie I think you should look at how to train your dragon and the way that they move and the way that they act as a template for your live action film. These movies are absolutely incredible. The people at DreamWorks that make these movies do a great job. These are great stories. I've never watched the Netflix series, but as far as just the movies, these this is for me, this trilogy is just incredible and i had a blast in this one and my audience had a blast um (laughs) one of the characters there's there's these little dragons called the hobgoblers and uh he's scared to death of these little guys and every time like they show him they show like more hobgoblers and he's like freaked out that these things are like multiplying and it's it's kind of an ongoing joke in the in in the movie and it's really funny the villain in this one is absolutely fantastic um the relationship that you know hiccup has with toothless uh it it continues in this one it's great and now toothless finds a a love interest in this one and i think the love story here between the two dragons is portrayed really good on screen it's beautiful it's absolutely beautiful and it's fun to see them kind of fly around together um and I, i i i I Tupperware this times 1,000. And Jake, I'm telling you, like at the end of the year, this could be my animated movie of the year. I, I've, I, yeah. the, 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 I think it made – I think part two was my animated movie of the year for that year that it came out. I loved it I was so getting much. ready to say that I'm pretty sure it was. You, you were very high on How to Train Your Dragon part yeah. two. So parents so – Did you like this even more then, huh? I loved this one even more than the second um, I, I was going to ask you to rank them in a hot second. Yeah, whew, man, I want to watch this one at least one more time. I'm definitely going to go back to the theater and watch this one on the 21st or sometime after to see it in 3D, because like I'm telling you, like the hidden world when they get there, it is lit up and beautiful. And there's so many dragons doing so many different things. And it almost looks like and I'm not saying this jokingly. It almost kind of looks like pandora from avatar in a lot of ways with like the way that it glows and the way that like like the whole looks like the whole hidden world is like alive it's like it's it's just incredible and i just cannot wait to see this again the villain is perfect in this one this is a voice acts the villain in this one brian it sounded like i'm trying to who is the actor it sounded like um 
Olafur Dari Olafsson, which is that the guy from Fargo? Let me click on this guy. Let me click on this actor. No, who is this guy? He's from. It looks like he was from The Secret Life of Walter. He's a true detective, fantastic. Beat. I think I I might have to come back to this one. I, okay, I, sorry, sorry. I, you just named so many great voice actors. I was wondering which one of them was, yeah, was doing the villain. Yeah, I'm trying to remember the name of the villain in the movie, and I think it was Ragnar, mm, but I don't remember. Yeah, guys, I'm sorry. I, I, I would have to – I'd have to go through the ca- – I literally just got out of the theater. <laughs> I, I saw – this one started at 3 o'clock, and, and uh, I made a beeline home, and I had like half an hour before we started to record. So I didn't, I didn't even have notes for this. I just pulled it up on IMDb. So. But I, whoever, voiced, whoever voiced the villain was fucking great. I'll say that. That's awesome. Yeah, I definitely need to make it a point to see these movies and catch the third one in the theater. It definitely looks like it's right up my alley. Yeah, it's really, really good. So I Tupperware that. Um, now this takes place right. Does this take place right after part two, or is there like a couple years in between? I don't know. Because, as far as like timeline is concerned, to be quite honest with you. <laughs> well, well, because what I like yeah. about at least what that franchise does is they like age the animated characters. Because in the preview, it looked like Hiccup had like a beard and stuff, and yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, think that's pretty cool in an animated movie to do. I would, I, I think that, I mean, because like right now he's kind of like the leader, you know what I mean? And I think like he's, it feels like he's been leading for a while now, you know? So I don't know. I don't, I don't cool, know how cool. much of a time jump it is, to be quite honest with you. But um, yeah, let's move on. Uh, Jake, what do you got? No, oh, I do not have junk this week. You I do too. You watch Glass. Oh, I did watch Glass. Jesus. Fucking, my week's been so fucking crazy that I forgot I even saw Glass. Yeah, I um, Glass was great. I, I'm not going to Tupperware it, but I'm going to give it a high taste it. Um, I, I really had a good time. I had really low expectations because it seemed like even fans of the previous two movies were coming out just kind of very nonplussed about the whole thing. But I found the movie very engaging from beginning to end. I, I definitely was never bored. And... Um, I mean, I guess we, we're not doing spoilers by any means, I wouldn't think, right? No, no it's too – I mean, I, yeah, this is one of those movies I'll let people watch. You know, Not everybody's going to go see this in the theater either. But I thought the, I thought the ending was in a way kind of really beautiful and, and a great capper to the three movies and mm-hmm. really kind of made the whole thing feel complete in, in much more of a way than Split felt related to Unbreakable. I thought this did such a great job of just kind of tying all the themes and concepts together. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I, I really enjoyed it. And I also thought Sarah Paulson did a wonderful turn in this movie and was one of the highlights for me in the whole thing. I liked her too, man. It's weird. Cause like, like, um, a lot of people didn't like her character in that film, and I thought she was, I thought she was fantastic. Like once they, once they give you like some, you know, uh, you know, Shyamalan's got all these twists, and once they give you all these different reveals, I, I, I thought it, it was even more um, impressive then too. I don't know. I, I, I loved it. I, I still stand by my Tupperware. I, I, I'm not saying like M Night Shyamalan's back or anything by any means, but I, I, I really like this movie. God, I no, I don't blame you at all for Tupperware in this. Um, my, you know, my complaints are few and far between. A lot of them honestly have to do with the marketing more than anything. I feel like this movie might have been a Tupperware for me if, like, 
and I guess this isn't a spoiler because of the marketing. Like, if they would have not shown us anything except a comatose Samuel L. Jackson in the trailers. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That, I, that I feel like sense. the marketing really dropped the ball on that because that would have just, like, my jaw would have dropped had I have not seen so much stuff with him in the trailers. Mm-hmm. And I really thought there was no need for any of that after seeing the movie, especially. Yeah. So I, I do agree with some people's complaints that the trailers were a little bit bait and switchy. But if you can get beyond that, I really enjoyed the movie. It, it was a lot of fun. I hope M. Night can do some more good stuff, right? It it felt like the only way for him to make a good movie again was to go back to the well of what many people consider his greatest movie. And so now that the bow is tied on that, it's like, oh, fuck, what's next? So I wish the guy the best of luck. I, I hope he's got some good stories left to tell still. Uh, the Village Part Two. <laughs> <laughs> Signs Two. Swing away again. Yeah. <laughs> uh, swingers. <laughs> <laughs> swingers. Uh, hey, uh, went to the theater this week and saw a movie that I'd been really dying to see. I went and saw Stan and Ollie. Oh, that looks fantastic. It's the true story of Hollywood's greatest comedy double act, Laurel and Hardy, is brought to the big screen for the first time, starring Steve Coogan and John C. Riley as the inimitable movie icon. I can't even say that. Inimitable movie icons. Stan and Ollie is the heartwarming story of what would become the pair's triumphant farewell tour. Uh, With their global era long behind them, the pair embark on a variety hall tour of Britain and Ireland. Despite the pressure of a hectic schedule and with the support of their wives, Lucille and Ida, a formidable double act in their own right, the pair's love of performing as well as for each other endures as they secure their place in the hearts of their adoring public. Uh, it's directed by John S. Baird. This guy has done a lot of TV. I uh, did uh, vinyl on HBO. I'm dying up here on Showtime. And he's worked with some of the best in the business. He's worked with Martin Scorsese, Danny Boyle, just to name a couple. Um, like I said, this movie stars um, John C. Riley as Oliver Hardy and Steve Coogan as Stan Laurel. Uh, Danny Houston is in this movie. Shirley Henderson plays Lucille Hardy, and uh, Nina Arianda plays Ida Kate- uh, Ida Kateva Laurel, and I love her. She is a great actor. She plays Patty on Goliath. If you watch that show on Amazon Prime, that's that show uh, with uh, Billy Bob Thornton, and she's great in that show. And it was really good to see her in a in a movie role. I thought that that was. I was very surprised, and and uh, she's got a Russian accent in this one, and she does it really well. Uh, I'm just going to say this movie is absolutely fantastic. It is a Tupperware all the way, and it you don't have to know anything about Laurel and Hardy. It's not like you're like well, I don't know anything about these guys. I wasn't. <laughs> you have a quiet. I mean, I get it. I get it. It's not like you know. I've seen some Laurel and Hardy stuff. But I haven't watched their entire catalog. I don't know everything. That You don't have to know everything about these guys. But it opens with them in 1937, and these guys are at the top of their careers. They're the two biggest movie stars out there. They're world-renowned. And Stan Laurel, in this time of his life, he feels cheated by the studio that they're signed on with. And he wants more money, and he keeps comparing it to a deal that Chaplin got in the film industry. And he's like, he wants that Chaplin deal. So he's ready to move over to Fox studios, which 
they bring that up here like that this is another reminder that that studio is going to be dead soon and that was sad but um anyway hardy is still under contract with the other studio and he doesn't want to fight his current contract so stan never signs with fox because they want the duo and hardy films this terrible movie with the studio that he was currently at and then these guys don't work together until 16 years later when they reteam and they start touring together and they aren't the stars that they used to be and they aren't revered they aren't treated the way that they used to they were treated like royalty and it's the story's all about how it's all about starting over and it's all about how valuable a friendship they had and and how that friendship continued to imp- impact like all the people that knew them and and their fans and the performances by these two actors is just incredible they sell you on these intimate moments that these guys had together um not only like john c riley and steve coogan like them performing with each other in this film but shirley henderson and nina arianda were both spectacular in this like anytime that they had moments where they were alone with their men. Um, I felt like as a viewer watching this, I felt like I was listening in on a personal conversation between, you know, Laurel and, uh, and his wife or Hardy and his wife. And, and there was a genuine love that these men had from their women. And you could feel that in this film from these two actors that were playing the wives. They were just incredible. Um, and uh, then you get a lot of scenes of just John C. Riley and Steve Coogan uh, filming scenes as the duo as they were on tour. So like little parts of their show that they would do. And it was they did it so well, Jake, like these comedy bits. They did it so well. And like Coogan, just the way that he does Laurel is just amazing. He's so good. And John C. Riley is hearty. is just incredible. It's, it's just an incredible movie. And it's I mean, I know we're only like. We just finished January, and this is already one of my favorite films of the year. It is so, so fucking good. You don't have to know anything about these guys, but I promise you by the end of this, you're going to be moved. And this movie will suck you in within the first 10 minutes. You are there. You're not checking your phone. You are dialed in, and you are going to – like you're going you're to feel something for these guys. And it's going to make you want to go out and seek out like you know they're – their movies it's gonna make you're gonna want to like why were people so captivated by these guys like you know they they brought so many people joy you're gonna want to go you're gonna want to see these movies that these guys did and uh it is absolutely incredible i i tupperware this movie it is so well done this is this is such a great biopic it's so good and this john s baird director i want to see him get more work in hollywood he's too good he's too good just for tv that's awesome. It's, it's it's exciting to hear how accessible you're saying this movie is. That's great. And, you know, yes. the idea of bringing new fans to something that's been around so long that you may just think of as just like old pop culture reference to actually like bring some light to it again. Because, man, that shit is still funny. I know it is. Yeah, it is. And there's times where I'm cracking up in the movie. and I'm like, I can't believe I'm laughing at this stuff. But what's funny is funny, right? I mean, yeah, it's timeless. I love the way John C. Riley. The way he says girls in this, like Hardy did, like he, Goyles. <laughs> it's, it, it's great. It's, this movie is so charming and so good. And it's not always dour, but it gets sad. And, but then it's uplifting. And um, 
I mean, I, I, I loved it. I thought it was just incredible. Um, I got more, but I want to know, have you guys watched the Hobbs and Shaw trailer? I have not. Yes. Uh, yeah, I did see it. Okay. I want to hear what you guys say about it, and then maybe I'll watch it. Um, it looked interesting. Um, it definitely, I was surprised that it wasn't just a Fast and the Furious spinoff with these characters. It definitely looks like a little bit of a genre switch up with the franchise, which I was surprised by. Like they're definitely adding some sci-fi flavor into it. That really isn't any, in any of the uh, previous installments. And I imagine they're going to keep exclusive to this spinoff. So you- I thought it was cool. I'm going to give the trailer a high taste it. I honestly, without the trailer, my excitement for this movie was probably at a low taste it to a toss it. Cause it just seemed like a needless spinoff, but it just from the trailer and kind of the sci-fi twist bent they're given to it. I, it actually gave me some excitement and some expectations. And I I will definitely be seeing this in the theater now. I haven't watched any of the fast and furious movies past three. And just hearing that it's basically Dwayne Johnson and Jason Statham in a movie together, like the guy that did the skyscraper movie and the guy that did the mag, like, Fuck yeah, I want to see these two guys together in a fucking movie. Like that right. This this is a pretty fucking great trailer. So like my expectations, like, and I, it's, uh, I haven't, I'll be honest with you. It's not like I've put off watching the trailer. I just, I've been so busy, like with other stuff that I just, when it was on my mind, I was, when I was thinking about watching the trailer, I wasn't in a place where I could watch it at that time. So, you know, I, I, I wish I would have watched it before we recorded, but, um, because yeah. yeah. And you just don't have the, the, like the investment with the franchise in general, like, right. Like if you'd seen eight movies, maybe you'd be a little bit more interested too, you know? Yeah. But like on the, I mean, like the hype is there. I mean, it's Dwayne Johnson and Jason Statham. Like these guys are like, you're, you're talking about like guys that like movies that shouldn't work in the theater with anyone else being cast in those roles. But yet these guys make it work. A skyscraper movie, you know, like and and the, the Meg, like these are the only guys. That, and like now you're throwing him into like this bizarre movie. You know, I I don't know, man. I think like this could be pretty fucking incredible. What do you think, Paul? Oh, man, I give it a Tupperware. I I have not seen the last Fast and Furious movie, but I feel like when The Rock or when Dwayne Johnson came into it, it definitely became even more, you know, it got really good in my opinion. But like you said, you throw Jason Statham and Dwayne Johnson in a movie where they have to go up against a jacked up Idris Elba. I mean, like if like this is the first time it feels like it knows exactly what it is and everyone in it had a lot of fun and you can tell in the trailer when they're playing why can't we be friends and they're mouthing fuck you to each other. It just it looks like a lot of fun. Yeah, I, I think Fast and Furious five and six are definitely the the two strongest installments, and in that five is the one where the Rock is the villain, and six is the one where the Rock and Jason Statham have their big you know back and forth. So, yeah, if you're gonna watch any two, those are the two to watch. Yeah, I'll I'll get around to watching all these eventually. I I do I do need to watch them. So. Yeah, it's fun. I actually watched all of them for the first time about a year and a half ago and mm-hmm. watched them all back to back to back for the first time before the newest one came out. And yeah. I had a great time. Nice. Yeah, I just kind of wanted to know what your guys' thoughts were on Hobbs and Shaw. Yeah, here's, uh, let's see here. Yeah. I bet it's a huge hit. 
Oh, hey, yeah. Michael Cannon, Calvin and Hobbs and Shaw. Make it. There you go. Love it. <laughs> yes. All right. Let's see. Hey, uh, let's talk about uh, the new Netflix film that just got released, Velvet Buzzsaw. Paul, you saw this? I did. I watched it this morning. Jake, did you see it? I did not. Okay. Uh, after a series of paintings by an unknown artist are discovered, a supernatural force enacts revenge on those who have allowed their greed to get in the way of art. Uh, the film had its world premiere at the 2019 Sundance Film Festival on January 27th, and then they released this one on Friday on Netflix. It's written and directed by Dan Gilroy, uh, who also uh, did Nightcrawler. I'm, I love Nightcrawler. Great movie. That movie also stars some people in this cast, uh, Jake Gyllenhaal and uh, Rene Russo. Uh, this movie also stars Billy Magnuson, Tony Collette, uh, John Malkovich, Natalia Dyer. Uh, she, Natalia Dyer, you'll remember her as Nancy from Stranger Things. And then uh, this guy, uh, David Diggs from Blindspotting. I love that actor. And then uh, Zawi Ashton uh, was also in this film. Hey, Paul, what'd you think of Night, uh, not, not Nightcrawler, um, Velvet Buzzsaw? Well, right now my mind's blown. I did not realize that was Nancy from Stranger Things. I kept saying I fucking know her from somewhere, and I never, it never didn't you, registered. Didn't you, I was like, holy did, shit. You did a Stranger Things podcast, bro. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I love it, man. Epic fail. Um, I you know I'm gonna. I might need to watch it again, but right now where I'm sitting at, I give it a. I give it a solid taste. It. Yeah. I thought Jake Gyllenhaal was amazing. He's. I mean. I feel like he's becoming like almost I don't want to say underrated because he's in a lot of stuff, but I don't think a lot of people take his acting chops as seriously as they should, because I think he does an amazing job. And yeah, yeah, I, and I, the, I, I do. Oh, like, no, I'm just all I'm going to say is like I got to like I'm going to I'm like kind of like your flavor Flav hype man right now. I love Jake Gyllenhaal. Oh, he's so good. I'm glad to hear like some Jake Gyllenhaal love. He is so good. And like he kind of he he kind of mixed. Like his thing from Nightcrawler and his character from Akjaw. Dude. Or, oh, it was amazing. Yeah, he's he's yeah, great. Yeah. He's, he's great. Um, I also really loved um, his girlfriend or his fling. I thought yeah. she did a really good job. I don't know her name. Zawe Ashton. She played Josefina. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I thought she was really good. Renee Russo killed it. John Malkovich was good in it but i really a big a big part well i mean i don't think he was terrible i just didn't see the point of his character at all and then i was like are they gonna wrap up his character arc and then like we get him at the end of the movie what the fuck was that well i think i i think like was it trying to show us like the critic like the critic that was honest to him kind of like drove him crazy Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, but like I honestly think you could have had this entire movie without John Malkovich's character. Yeah, yeah, and I, it wouldn't have done anything to the movie at all. Yeah, I, I um, totally agree with you. I did love the crossover between Doom Patrol with Hobo Man. I thought I thought that was a great <laughs> little character in, yeah. in the movie. But no, I mean, like I think I think some of the horror aspects, like some of it when. Uh, things were happening to certain characters some of those were really cool and some of them really didn't it didn't like freak me out or it didn't do anything for me and at the end i i yeah i just give it a a simple middle of the road taste it i mean i didn't hate it but i not gonna ask for it to be in the tuppies at the end of the year just it was a good regular little you know i don't want to say science fiction but just a little good horror flick that 
entertain me for a little bit. Yeah, I got to agree with a lot of what you're saying here, Paul. I really do. I think Jake Gyllenhaal is a standout here, followed closely by, like you said, Zawi Ashton. And then I would say Tony Collette was fantastic in this as well. I mean, yes. I mean, I, after that, like you pretty much and I, I get it, like everybody wants to be part of an ensemble cast and you've got like a newer actor here, David Diggs. Like I love the guy. So like I'm going into this thinking to myself, I want more David Diggs. And they really didn't give him a lot to do. And his character Who was David Diggs. Was he the guy that did the spear? David Diggs was the guy that was kind of like he was like the street artist that they brought in. Oh, OK. He was the guy that designed that whole like sphere thing that you stuck your hand into yeah. or whatever. Yeah. So like I. Yeah. I love that actor. Blind Spotting was one of my favorite movies of last year, and they, they barely gave him anything to do in this movie. And it's like, I get it. I, I understand this is not on. Like, you've got a movie that features Jake Gyllenhaal, you've got Tony Collette, you've got John Malkovich, you've got Rene Russo. I mean, you've got some big names in here. When you do an ensemble cast like that, there's going to be some people that are shortchanged. Not everybody got time that, 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 that everybody wanted them to get in Infinity War. It's not like you're going to get like it's not going to you're not going to get, you know, fucking 30 minutes of Bucky. You're not going to get 40 minutes of Falcon in fucking. You're just not going to get those things. And, and that's what happened here. There were some actors that were shortchanged in this film, but it's an ensemble cast. And it was kind of cool to see some of these actors just in the movie at all. Other than Jake Gyllenhaal's performance in this being so amazing, I really didn't care a lot about what was happening in this film. I, I never really, like, you know, the, the supernatural force of this, this artist that died and, and uh, didn't want people profiting off his art. And, and I never really kind of, like, it never really hit home with me as to, like, why all these things were happening, you know, I guess. Yeah, and it, there's really, it's, yeah. For me, it was just like, you know, things were just we were just led to believe like he didn't like art critics. He didn't like people that profited off, you know, art. And that's I I don't know. It just didn't it it just didn't impact me. I'm going to give this a low taste it. Um, Mm -hmm. And it felt like I just thought it was going to be his paintings that would like kill people. Like then it turned into like pretty much every painting that they interacted with after that, like that, that, that monkey painting, the, the art exhibit and other things. I I thought like it was just going to be the paintings that he painted. And I'm sorry, my cat's tail, my cat is, (laughs) (laughs) I got his tail. I'm trying to keep him away from the computer from bumping into things. So I, I'm, I'm multitasking here. So I apologize. But, um, yeah, I don't know. This I love Dan Gilroy. I, I want to see what he can do in the future, but this was not his best output, man. No, and I, I was that's more a bummer to hear. Oh, sorry. No, no, I was just gonna say I was more interested in the sphere part of it because, like, this isn't a spoiler, but there's really there's no explanation as to why anything's happening, and I just didn't give a shit. Yeah, that sphere. Like you, there was this art exhibit. Like you put your hand in this sphere, and it was supposed to like you could. Everybody got a different experience from it. Like some, for some people it was like sexual for some people. It was, you know, I don't know. It's such, such a, like, and there's no ex, ugh, ex, I am fighting my cat right now. Like, li- <laughs> and it's not a fight. It's like, he's trying to love on me and, I'm t- and he wants to love the mic right now. Um, but yeah, uh, I don't know. It's just a, we- I, I don't know. It, these Netflix movies just aren't doing it for me. Uh, aside from like Roma, like I've not, I've been more a fan of Netflix series than I have 
of their actual films. Like Bright was Bright had potential. It just it wasn't everything I wanted it to be. It had potential. Um, trying to think of some other Netflix movies that we've you know talked. I mean, because like we've got great series like Stranger Things and Altered Carbon, and you know like. Uh, I know a lot of people are talking about that sex education now I haven't seen, but like even the animated stuff like BoJack and Big Mouth and all the documentaries that they do. I feel like Netflix is like where they don't excel is the films. Yeah, I, I can agree with that. I mean, with a few exceptions here and there for me, I was definitely a huge fan of Bird Box, but I was not. I thought it was okay. But it, it definitely feels like the the series is their strongest po- their strongest point, you know, and just the ability to binge is kind of what Netflix is known for, you know. Yeah. So uh, it's a shame to hear you guys so down on the movie, though. I remember when we discussed the uh, the trailer for Velvet Buzzsaw, we all seemed pretty high on it. And I think it does need to be watched because of the performance of Jake Gyllenhaal. Um, I you know I I. I didn't hate this movie by any stretch. It, no. I gave it a low taste. It I, there were things that I liked. It just it's nothing that I'm not like I will ever watch again, you know. So, um, but you know, Jake Gyllenhaal's performance was fantastic. I just feel like you've got this cast, and some of them were underutilized. Which again, I get. But you're absolutely right, Paul. John Malkovich's character did not need to be in this thing. It was almost like he had just got done finishing like rapping like filming bird box and they were like hey you, you busy you want to come over here and do some shit with jake gyllenhaal and he's like sure why not yeah, yeah you want to put on a hawaiian shirt and come over here yeah right so we were just talking about that the, the kind of the netflix crossbreeding of uh, actors from different shows we're and seeing it man happening. we're seeing it it's just it's it's really happening like yeah Actors that are like they've got this deep relationship with uh, with Netflix. Like I, I have no problem with it. I, I love the fact that Will Arnett has, you know, done Flaked and Arrested Development and other things with Netflix. But BoJack Horseman, but yeah, I don't know, guys. Get, don't take our word for it. This might be something that you love. And if if you're a fan of Jake Gyllenhaal or you know, uh, uh, Dan Gilroy, if you're a big fan of, you know, Gilroy, definitely give this a shot. Um, I did see, I also want to talk about this here real quick. I saw I am the night on TNT. Did anybody else get a chance to see I am the night? No. <clears throat> Came out fucking Monday people. <laughs> <laughs> so get on this one. Like I, it, it's, 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 I am the night it's on TNT. It's a six episode miniseries. Uh, two episodes were actually directed by Wonder Woman director Patty Jenkins, and two others were directed by Victoria Mahoney. So it uh, looks like TNT has already accepted this Tessa Thompson challenge, which is pretty incredible. Like four of, I think four or five of the episodes were directed by women for I Am the Night, which is absolutely incredible. Uh, but it's this uh, miniseries is inspired by true events. Uh, it tells the gripping story of Fauna Hodel. Uh, a teenage girl who is given away at birth and grows up outside of Reno, Nevada. Fauna lives more or less comfortably with the mysteries of her origin until one day she makes a discovery that leads her to question everything. As Fauna begins to in- investigate the secrets of her past, she meets a ruined reporter haunted by the case that undid him. Together, they follow a sinister trail that swirls ever closer to an infamous Los Angeles gynecologist 
Dr. George Hodel, a man involved in some of Hollywood's darkest debauchery and possibly its most infamous unsolved crime. Uh, the series is inspired by the book One Day Shall Darken, The Mysterious Beginnings of Fauna Hodel, written by Fauna Hodel. And it stars Chris Pine as the ruined reporter Jay Singletary and uh, India Isley as Fauna Hodel. Um, I don't know why the critics are not they're not hating it, but they're not loving it. And I don't know why they're so kind of like down on this one. I loved it. Like, I don't know why, if they're expecting true detective with this, but it's not true detective, but it, I really liked this. I thought it was absolutely fantastic. Some great performances here by Chris Pine. I think that, uh, we've kind of like it. I'm, I'm definitely watching the second episode. Like I, I, um, you've got a this girl who was uh, raised by uh, her mother is is an alcoholic. Um, she is her mother is African American, and she thought a little bit of spoilers here, and I I, I kind of have to. Um, she thought that she her, that was her real biological mother and her mother said that she was just light-skinned well come to find out she's that's not her biological mother so then mm. yeah so now it's about finding her real family and uh then you've got uh chris pine and the character he plays in this is kind of like Pop, he's like a paparazzi. He used, he, he used to write for the L.A. Times. He used to be a big time. He used to be, you know, king shit of fuck mountain when it comes to, like, journalism. And then he basically took on a story that he shouldn't have took on. The story was bigger than him, and it brought him down. Even though he's probably in the right, whatever the story was, he was probably in the right. But the story was bigger than him, and whoever he was trying to take down took him down. And here he is kind of like working for like the Inquirer, you know, and, and taking like, you know, pictures of, you know, actors and things like that, doing things that they shouldn't be doing and like breaking into morgues and taking pictures of, you know, dead bodies and of, you know, people and things like that that are in the news. And uh, so he's like he's doing just terrible things like, I mean, just. You know, paparazzi are just, they're scum. Some of the things, some of the pictures that they take and some of the things that they reveal about some of these people, just, just terrible. And, uh, he's, I mean, he's, he's doing this for a living. And, uh, I mean, you can imagine the kind of like toll that takes on him mentally. And, um, and these two, their paths are going to cross. This was this first episode. (laughs) It's so good, in my opinion. I, you know what? I'm going to give it a Tupperware. I think Patty Jenkins, she directed these first two episodes. She's done a great job with this. I, I think the mystery, like, like, I don't even know what the full mystery is, but I'm intrigued. And I know this is based on true events, and I could probably look up what happened. But I want to see the story play out on this TNT miniseries. It's six episodes, and I am down. This airs on Monday nights, and I am down to watch all six of these. I thought it was absolutely incredible. I want to know more about her family. They seem very sinister. And, um, yeah, I I cannot wait to watch the second episode of this. 
Oh, yeah, I was kind of reading some stuff on this, and apparently that Jay Singletary character is the only character in the whole show who is a fictional character made for the show. I didn't even know that. Yeah. I don't know if That's I like that cool. now. <laughs> but I like I, I like the show. I thought it's really I think it's really good. So um Paul, what do you got, man? Man, so I have been yesterday was our first day back to work in a week because of the cold. And Are the you snow, gonna give me so. Jake excuses? No, I've watched a lot of shit. I've watched a lot of shit. Okay. Um, uh, I, I did, every, I, every week it's like, Jake, what did you watch? And he, like, it's either like if he has watched anything, it's a uh, it, well, he he forgot about it and it's glass. If, if, <laughs> if it, but if he has watched something and remembered it, it's a goddamn game show or a fucking like competition show. Oh man, glass feels like two weeks ago to me, man. I I've been sleeping like ah, after work, and then can you stop with the excuses? <laughs> oh no, it's, it's, this week is so weird. I'm like out of it. <laughs> I woke up at four o'clock in the morning to finish three things for this episode. I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear your lies. I've woke up at four in the morning all week. It's been terrible. <laughs> well, you need to wake up at one. <laughs> I know. I need to stop going to bed. At you one. need to clock into pop culture leftovers, you son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> what you got, Paul? All right, so uh, I, I had to. <laughs> I'm sorry. I tried to hold it in, but the transition slayed me. Jake, you know I love you. It's all fun. <laughs> no, yeah, you you can probably tell that I'm, yeah. I'm not too shook up here yeah <laughs> <laughs> all right paul um, what you got man well i took you and rebecca's advice and i uh watched all of wayne on youtube premium nice holy shit that is a tupperware man yeah that is one of the best shows of that i've seen in a long time i i couldn't believe how great it was it pretty was incredible and, and for being on youtube it's like holy shit this is pretty amazing I'm telling you, everything I've watched on YouTube, Paul, has been really good. Like, everything I've watched. I mean, I haven't watched all of their content, but, like, Impulse was a Tupperware. Cobra Kai was a Tupperware. Wayne was a Tupperware. Origin was a Tupperware. I mean, these are all great, high-quality shows, in my opinion. Oh, yeah. I've only seen Cobra Kai and Wayne, but I, yeah, I I can't wait to watch the other ones. And I just got to say, this isn't a spoiler at all for Wayne. But that cop, the like the you know the head cop or whatever that is trying to find Wayne, yes. has to be one of the most creative, amazing characters I've seen in a long time on anything. Right, right. I <laughs> fucking love that guy. Man. I mean, at the beginning, he's always just kind of like worried about like having having <laughs> cancer, and then and then, and, and then once that gets worked out, then he's all in, and then it and then it's just like then there's another reveal about this guy, and you're just Dude, like, what bonkers, the fuck? Man. Are you like where the fuck is this coming from? I was watching with my friend who didn't – she didn't give two shits about what was going on in the background. She was on her phone fucking, yeah. I don't know, doing shit. And then when he's given that speech at the end and the reveal comes, she's like, what the fuck is this? I'm yeah. like, I don't know. It's amazing. I don't know, man. I fucking love the show and I just I, – I think it's I, – I love the – the violence is so warranted, dude. And I fucking love the way – like the, one of my favorite scenes in the show is like, you know, Dell coming to rescue Wayne. She's yes. coming to rescue Wayne, and 
she's carrying a chainsaw and like the baddies that are holding Wayne hostage are like, look at this little girl. She is a little girl. She's a little like 15 year old girl with skinny arms. And they look at her and they underestimate her. And they're like, you can't even you don't even know how to turn that chainsaw on. And then, boom, we get like this flashback of like her. Oh, yeah. We get this this montage of like her learning how to to do this on her own. And then it cuts to present day, her rescuing Wayne. And the way she turns on that chainsaw and the way that that scene plays out, it's just one of the most badass things ever. Like this show just gets your adrenaline pumping. Like you're sitting on the edge of your seat watching this and just thinking to yourself, this is badass. I 100% know why Rhett Reese and Paul Wernick, the guys from Deadpool, got involved in this because they had a fucking blast making it. Because oh, it's just yeah. high octane action, great comedy, great story, like layered characters. It's just a shit fuck ton of fun, and I love Wayne. Oh man, it's and then like I was telling Rebecca, I'm like I'm literally laughing one minute, fucking getting all jacked up from the action, almost crying another minute. It just yeah. it does everything right, and it it kind of made me think of Daredevil season three where they do a whole episode kind of strictly on Karen page, which I thought was pretty good. Yeah. But when they do a whole episode on Dell, yes. Holy shit, man. And it that starts, was one of, it starts oh. and ends on the Dell necklace. Yes. It's oh just, yeah. It's beautiful. It, it's some of the best writing I've, I've seen in a, in a long time. Yeah. But then, um, I switched gears to this show. It's been on USA network for a little while. It's called Mr. Robot with uh, Rami Malek. Yes, 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 and, yes. And Christian Slater. Uh, that, that is a Tupperware as well because I think the I think the final season is about to air in a couple weeks. Here. It is. It is the fourth season, I believe. Yes, I've heard yes. bad things. I loved the first season. Okay, I've heard bad, bad things about the second season. See, the second season was pretty good. The second season, I mean, it really goes a little different from the first season, but I, I just enjoy I think Christian Slater is fucking amazing. I love Christian uh, Slater. Man, he's so good in this. But um, the third season, and I think you'd really enjoy it too, is they really kind of do a lot of nostalgia stuff. Like he really starts thinking back, and what really hit me is they start playing a song that's from fucking Bill and Ted. No, oh, really. They play "In Time" by Robbie Rob. I'm like, holy shit! I haven't heard this song in like fucking 25 years. It's just, it, I mean, I think they really picked it back up in season three. I can see where the hate comes for season two. Yeah, because they kind of really. That's, my went, my dad was a huge fan of this show. I got my dad into it, and okay. then my my dad dropped off in the second season. And like, it's, it's it takes a lot for my dad to like not watch a show anymore. Like, my dad will literally watch, like, some of the dumbest shit because <laughs> he's, like, retired. <laughs> my dad's retired, and he's got a lot of time on his hands. And so, you know, like, so he watches a lot of stuff. I'll suggest some stuff, and, you know, a lot of times he'll watch it. But, like, he dropped Mr. Robot after the second season, and he loved the first season. So, you know. I see that. Uh, and, and the third season brings in Bobby. Is it is it Cannavale? Cannavale? Bob, I don't uh, know. Bobby Cannavale. Oh man, he's he's ruthless and amazing in the third season. He's from uh, Ant Man too. Yeah, and uh, yeah. Boardwalk Empire. And Boardwalk and, Empire, which I have not watched, which I hear is amazing. Yes, that 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 is very good. I still need to finish the the last season, but yes, uh, overall, I, I give Mister Robot. I, I, I give it a Tupperware. Nice. And, and then today, I fell in. Um, 
I fell into, I think it was just released yesterday. I thought you were going to say that you, you fell in love. I was like, Paul, today? Absolutely. Today, yeah. You yeah. fell that? I was like. Teddy tosses it. No, I feel like, I, <laughs> yeah. I just thought, like, maybe we should just, like, like me, Jake, and Paul just all drinking sangrias and talking about your new lady friend. You know? <laughs> My new love. Tell, her, tell us all about her, Paul. What's she like? <laughs> Well, it is named Russian Doll on Netflix. Ooh, okay. Name, yeah. Okay, so this is a show. It's on Netflix. It's called Russian Doll. Yeah, I think it was dropped yesterday or last week. Friday. Um, I think it was it Friday. Like Netflix likes to drop a lot of things on Friday. Okay. Yeah, I think I it's know. fairly new. It's new. I don't think it's been there for a while. Yeah. Um, it, it pretty much. Um, I found out it was created by uh, the star Natasha Leone. And Amy Poehler uh, from Parks and Rec and Inside Out and all that. And what it is. Saturday Night Live alumni. Saturday Night Live. God yeah. damn it. I'm a son of a bitch. Yeah, um, <laughs> yes, you are. Go ahead. Um, pretty much it's a real dark version of Groundhog Day. Mm-hmm. And it's eight episodes. It's like 30 minutes an episode. I got to say the first two episodes, I was almost ready to just tap out. Really? We've kind of seen this before because it tries it tries to be funny because she's funny. It's written by Amy Poehler, who's Mm -hmm. got comedy. And essentially, it's like she's at her birthday party. This isn't a spoiler because it happens like 10 times every episode. But she dies and she always kind of respawns back in the bathroom at her 36th birthday party. And what is kind of cool is she really starts to get into, like, why it's happening. Like, she explores the drug option. She explores the religion option. Like, and it kind of gets into deep, heavy thinking. And at first it got a little tired and, like, it got a little boring with that. But at the end of the third episode, there is a twist. And it, I, I couldn't turn it off. I literally stopped. I literally finished the last episode Right before we started recording, and it is a Tupperware. Jake, what? Jake, what if in the third episode, the big twist is they replace the actor with M Night Shyamalan? <laughs> Dude, man, I, I don't know if that would be a Brian. Tupperware. No explanation. No explanation. Like you're like they don't like, and they and you just got to kind of figure it out for yourself. You know what I mean? You're just like, oh, yeah, she's doing really weird. Yeah. And you're like, holy fuck, that's the fucking twist. She got Shyamalan and the rest <laughs> of the fucking series is just Shyamalan. You see that fucker in the whole series. <laughs> that, yeah, that, not that. a good follow up to Glass. Hey, did you know that there was I know that you can find out how long Bill Murray was uh, trapped in that loop. It's like ninety day. It's like ninety years or something. It's, it's yes, it, it's a long, long time. I I forget. I don't know. I'm gonna have to look that. I'm gonna have to Google that one day. Well, the science is really crazy because they talk about how long it would take him to master to play piano. Yeah, yeah, and all that. It, it's yeah. I've read that article. That is very awesome. Yeah, I would I would recommend this. I think you should all at least give it a shot. Really? How many episodes? How many episodes? You say it's eight, and eight? it's like. 30 minutes not even 30 minutes an episode okay okay yeah i will check it out i will i will check that out i i i actually watched like the trailer that they show you on netflix you know when you're like looking at the shows and they like mm-hmm. boom here's a, you know, here's a trailer and i was like i was like fuck this is like more groundhog's day stuff and um you know uh do, have, have, 
Paul, have you seen uh, – was it Happy Death Day? Have you seen that movie? I've seen the first one, yeah. Did you like it? Was it good? I, I love that one. I haven't yeah, seen I it. Movie. I haven't seen it. It looks really fun. And I think like the, the main girl that plays like the, you know, the main protagonist in that movie, she, she's very funny from like the, the new trailer that I've seen her in. Yeah, she's got a lot of charisma. I it's, like her. Yeah, she's really good in it. Yeah, is it the fun. same girl in both movies? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Because with horror, you never know. I, I thought that trailer was pretty charming too, and I was wondering if the the lead died in the first movie, and this was a new lead. She died over and over and over again. Right. <laughs> so that happens again. It's like, it's oh, it's no, gr- it's, it's Groundhog's Day with like her dying. Every, yeah. yeah, yeah, it looked fun. The, it, the yeah. sequel trailer did look fun. I never saw the original. Happy Dead. I need. Hold on. Let me get on the Just Watch app here. Find out if it's streaming anywhere. Yeah, people, you're listening. Get that to make you talk about something else. I don't know why I'm griping. (laughs) 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 I'm trying to help you out by watching this good movie. So I'm I'm on the Just... And you can download a really good app here. It's called Just Watch. And Just Watch is an app you can download. And you can type in a movie or a TV show, and it tells you where it's streaming. So here we go. I'm going to type in Happy Death Day. Uh, yeah, here we go. I've typed in happy and it knew exactly what I wanted. And it took me right to happy death day. I'm clicking on it right now. A little play by play here by me. Um, <laughs> it is on FX now. Holy shit. I can stream this on FX now. This comes out on yeah, uh, Valentine's Day. Of all places, that was not where I was expecting to uh, go stream this. It's on, yeah, it's on FX now. And it's, uh, yeah, it's on FX now. So you can, you can watch it there. Happy death day. And uh, the sequel, Happy Death Day to You, the number two, I believe, uh, is coming out on Valentine's Day. So I'm going to watch this on FX, and I'm going to be sure to get my ass in the theater to watch the second one. Because this movie looks like a lot of fun. It looks like comedy and horror. So, yeah. Yeah, I think you'll have a fun time with it. I think I will too, Paul. I do. I really think I'll have a good time. Is this a Blumhouse film? I don't think so. I'm not sure. I think it is. I feel like Paul doesn't fucking know what he's talking about right now. Dude, that is so true. <laughs> I love you. I love Paul. Paul's a great guy. Isn't that, Paul that good? Is, Paul's good is. people, isn't he, Jake? Yeah, Paul is good people. Yeah, it's definitely a Blumhouse film. <laughs> okay. I was, yeah, I was definitely wrong. Hey, hey Paul's a dumbhouse film. Absolutely. I, I'm sorry. That was a dick thing to say. <laughs> that caught me off guard. <laughs> well, how did you get access to my divorce papers? Oh, <laughs> oh, oh, man. Oh, yeah, no. man. Divorce a hot topic this episode. Dude, I'm telling you, man. Hey, we, Paul, we were both victims. <laughs> the, double, the divorce club. Divor- yeah, divorce club. Divorce club. <laughs> it's a sad, sad club. Dude, dude, it's fucking crazy. Like three people this year at my work got divorced, and it's wow. all all of us are dads. We're like the we're like the double D club, divorce dads club. Yeah, this is all right. Yeah, I, I want to see that movie. Fun. I want to see that movie. It, it, it stars Jeremy Renner, Ed Helms, and Bradley Cooper. Right? I mean, that's that I gotta see. Good. That's a comedy, right? Oh, and then uh, maybe Jason Mansukis can play like a goofy character in that movie. He would spice things up, right? I would put Jason Bateman in there. Jason, fuck it, let him let him write it and star in it. Well, I think I would put like all the guys you wouldn't expect to get divorced, like Paul Rudd, Jason Bateman. Yeah, you said yeah. Paul Rudd. Paul Rudd. I found this out. Greg Alenti. I think he posted it on uh, on the uh, one of the, one of our pages. C two E two. Paul Rudd's asking for a hundred and seventy bucks for a photo op at C two E two. 
Oh, yeah. 170 bucks to get your picture taken with Paul Rudd. Yikes. No, thank you. Oh, he's not that charming. And $150 to get an autograph. God. Just the autograph, and it's only 25 more for the picture? Yeah. Uh, if you, if yeah, you want. so no one's getting that autograph. It's 170 bucks. Come on, man. Yeah, He's making Marvel money. He doesn't need that shit. Um, uh, I don't know. It's bizarre. Uh, and then my last thing in Good Pop, well, I've been watching a lot of BoJack, been going kind of down some dark places with that. That show is so good, but God damn, yeah, you I said know. it perfectly the other day. It, it gets you depressed. It, it makes does. you feel like a piece of shit. Yeah. I, I have to take that in small doses now. Yeah. Um, but we did watch Happy. We watched the first season of Happy with nice. uh, Christopher Maloney. Yeah. Because uh, I don't know if you saw the trailer for the second season. I have not seen the trailer for the second season, but the first season's fantastic. And the comic book by Grant Morrison was amazing. You know, Pat and Oswald were. Pat and Oswald. I can barely talk. Pat and Oswald voices Happy yeah. in the show. It was originally Bobby Moynihan. Oh. But he couldn't do I, I I don't know why they didn't get Bobby Moynihan like left the project. But uh, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, That's I, unfortunate. I would have loved to have seen him get that gig. I love Bobby Moynihan, so uh you know, Paul, um proceed. A, oh, Happy <laughs> was a Tupperware. Happy yeah. was a Happy's fucking great. Tupperware and a half. And my friend that was watching it with me, she's a huge American horse. She likes all that sick twisted shit. She goes, I want to see this Grant Morrison and Ryan Murphy come together and do a TV show. I'm like, that would be all types of levels of fucked up. Yeah, Ryan Murphy's going like, to. When, when are we going to start getting like the first of the Ryan Murphy shows on Netflix? That's got to be soon. You would think that was such a huge announcement, and yeah. then it's just kind of dried up since then. Oh shit! I mean, we're still waiting on Mark Miller stuff too. So, and, that, and that's going to yeah, happen. We've, we've heard a little bit of rumblings about it. We though. have, we have. So now, are the Ryan Murphy shows? Are those going to be all like new original shows, yes. or is he going to be bringing like Feud season two over? Nope, that's all sticking. Like all his existing stuff that he's doing with FX is staying with FX. Okay, until they end it. So, but like how involved is he gonna be with like pose and feud and american yeah. horror story and american crime story how involved is he gonna be with those on fx now that he's got like multi like hundred like what was that deal it was like an insane like 200 300 million dollar deal that he had with netflix or whatever it was it was huge so i think he's gonna be kind of like tied up with netflix and some of the stuff that he's got going on in FX, he's going to be like barely hands on, I feel like. Oh, yeah. I feel like he's already sp- like sp- spread way too thin as it is already. Yeah. With all the shows he's doing. Yeah. So, yeah. So, Tupperware the fuck out of Happy, right? That was on sci fi. Oh, man. Christopher Maloney was like born to play that role. Totally. He's really good. Really good. Sci fi is doing some great stuff. Deadly Class is amazing. Oh, I need to watch that. Yeah, you do. Yeah, you do. Uh, it's really good. Really good. I watched, Jake, you suggested this one, and um, I watched Folklore on HBO. How was it? Uh, this is an HBO Asia original horror anthology series created by Singaporean director Eric Koo. The six-episode series will feature stories based on Asian superstitions and national 
folkloric myths, with each episode helmed by a director from a different country, including Indonesia, Japan, Korea, Malaysia, Singapore, and Thailand. Uh, Each story in folklore was also filmed in the local language of the country. Episodes include the Indonesia set A Mother's Love, which is about a single mother and her young son who come upon a group of dirty and underfed children living in a mansion's attic. There's also a story from Malaysia called Toil, where a member of parliament turns to a mysterious woman who possesses shamanistic powers in the hopes that she'll save his town's dire economic situation. Only one episode is out right now, and it was A Mother's Love, which was the Indonesian set story. Um, Honestly, like, it starts off really great, and then I was just like, oh my gosh, like, what a tropey ending here. And it fizzled then, out. No, <laughs> then, then it tricked me, and it it makes you think that it. I don't know. It zigs when you think it's going to zag, and I ended up really enjoying this. Uh, it was gonna, it went from a taste it to a high taste it, in my opinion. I think I'm definitely. It's an anthology series, and so I'm going to continue with this. I, I thought it was really well done. I really liked this first episode quite a bit. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, like, and I'm I'm looking forward to seeing all these different stories play out in this on- anthology series. I I think I like this better than I liked Room 104. <laughs> by is it Room 104? Is that what it was called? The, yeah, I think that's correct. Yeah. yeah, the Mark the Duplass Brothers uh, anthology series that's on HBO, um, which I dropped off after that first season. I like this after one episode more than I like that. And I'm definitely think I'm going to watch each individual episode. And this is called Folklore on HBO. And if you like horror, um, I would definitely check this out. I I liked it. I I, I was I was very impressed with this one. I I was like, I thought it took a turn, and I was like, it, it took a turn for the better, and I really liked it. So I'm really looking forward to the, more of these stories. And I think it's really cool that it's about folklore from like these different Asian countries. And I can't wait to see what they're going to bring us in like, you know, uh, future episodes from Japan, Korea, Malaysia, Singapore, and Thailand. Yeah. I'm excited to check this out. I just thought it was a really unique project and a, a neat way to get some filmmakers, some, you know, yeah. American Western exposure. Yeah. 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 Because like it, at the beginning, when you start watching this, it says an HBO Asia production. So like yeah. this originally came out on HBO Asia last year, sometime in 2018. And I, I think it probably did really well over there. And so they decided to just bring that programming over here and get it, you know, subbed and they subbed it all. And, um, man, I, I, I liked it quite a bit and, uh, the acting was fantastic. So, and I think it's really cool that they're doing it in each country and we're going to get to hear it in each native tongue. So, this is very cool. I don't know. Yeah, I wonder if this is something that they'll continue and do like a, a season two of or something. I don't know. I mean, yeah, uh, these are, uh, I guess it depends on how many of these folkloric myths that they have in each of these countries. <laughs> That's a good point. I, I guess they're not original stories, so there's yeah. only so much of the well. Right, exactly. So, What was the name of this episode? Was it was it the Wee Wee? Because like, her name was the Wee Wee. Yes, yeah. It's called A Mother's okay. Love, but like the, the, uh, the supernatural element in this one was called the Wee Wee. Yeah, that was the design of her was creepy as fuck. That's also what my mom called my penis when I was fucking like a <laughs> little boy. <laughs> yeah. 
Holy shit. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I would definitely have to agree. It's a, it's a high taster for me. I, I really got sucked into that whole, you know, I, I kind of enjoyed that they had subtitles so I could put the phone down and just really enjoy what was happening. Oh, did you watch this? Yeah. Shut the fuck up, dude. I'm just learning yeah, this right I now. I loved it, man. The fucking poop on the floor and throwing at the fucking curtains. Oh, that was fucked up, was dude. insane, man. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, no, I, I really, I I almost had to pause because sometimes when you bring kids into shit like that, yeah. I, it kind of gets a little too close to home. Right, yeah. But, but man, it was, yeah, I feel like, and it's one of those where, like, I definitely think, if I'm up a little late at night, it might just like pop into my mind a little bit and kind of free, you know, like I love when shit does that, when it just kind of eats at you a little thinking, bit after you've seen it. I'm thinking of like the imagery that I got at the end here, like with, uh, you know, like him and her on the bike together, you know? Yeah. Like, that was so heartbreaking. Dude, I'm almost like wanting to give it a Tupperware now just because of like the, like how, you know, how heartfelt that really was. That's, it's just, yeah. Oh, God damn. The only yeah. thing that's really holding me back is kind of the like they did like they purposely took you one way. Yeah. Yeah. And then they kind of like retook you there. They yeah. like kind of did a double fake out. Yeah. But they were, I guess. It, yeah. But like because I was like I was like that's stupid. And then the, and then the show is like, no, you're Fuck stupid. You. <laughs> and then well, and there's a point where you kind of see it coming a little yeah. bit early in the episode. You, they kind of give you a little hint. And you're like, oh, no, yeah. it's going to happen. Yes. And then it happens. You're like, yeah, I called it. Yeah. Like, fuck you, idiot. <laughs> oh, man. It's so true. <laughs> it's so true. The show, the show is like, no, you're the fucking idiot. Yeah. You're like, I got you. <laughs> oh, fuck. <laughs> if you haven't watched it, you don't know what we're talking about. So watch the fucking thing. Okay. And then I heard there's an episode that's completely silent that is supposed to just be fucking amazing in this uh, this series. <laughs> People would love that for this podcast. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> I heard there's an episode. Oh man, maybe we should plan that for episode 300. <laughs> episode 300 is the silent episode. You see how the silent episode. I, I downloaded five hours of nothing. Let's make it our longest episode ever. <laughs> Seventeen hours. Yeah, it's nothing. You ain't gonna hear nothing. Like one guy. Like who's a, like who's a, who's a diehard fan? Johannes. Johannes, our listener from Sweden. Uh, I love you, Johannes. Like Johannes is like I'm fucking sticking it out. I'm gonna listen to everything. <laughs> and he gets like, he's on like hour sixteen. We're getting ready to finish with it, and it, it finishes this, and there's nothing. <laughs> Throw like a quarter of a bumper. In no, like nothing, Jake. Keep him going. No, the whole thing is nothing. <laughs> like you're waiting for that. Like I'm going to stick around for that one thing. Nothing. <laughs> <laughs> nothing. I love it. <laughs> that would be amazing. <laughs> That's the episode that wins all the awards too. Oh man. <laughs> oh, hey. Thanks, Paul. No, I was just saying that. Yeah. <laughs> I'll see myself out. <laughs> oh, man. No. Hey, let's take a break. We'll come back and we're going to do the pop culture leftovers news. Oh, awesome.
welcome back. Hey, you know what, Jake? <laughs> you think people hate this episode? Honestly. Uh, d- no, I don't think so. I think it's been pretty good. What? We've been we've been pretty energetic, even if, you know. I don't think I, people I, like that. Like, people hear people having a good time, and they're like, what? Oh, I think what? I think there's been subtle hints that we're not having a good time, though, that'll, like, that'll like, make both crowds happy. Just because this asshole's having a good time and having fun doesn't mean I am. I don't like this guy <laughs> having fun. You think that's happening? <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, li- yeah. oh, listen to this jackass over here having a good time. Listen to this fucking asshole thinking he's funny over here having a good time. Fuck him. To right? those people, I say fuck you because, I mean, <laughs> the, the reason we made this podcast was to have a good time. So, Well, listen to you, Brett Michaels over there. Ain't nothing but a good time. Huh? <laughs> 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 Flavor of Jake. No, Rock of Jake. I'm getting my, I'm getting my dating shows confused. <laughs> Close enough. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'll have long hair with a clock. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> I love you, man. Oh my god. Oh, that's why that's why I have you on here. Anyway. The quick wit. <laughs> the, the quick wit. One out of a hundred times. Uh, Jake Ellie wit. Ooh. I know. Hey, leave my mantle alone. <laughs> hey, uh, let's move. People are hating this episode, Jake, like I said before. Well, right? I changed my mind. Can I go back and retro answer <laughs> yeah, that question? Exactly, right? <laughs> <laughs> let's move on into the pop culture leftovers news. Hear ye, hear ye, read all about it. It's a leftover news and there's no doubt about it. This news is gangster as fuck, yo. It's gangster as fuck, yo. These bumpers are lazy as fuck, yo. <laughs> They're lazy as fuck, yo. <laughs> I was not ready for that. Well, you so t- so true. I know. Well, it's 2019. Time to change the bumpers, Brian. It's time to change the bumpers, Brian. <laughs> yeah, change the bumpers, Brian. Gangster as fuck was played out when we first did it, man. What the hell? You lazy, lazy fuck. I scared the shit out of my cats, and I was just I, I just fed them. Guys, I'm sorry. Now they can't eat their they can't eat their chicken soft chicken food. I'm sorry, guys. I got them this chicken pate. You think they'd be used to it? They're probably freaked out because we're doing it on a Saturday. They're like normally bared up for Crazy Brian on Sundays. Let me just throw this out there to the one of the cat food companies, Sheba. I used to buy your canned food, the chicken canned food. And then what did you do? You took away the canned food. And you, it's all coming in a plastic package. It, it's, oh, it's the same food. But it's in a plastic package. My cats know the difference between the plastic package and the canned food. And they wouldn't eat the plastic food. The plastic. <laughs> they wouldn't eat the same food that came out of a plastic package. I mean, I believe it, though. To me, that's kind of the same science as, like, Coke is the same, but it mm-hmm. tastes different from a can uh-huh. or from a bottle. Uh, same thing with uh, milk, from, uh, milk from, a, from a jug or a carton. Because, like, yeah. When, yeah. I, when I drink milk from a carton, it tastes like I'm drinking cardboard, like a cardboard carton. Yeah, the flavor definitely, definitely moves on to the food. So I, 
I'm not surprised that your cat could tell the difference. No, but she. And I'm not upset with my cats. I'm upset with Sheba because it fucked my cats up. Like that's what they ate, man. Like that was their fucking go-to food. And now I've got to get. I got to get them switched onto something else and find something else that they want like. Yeah, that's hard. It was then, fucking then, hard. So you do, you can't really buy in bulk. You have to kind of test yes. this and test that and yeah. test this. So fuck you, Sheba, you sons of fucks. And if there's one thing cats love, it's change. This week's sponsor is Sheba. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, I don't know if we're going to get this check. <laughs> you guys got one up box, like, fucking all the time, and you guys ripped them, so maybe... Dude, they didn't listen, man. Why not Vox didn't uh, listen? True. Like, they were just like, they, dude, they, they, like, to the day they went out of business, they were still shipping me those fucking boxes. <laughs> I think I literally it explains have. Explains a lot. I've got, I've got, like, seriously, I've got, like, four or five boxes that I haven't even opened. <laughs> it's, it's insane. It is insane. They just send you trinkets and garbage and T-shirts. Like, these are T-shirts that I just, you know, I, just, I jack off into and shit. You know what I mean? <laughs> oh, they are perfect for that. <laughs> they are perfect. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking, like, like, like I, 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 thank you. Thank you for all the spanker chips, one up box. You guys are amazing. <laughs> Yeah, I'm gonna beat off into this Deadpool knockoff T-shirt that you gave me. <laughs> Just add one more mashup to the pile. Yeah, it's like this T-shirt screams, "I love chimichangas and jerking off." <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, their their shirts are like the they're worst. terrible, terrible fucking shirts. And it was <laughs> we were an affiliate. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Oh man, I wonder what company we can put under next. Jesus, who knows? Who knows? <laughs> hey, uh, in quick news, uh, we got our first official image from Zombieland Two, which is now being titled Zombieland Double Tap. Uh, they did a ten-year challenge in the image, recreating the first poster. Uh, this. It's expected to hit theaters later this year. There's no set release date. But, um, yeah, our first official image, this is happening. And uh, really looking forward to this one. I mean, Rhett Reese, Paul Wernick coming back to write this bad boy. Um, I'm excited. Uh, Paul, were you a fan of Zombieland? Oh, yeah, man. I fucking love that movie. I, I got pumped when I saw this poster. I am, too. I am, too. Just seeing them all back together and... I'm really excited. I, I I can't believe Emma Stone's coming back to do this. I think I I gotta applaud her for this. I, she's got yeah. she's 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 such a big time actor right now. Even Woody Harrelson's got other stuff going on right now. So it, I really respect the hell out of those two, Jake. Yeah, I'm super excited for this. I mean, I, I always worry with sequels like this about sequelitis, and, and this is the same. I, I hope it doesn't fall prey to that. But you know, I'm scared. Like, oh, we have to recreate. The Bill Murray stuff from the first movie yeah, and find yeah. someone to do that stuff. Yeah. So hopefully they don't fall down that well and we've got a great original fun story. And I, I'm excited to see these characters return. Me too. Me too. Also in quick news, um, we're going to have 24 hours after the Super Bowl to watch Hannah on Amazon Prime before it hits in March. So the, the show uh, is going to hit Amazon Prime in March, but after the Super Bowl – You've got 24 hours to watch the pilot episode. Uh, the story follows a girl who will become one of the most lethal young assassins in the world, 
ultimately using her extraordinary skills, she evades the relentless pursuit of an off-book CIA agent and tries to unearth the truth behind who she is. You can watch. I just found out right now. You can stream the movie from 2011 starring Saoirse Ronan on sci-fi. I highly recommend this one. I highly recommend that you watch Hannah. Watch it now. Watch it on sci-fi. It's on the sci-fi app. It is a Tupperware. I love this movie. And I think it'll kind of give you a good base going into, like, the new series on Amazon Prime. I'm definitely going to give this one the three episodes, like a three-episode rule before, like, if I don't like it, then I'll tap out. But I'm definitely, I mean, it's got, like, the original guy involved that was involved in the, you know, the, the movie. So I'm like, I'm all about this. So... I'm hoping now, is this a is this a retelling of the movie? Yeah, I that, that's I, I think it is. I think it is. But we'll see. I mean, because um, I was confused about that because I'm interested and in you were telling me about the Super Bowl thing. And yeah. it's like I'm off Monday. But do I need to watch the movie as a primer? I, whew. you know, what? I guess you, you wouldn't know. But I, I, know, I don't know. I'm seeing the yeah. show. I think the show will do a good enough job kind of like. I think it'll have a lot of the same things that happen, like, in the movie as far as, like, her origin's concerned. But, like, everything else they're going to flesh out um, in in different ways. So, I mean. I imagine the off-the-book agent probably will get a bit more characterization yeah. in, a, in a series order. Yeah. So, to, guys, watch. Uh, if you can, get on the sci-fi app and watch Hannah. I would watch Hannah anyway, Jake. It's a great movie. It's a really good fucking movie. Sir Sharona kills it in this film. It's a great movie. Eric Bana's good in the movie. I, I highly recommend it. So Yeah, I need to check it out. Uh, yeah. Variety is reporting. Yeah, uh, Paul, watch this movie. <laughs> <I need you>. <laughs> <laughs> Variety is reporting... Uh, upgrade director Lee Whannell has signed on to direct a reboot of The Invisible Man. The project reunites Whannell with Jason Blum, who is producing uh, the Universal Pictures movie throughout Blumhouse uh, uh, through his Blumhouse banner. Um, Whannell will also pen the script. So basically, what's happening here is we've got Lee Whannell, the director from Upgrade. Loved Upgrade, absolute Tupperware. I know, Paul. Have you seen it? No, I have not seen Upgrade yet. Got to get on that, man. It is one of last year's best. Um, get on that one. You're gonna, you're gonna love it. I promise you, you're gonna love it. Uh, Lee Winnell is gonna do this. What I think, what they've learned here, is because they're doing this through Blumhouse. Like Blumhouse is gonna be involved with this they're teaming universal's teaming up with the blumhouse but i think what like if that tells you something that tells you that this is not going to have a huge budget and i think like the end of the dark universe which was like it started with the mummy officially uh the tom cruise film (laughs) i think what they learned there was like we don't have to do big budget monster movies you can make good universal monster movies without the big budget and i think they learned that from the shape of water you know and and so here they're gonna get lee winnell who i think is like one of the best up-and-coming directors i think lee winnell is amazing i want to see lee winnell do everything you know um and here they got lee winnell doing the invisible man and like, if you would have told me about this 
Like immediately if they would have announced like the Invisible Man after, you know, <laughs> the mummy came out, I would have been like, okay, yeah, this is not good. But now it feels like they're teaming up with Blumhouse. Universal's teaming up with Blumhouse. They've got Lee Winnell involved in this. And he's writing it as well. Um, I'm all in. Uh, Johnny Depp was previously attached to this, but sources say that he's not going to appear in this film. Um, but they think they also have, uh, they think that he might be in another one of the upcoming monster movie projects that they have in development. But um, I know you, you, it's hard for you guys to really say anything about this one because you haven't like watched upgrade and you're not familiar with Lee Winnell. He's an Australian director, but I Tupperware this news and I'm really looking forward to like this collaboration with universal and Blumhouse. I hope it goes well. Um, and I hope Lee Winnell just knocks this one out of the park. I mean, the invisible man, it's a cool story. If they can get this one down, it's basically a guy who turns himself invisible and then goes crazy and starts killing people. So like, this is, this is perfect for Blumhouse. Yeah. You know what? I always loved the really terribly received Chevy Chase movie. Oh, <laughs> uh, Wars. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I knew it was bad, but I don't know. Just I just love the idea of the Invisible Man and just like yeah. the mythology of what you could do while you were invisible, and it's I, just always been really captivating to me. I loved uh, Kevin Bacon in Hollow Man. Yeah, yeah, Hollow Man was fucking great too. Lots of Lee Winnell in the news this week. Did, did you hear the other big story? Yes, he's going to be penning the script for the new Escape from New York film. Yeah, yeah. It, it's. I believe he's doing a rewrite, though. Yes, from what I was reading, he is doing a rewrite, and that's smart. God damn, Lee Winnell. This is a name to watch, and it's like Kevin Feige is probably thinking to himself, like. How can I get this guy to come over to Marvel and do something for us? He's got to be. Yeah, that, yeah. Con- congratulations to the guy. I mean, that, that's two giant studio projects in like literally three days, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Wow. And Brian, I have a question. I don't know if it is addressed in anything you brought up, but is Blumhouse just doing the Invisible Man or are they going to be trying to get like the Wolfman – and the blob and all those other universal movies into their deal as well. We're going to see, we're going to see how this works out because like, okay. I feel like universal still has a little, I, I think this is interesting because universal still has like a relationship with legendary entertainment, okay. but this, this says a lot that legendary is not involved in this and that they're getting Blumhouse. Man, I would love to see a Blumhouse Frankenstein and Wolfman. There, that would be amazing. Did you hear about the – is it a Frankenstein TV show? Did you guys hear about this? Oh, where he's like a detective? Yeah. Is that the one? Yes. <laughs> what? Fra- <laughs> Frankenstein detective. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm in. It's about a detective that dies and they bring him back to life and he's he's a Frankenstein detective. <laughs> <laughs> Frankenstein detective I'm I'm on the case (laughs) You pretty much brought nothing That the two words Frankenstein detective Didn't already bring to the table (laughs) (laughs) I'm dead I'm I'm dead (laughs) 
Uh, yeah, that's interesting. You know, I I have not. I want to see. I want to see like the G. I want to see the chief yelling at Frankenstein detective. <laughs> <laughs> Frankenstein, you're fired. You're reckless, Frankenstein detective. You're reckless. <laughs> <laughs> I, I know his methods are a little unorthodox, and he's dead. But he's the best detective we got on the force, Chief. He gets results. <laughs> he gets results. Oh, man, it's so crazy. Frankenstein detective. <laughs> Things really heat up when he gets his new rookie partner, the Wolfman. Yeah. Oh, yes. <laughs> Oh, I want to see. I want to see like a a sex scene where like she's holding onto his <laughs> bolts on his neck. Yeah. <laughs> no, he's got to have like a donut on one of the bolts at one point in the in the series. I want to. I want to see like 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 wow. some <laughs> some mysterious like Jessica Rabbit looking like seductive woman come into his office. You know. <laughs> Please help me, Frankenstein detective, <laughs> laying on it, laying on his desk and shit. I don't know about you guys, but in my brain, Frankenstein Detective is totally the Phil Hartman version of Frankenstein. Yeah. Oh yes, <laughs> I want to. And then, and then, if this is a big hit, like a few years later down on the road, like down the road, they can have like Frankenstein Detective Junior. Like, <laughs> oh, son, son oh, of Frankenstein, Frankenstein Detective. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Man, I, I don't really care if the listeners are enjoying this episode or not anymore. <laughs> eh, fuck the listeners. Hey, fuck them all. Fuck them all. Unsubscribe, you fucking un- 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 ungrateful pieces oh, of shit. Oh, I just entered Tupperware territory with the Frankenstein detective. Do you remember, remember, uh, remember Yahoo Sirius and Young Einstein? Remember that thing? How, how could I forget? God damn it. Yeah, hey, Google it, millennials. Terrible. <laughs> fucking Terrible. All right. Next news. Oh, yeah, news. (laughs) Yeah, next news. This is cool. Uh, News from THR, the Hollywood Reporter here. John Cena to star in Netflix action comedy directed by Jason Bateman. WWE headliner turned actor John Cena is teaming up with Jason Bateman for a Netflix action comedy. Cena will star in the Untitled Project, which Bateman will direct. Sources say Bateman will also appear in the project. I'm going to get back to that here in a second. The action comedy reteams Bateman with Mark Perez, the writer of his 2018 sleeper hit Game Night, Jake. That, that is great news. Is this, I was confused. Is this a series? Uh, it's, a, it's a movie, I believe. The, this, okay, okay. This new project definitely has a Game Night vibe to the plot. The story centers on a family that gets stuck in an old abandoned movie studio. The sets come to life, and the family members find themselves stuck in various films. So it's kind of like... Night at the, Night museum, the museum meets Last Action Hero. And I don't oh. know if they're going to have like real movies that we've seen, like E.T. and like real. That could be super fun. Back to the Future, stuff like that. I don't know if we're going to see like real movies like that or if it's going to be made up movies. Um, but I'm leaning towards real movies because. The sources that say Bateman's also going to appear in the project say that he's going to reprise. This is the rumor. He's going to reprise a previous role that he had in something. And I'm thinking to myself, hmm, could he be Teen Wolf? Oh, Oh, that would be fucking awesome. 
<laughs> He's Teen Wolf also, though. No, no, it was Teen Wolf 2. T O O. I know. I was. I was. I was. Oh. <laughs> I get. No, yeah, everybody's like, the original Teen Wolf is Michael J. Fox. <laughs> I, we get it, dude. There was a sequel called Teen Wolf 2. The original one was Basketball, and the sequel was Jason Bateman. And he was in Teen Wolf. They had a fucking Saturday morning cartoon. I used yeah. to watch. Yeah. Dude, that. I love that fucking cartoon. <laughs> I did, too. I love it. I bet if I watched it now, it's terrible. It's probably terrible, but I fucking loved it when I was a kid. That was a great fucking cartoon, Jake. I loved it, too. I loved it, too. It made me love the movie even more. I'm yeah. pretty sure it came out before Teen Wolf 2. So yeah. I love Teen Wolf 2 as well. I love Teen Wolf 2 as well. That was boxing, wasn't it? Yes. They had a replacement for Styles in that one. They didn't have the original Styles from the first film. But, um, yeah, it was boxing. The first one was basketball, and the second one was boxing. It was Jason Bateman, who was... Jason Bateman was the brother of Justine Bateman, who played Mallory Keaton on Family Ties, which starred Michael J. Fox, who played Alex P. Keaton on Family Ties. A little bit of knowledge there for you, people. <laughs> Take with it what you will. If you go on a game show sometime, you can use that. That's free. You can thank me later. <laughs> yeah, we're perfect for, like, Jeopardy and shit. Yeah, we are. I, we're, we're never on track, ever, in any episode. <laughs> this is the worst episode we've ever done, but I'm having a goddamn good time. I don't give a fuck what people think, Jake. No, yeah, yeah, this isn't the worst episode. It's not great. <laughs> it, it, it's not, well, you know what I mean it's not fantastic but for me I'm having a good time like this is like I'm being selfish this is like this is like mom like like the kid is hungry right now and wants mom to put chicken nuggets in the goddamn fucking oven right and mom's in the bathroom in the tub and she's flicking the bean she's like you know like <laughs> you know what I mean and little Johnny's outside and she's like I- I'll be out there in a second and she's like she's turning on the faucet and it's just it's just going it's hitting that it's hitting that fucking clit and she's just she's just like she's just being transported to the orgasm land right now and little johnny just wants his fucking like little what what are the little chicken nuggets that are shaped like the goddamn dinosaurs he wants those fuckers he wants those fuckers in the oven and she's like, as just, soon as, just order a pizza, Johnny. Well, here's the thing. Like when mom gets out, you know, mom's going to be putting them in the fucking microwave. Right. No, she's not yeah, putting them soggy in the oven. nuggets, soggy nuggets. Enjoy your soggy nuggets there, Johnny. <laughs> <laughs> Mommy's got a soggy vagina right now. From- oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's nothing wrong, ladies, with pleasure in yourself. In the but at the at the expense of your child, <laughs> shame on you. Um, I love when this turned accusatory. Yeah, I know, I know. It, it, it was like it was like it was like yeah. It's all it, masturbating is all fun and games until you got responsibilities. <laughs> shame. That's when Wee Wee comes to take your kid away, right? Then Paul. Yes, yes. Wee Wee will come as soon as you get. Ha- and it's going to be the point where the kid is willing, like the kid is going to want to be taken too. That's when Wee Wee gets them. That's when Wee Wee gets them. That's when Wee Wee gets them, man. Yeah, Wee Wee takes your kids when, like you, when when you when you're off masturbating in the tub and not yeah. making them nuggets. 
The kids realize they'll get nuggets out of the oven with wee wee, yeah. and, and they'll go. <laughs> they will go. I'm telling you, people. This joke is funny to me and Paul because we watched folklore on HBO. You should watch it well as well, and then come back and listen to this, and you'll be laughing with us. But right now, it means nothing oh, to you. Hopefully, <laughs> hopefully. <laughs> Actually, Jake, I, I I can hear like people clicking unsubscribe right now. That's like. <laughs> Hey, Bill and Ted 3, or as they're calling it, Bill and Ted Face the Music, uh, I got news here from CNET. Uh, Bill and Ted sequel, hilarious, Steven Soderbergh says at Slamdance. Bill and Ted Face the Music will be hilarious, according to executive producer Steven Soderbergh. The long-awaited sequel to 1989's Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure and 1991 follow-up Bogus Journey reunites the original Wild Stallions, Keanu Reeves and Alex Winter. It's helmed by Galaxy Quest director Dean Parasot and penned by original writers Chris, Mas- uh, Chris Matheson and Ed Solomon, who told Soderbergh, about their idea for a new movie when they worked together on multimedia project Mosaic. I am giggling to myself because we literally just talked about a mother masturbating in the bathtub while her kid was banging on the door so he could eat some chicken nuggets. This show is fucking ridiculous. The kid kid just wants to eat a Stegosaurus nugget and mom just wants to get her fucking, she wants to get her come on in the bathroom. Mom just wants to come. She's got adult needs. She's got she's got adult needs right now, and this kid just wants to dip his fucking uh, fucking uh, T Rex <laughs> nugget into, into like some ketchup. <laughs> oh man, yeah, it's it's an issue. I mean, <laughs> mom really <laughs> fucked up. She should have had some other meal prepared. <laughs> Lunchable or something. Oh, exactly, dude. Yeah, it would be great if like the door to the bathroom opened up for a split second and she just threw out a lunchable. (laughs) 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 And then it's back to fucking. Welcome back to Clitville. (laughs) (laughs) That'll hold a little punk over for an hour. She's like, my clit is lit. Anyway, hey. Well, hey, I just envisioned Justin Timberlake dressed up as a vagina on fucking Saturday Night Live saying, bring it out on into Clipville. Oh, Oh, my God. I used to love that sketch, dude. Those were the best. Those were really good. Those were really good. Um, Yeah, back to Bill and Ted. yeah, so uh, Steven Soderbergh is saying it's going to be hilarious. Uh, Soderbergh spoke at the premiere of his new movie, High Flying Bird at Slam Dance, a film festival that takes place adjacent to the Sundance Film Festival. Um, and he said uh, he described the third Bill and Ted film as a love gig for all involved. Nobody's getting paid, he joked Sunday during the Q&A at Slam Dance. And um, he also speculated that Bill and Ted Face the Music could be released at Christmas. So we might get it this year. <laughs> That's exciting. I, okay. This is just one of those projects where you never know, right? It's It's been in limbo for so long that it could all of a sudden pop out in a month or two or still be another three years away. I know. Like, I've just had no feelers for when this was actually going to come out. So well, that, that's good news. I think that, honestly, Jake, I feel like this is kind of like the same as like Zombieland 2, right? Because like we didn't know when that was going to come out. And here we are getting like the first poster. So... You know. Yeah, and the difference here, though, is just kind of the development hell, though, that, that 
the whole idea of the project has gone through, right? The idea of a, of a third movie has been around for so long. I cannot stop giggling about mom in the tub. <laughs> <laughs> little Johnny want to eat nuggets. Mommy, so- you, you just love little Johnny's pain. <laughs> Mommy is so, she is so selfish with her vagina in this moment. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's all about getting off. It's all about I mean, it's that. It's the weekend, man. <laughs> <laughs> you know what's fucked up? I got a freezer full of the dinosaur nuggets that I'm saving for the kids that I'm now really hungry for right now. So hey, what is, uh, what? I'm just going to smash into those. Sorry, kids. Yeah, better that you're hungry for the nuggets than wanting to get into the tub. Yeah, I think, it, you know, you know, uh, you know what I think is really <laughs> ironic is the fact that they call like that one uh, uh, frozen meal kid cuisine. And uh, in all actuality, it's shit. Dude, those are so, <laughs> are so bad for kids. <laughs> it's like it's like the furthest thing from a uh, cuisine that you could actually eat. Like, you know what I mean? It's like 17,000 calories a like, meal. Like when Wee Wee was feeding the kids actual <laughs> feces, it was like better. <laughs> See, yes. we're like, this is a lot that of was more nutritional value for them. <laughs> yeah, but you want that fucking sticker from some direct to video animation movie you've never heard of. Yeah. It fucked up. Like kids are kids are ridiculous. You could put a cartoon character on anything and they, they, they want it. You know what I mean? Like a little, well, hey Brian, it makes me think of the kidding show with Jim Carrey. His kids, oh, uh, the secret chef meal, secret chef. Yeah. Jake, they have secret shit in there. They have so. secret, yeah. Secret chef is like basically like at after the end of like when they eat their meal, like they'll eat the dessert or eat wh- whatever the fuck it is. Uh, once they clean their plate, uh, you can see it's written down like what was what vegetable they snuck into like the brownie or whatever. Like, oh, I just ate asparagus. My piss is going to smell weird later. So and they, they would mix like a vegetable into like the food unbeknownst to the kids. <laughs> That's, uh, my mom used to do pretty much the same thing. This episode like, is fucking terrible. I'm sorry. I'm having a blast. I'm having a and you know, I know. when I say these the things where like I'm I'm listening to what you're saying more than podcasting at that point. You're yeah. talking about the secret chef shit. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, my mom used to food processor the shit out of everything, basically, and do the same stuff. If she knew it was like a vegetable or something that I didn't like, yeah, she would just fucking put it in the food processor and you know put it in the meatloaf or whatever. Hey, Jake, I've been I've been meaning to ask you this. This is probably not the good t- best time to ask you since we're doing a podcast, right? <laughs> but I, hold on, I know you're lactose intolerant. Can you eat like? Can you do the ice cream that's like uh, non dairy, like with the coconut? Yeah. Yeah, I can. I've tried a few of them. They just don't taste good. Like, I know what real ice cream tastes like. Dude, I just dude. Ha- Halo Top, bro. Halo yeah, the Halo Top. Dude, the Halo Top, they got one called Candy Bar in the Halo Top. And, man, I'm telling you, dude, it's good. It's good. You got to do that I one. thought those were just low fat. I didn't know they were actually uh, dairy-free. The, the, they've got dairy-free now. So okay, okay. try the try the one called Candy Bar. Uh, they'll have, like, a little fucking cartoon of a coconut. Like in the cartoon. Yeah, you can watch a little, little – no, a little animated – not animated. A little I'm, – I'm fucked up right now. It's, I'm drinking all this vodka, dude, which – no, there's a little uh, picture of a coconut on the, uh, on the little ice cream thing, and it's, it's made from the coconuts. 
Yeah, I fucking love ice cream, though. I, I'm lactose intolerant. Yeah. As long as I have the next day off, I'm like, fuck it. I'm going to be in the shitter the next two hours. Let's there do this. No, try the try the candy bar Halo Top. It's low calorie, low sugar, but um, it's also tastes really fucking good. Yeah, if it doesn't make my stomach explode, that would be nice. There you go. Hey, guys. Um, the more you know. THR is reporting that Zack Snyder is returning to movies with zombie action pick. Army of the Dead, uh, Zack Snyder, who directed 2017's Justice League, only to step away from movies to deal with a family tragedy, has signed on to helm Army of the Dead, a zombie horror thriller for Netflix. We all remember that he did Dawn of the Dead, uh, written by James Gunn back in the early 2000s sometime. Anyway, Snyder also came up with a story for Army, which has a script by Joby Harold. The adventure is set amid a zombie outbreak in Las Vegas during which a man assembles a group of mercenaries to take the ultimate gamble, venturing into the quarantine zone to pull off the greatest heist ever attempted. Joby Harold was a producer on Edge of Tomorrow and the writer for the new King Arthur film that was done by Guy Ritchie. Um, Netflix, which is taking over the project from Warner Brothers, where it was first set up in 2007, is going full throttle with Army. The movie is set to commence shooting this summer, with a sizable budget that could reach the $90 million range, say sources. So, yeah, Netflix reportedly sought out and picked up the project, which was languishing in Warner's vault. The deal to grab it could set a precedent for film projects stuck or abandoned in development at major studios to find new life with a streaming service. Um, Snyder is very excited for this project. He says no one's ever completely no one's ever let me completely loose. There are no handcuffs on me with at all with this one. They're giving him complete creative control. And uh, he says, I love big action. I love big sequences. My movie brain starts clicking around and I was like, we need to be shooting this now. Constructing these sequences really fired me up. So, um, Zack Snyder doing a zombie outbreak movie. I love Dawn of the Dead. Loved that film. And here he is with Netflix. I just recently talked about me not being a huge fan of Netflix films. So I don't know. What do you guys, I, Jake, I got to know what you think about this. I mean, I'm excited. You know, as much as I piss and shit on Zack Snyder, the one thing I've always kept to is I, I'm a really big fan of his Dawn of the Dead remake. I know that. I, yeah. I think he nailed that. And for him to go back to the zombie territory, especially in Vegas, where, you know, it's going to be a bunch of commotion and people and chaos. I'm actually quite excited for this project. I think it's a good move for him to step back into doing, you know, films and everything. It's kind of like baby steps, something that he's comfortable with and he's done a good job with before. And, yeah, I'm excited to see what he's going to do. A little bit worried about the uh, complete creative control, let loose stuff, though. Like, so we'll see. I love, I love, I love Zack Snyder. I think uh, as a person, okay. I haven't loved everything that he's done. I do think that Warner Brothers kind of like reined him in when it came to his superhero projects there. And the more I'm hearing recently about what people are saying about Justice League, I am hearing that there is a Snyder cut. Um, so I, it's it, that's kind of blowing my mind that there is a Snyder cut of the Justice League, but um, I would love to see this guy let loose. It doesn't worry me if it's a Netflix project. 
um, if he lets loose and and it and he, and he says like, yeah, I was let loose on this one, and it and it fails, I'll be like, okay, that's what you, that's what you get when you let Zack Snyder go crazy because like even with his own project, um, Sucker Punch, like the studio, like like that wasn't a, a, like an official director's cut. Like there there's stuff that they even though he directed it and wrote it, like I've heard that they've kind of like, they pulled back on some stuff on, on sucker punch. Um, but, uh, the one, the one thing, and I want to get Paul's reaction here in a second, but like the one thing that kind of like, this has to be at the beginning of the zombie outbreak. Right. Because like who, like who tries to pull off like a heist for like currency, <laughs> right? Like years after like the zombie apocalypse, like, like currency yeah, at means- that point, it's not a heist. It's a, you just, it's like a resident evil game. You're just trying to survive the zombies. Exactly. So this, like this has to be a heist, like right at the outbreak, right in Las Vegas. Um, how much I got, we got to see it. Like they've really got to take advantage of this, you know, zombie apocalypse setting of Las Vegas. We've got to see an Elvis impersonator zombie, right? Yes. Yeah, definitely. That's, like the Hollywood in Vegas zombie yeah, version. Yes. We got to see that. We've got to see that. So Paul, what, what do you think about this news? What are your thoughts on like, what are your thoughts on like Zack Snyder, like Watchmen 300? Um, oh, I, Watchmen is one of my favorite comic book movies. Thank you. I, I fucking love that movie so much. I got the I got the director's cut. I, I love that one. I love Dawn of the Dead. 300 yeah. was great. Yeah. You, you know, uh, I do enjoy Man of Steel and the other ones not so much. <clears throat> and like we said in the back cast a lot, we used to bitch about him all the time because it was like sour grapes. He'd come on twitter and talk about you know after he was let go or walked away you know he was always releasing concept art to kind of stir the pot again so like i'm especially with what happened to his daughter i'm glad that he's kind of doing like he's got like a fresh start yeah you know he's able to he's able to put all of his passion to something else kind of get over the breakup with warner brothers yeah go back to your roots you know have some fun with it and I am really interested to see Scott Snyder let off the rails, and I think you it could said be a lot Scott of fun. Scott Snyder, it's he, Scott. he did. Ah, oh, damn it! Sorry, I've been reading the comic books. There you uh, go, Zack no. Snyder. Scott Snyder, yeah. I love Scott Snyder. If you... Scott Snyder is a magnificent human being. He's just yeah, he's a great guy. Oh yeah, Scott Snyder, uh, writer of uh, Batman comics, and so yeah, yeah, I, I. I hope so, man. I, you know, I know De- his wife Deborah, of course, is like going to help him probably on this project as well, and I hope it's uh, successful for him. And I, I hope he like you know can um, breathe new life into some movies at, at Netflix as well. I hope this works out. Um, I'm still a fan of Zack Snyder, even though I was not a fan of like the last few movies that he did. You know, with like the whole DCEU. But what the fuck was that? Did you guys hear that? I, I yeah, did. I did. Yeah. <laughs> it sounded like, like a lost connection. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Johnny, do you want your nuggets that badly that you're going to get on here and like do that? Hey. Sabotage yeah. the episode. I know, the I know. It's the wee wee lady. Hey, what do they call those nuggets? Is there like a fun little name fun for those? Fun nuggets. They call it the, like the dino nuggets. Is there a fun little name for those? Yeah, fun nuggets. Shut up, Jake. That's what they're called. They're called fun nuggets? Yeah, Tyson fun nuggets. Shut the... You would know that because you work at a grocery store. Shut the fuck up. They're called fun nuggets? (laughs) That's exactly what they're called. (laughs) 
And I think I spent over five hundred dollars on these nuggets. So yes, they they are the fun nuggets. <laughs> I, I was like, oh, that's so weird. Hey, um, news news from deadline. This episode's terrible. I'm a giggle box this entire episode. Um, <laughs> it's definitely snowballing. Yeah, it's not good. Um, deadline is reporting. Did you guys hear this news? Hugh Jackman and Rebecca Ferguson are finalizing deals to star in a movie called Reminiscence. And it's a film that Westworld executive producer Lisa Joy has scripted. And it's going to be her directorial debut. Oh, wow. That's that's huge. Yeah. Big casting, too. Yeah. yeah. Uh, this is Lisa Joy. This is Jonathan Nolan. This is his wife. So Jonathan Nolan the brother of, you know, director Christopher Nolan. Lisa Joy is one of the uh, showrunners. Uh, her and Jonathan Nolan are the showrunners of Westworld, and she's directed quite a few episodes of Westworld, and she's going to be, this is going to be her directorial debut, and this is going to be a sci-fi thriller. Hugh Jackman and Rebecca Ferguson will be in Reminiscence, cast as a couple who fall in love in a near-future world where technology has enabled people to recapture their memories. But there's a sci-fi thriller twist involved in this one. And um, I basically, Lisa Joy, she talks about Reminiscence, and this is what she revealed to Deadline. Reminiscence posits a world where technology does exist, and there's a character named Nick Bannister, played by Hugh Jackman. He is kind of a private investigator. He is, he's kind of a PI of the mind. Think Wolverine meets Humphrey Bogart. And he has a business where when people want to remember something, they come into his office and he's almost like a psychologist. All the files from our past are stored in our minds. And the question is, which one do you access? How do you get to it the, at, at the right moment, the moment you're looking for? His skill is asking questions and taking people through this lulling experience where he finds the moments that you desire to re-engage with and immerses you back in them for a small fee. She also told Deadline, it has been a labor of love and also vision. I know exactly what I want this to be, including all of the action set pieces and turning Miami into a sunken world. Working on Westworld has been an incredible experience in learning to make something with the scope of a feature on a TV timeline with a budget nowhere near what you would expect for a feature film equivalent. Um, so Reminiscence is going to be set in a futuristic Miami that has been submerged underwater thanks to global warming and follows Private Eye Hugh Jackman uh, as a private eye who deals in recapturing memories for his clients, a new client played by Rebecca Ferguson, intrigues and vexes him, and they fall in love only for her to mysteriously vanish. I don't know about you, but, like, just this description makes this movie, like, as far as, like, thrillers, my second most anticipated thriller of the year right behind us by Jordan Peele. This sounds incredible. It does sound really cool. I can't help but get kind of some, um, a little bit of Total Recall vibes from it. Yeah, yeah. Kind of with the the promising of, you know, kind of the mind getaway stuff going on there. Mm-hmm. It's not like, uh, you know, it's not like uh, Quaid wanting to go to Mars or anything. It's he's just, want, like, this is reliving memories from your past. But there's, like, going to be, like, this th- sci-fi twist to everything. And I, I really... 
want to know what that twist is. I I, I, under, I understand that she's going to vanish here, but I don't know, man. Lisa Joy has killed it on Westworld. She's great. She's directed some of the best episodes of that show. And so I really want to see what she does here with her directorial debut. And she's penning the whole script for this. I can't wait for this one. Yeah, it sounds really cool. I, I'm Lisa Joy, you know, she's got quite the pedigree as well as Jonathan. So, yeah, it sounds really cool. I'm, they're very well known for their high concept sci-fi movies with twists and stuff. So excited to see yeah. whose mind has been replaced with what and what memories have been implanted where. <laughs> yeah, I cannot wait. And, like, I love Rebecca Ferguson. Like, the more Rebecca Ferguson I get in anything, I'm happy with. I, I'm a big fan of hers. Ever since seeing her in um, in uh, the Mission Impossible films, and like she was in the uh, the kid who would the kid who would be king that I watched recently, and I thought she was really good in that too. So, yeah, what do you, what do you think of Paul? Are you looking forward to this one? Does it sound like something intriguing to you? Oh uh, yeah, a hundred percent. I you know how much I love uh, you know Westworld. We know I'd always message you about it. I love yeah what she's done on that show, and I think with two actors of this caliber i think she could really do something i mean it sounds like i just love the you know the whole fresh idea stuff and in a world of all these reboots and remakes and sequels to get something like this it sounds like it could really well like i don't want to say sleeper hit because i think it's going to get a lot of traction closer when it comes out but i think this could really be a huge hit when it comes out Uh, yeah it's got jackman and i think hopefully this will be something that like I hope that this movie is the movie that people like start to know who Rebecca Ferguson is and also who Lisa Joy is because I think Lisa Joy is a joy. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, fuck you. Fuck you. Hey, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. The movie is going to be called Reminiscence. How much do you want to bet that there's a fucking cover band for Evanescence out there called Reminiscence? I'm not taking the bet. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I hated that band, by the way. I, I, I'll i be honest with you. I kind of liked them when they first came out. Not going to lie. Yeah. And then you heard the third song that sounded exactly like the first two. And you're yeah. like, yeah. I okay. was Yeah. I was like, OK, I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> this sounds exactly like the other song for Daredevil. Right. Good. <laughs> yeah. R- reminiscence. Is an Evanescence cover band? Are they still kicking? Evanescence? Evanescence? I don't know. I didn't they break up and come back as like a different group? Yeah, and then wrote a really sad caterwauling song about it. I don't know. I oh hey, um, I pulled this news from Screen Rant. It's uh, an article titled "Starship Trooper Writer Says TV Show Being Discussed PG Thirteen Film Reboot uh, uh, Reboot Wouldn't Work." I said reboot like I was Canadian or something. Yeah. <laughs> What's that? Well, what was that, a boot? What's that, a boot, Brian? Um, <laughs> uh, screenwriter Ed Niemeyer has been involved with the Starship Troopers franchise in various capacities since its inception, including writing the original and directing Marauder. In a new conversation with HN Entertainment, he had this to say t- to a question about a soft reboot that would bring back the old cast. Quote, well, I think they can. I don't want to jinx anything, but we are talking about trying to do a television show that is based on that idea. Niemeyer was also pressed for his opinion on a potential PG-13 movie reboot of the property and how he feels 
it wouldn't work without the political angle. I could imagine, he goes, quote, I can imagine you could do one, a new one that was a more serious version of the book without the political commentary, but I don't know if that interests me that much. The spectacle of the giant creatures and ridiculous bloodshed, all that stuff, I don't know if in this world of CG where you can do all the stuff that pretty... Uh, do all that stuff pretty easily. Seeing a bunch of creatures fighting might not be interesting enough right now for me, but other people might like it. So basically talking about like the, the big, the big news here is he's talking about there's interest in bringing back the old cast and doing a TV show with kind of like that, kind of like the, the original feel of, um, the Paul Verhoeven, you know, Starship Troopers. Like, you know, I, I'm a huge fan of the original Starship Troopers. Like, I saw this. I know it's based on a book, but when the movie came out, I saw this in the theater back in 97, and I loved it so much that I went back and saw it a second time. I loved Starship Troopers. And then I watched the Starship Troopers Rift Tracks event that they had years ago from the Mystery Science Theater 3000 guys. And... um uh, Paul Verhoeven directed this movie, like I said. He was the director of the original, you know, RoboCop film. Um, he also <laughs> directed Showgirls under a different name. That's a whole different story. But um, Total Recall that we were just talking about? Yeah. Uh, but uh, this movie, uh, Starship Troopers, was written by Ed Newmar, who apparently, uh, from these statements, would be involved in this TV project if it were to happen with some of the old cast reuniting here. So, you know, I, I'm a huge fan of this franchise. I loved the CGI animated movie that came out a couple years ago, Starship Troopers, Trader of Mars. I watched that in the theater. It was a, I, I don't think it was a fathom event. It was just a one night only event. And uh, it was a CGI. A lot of the original voice cast in that too, right? Yes, yes. They had a lot of the original, like Casper Van Dien came back. Um, and then they, uh, uh, even um, uh, Neil Patrick Harris. Neil Patrick? Yeah. And then the, uh, oh God, I can't remember the name of the, the female actor in that movie. Denise Richards? Not Denise Richards, but. Um, the other one, the. Dizzy, Dizzy. The, the, the. The uh, female actor that plays Dizzy in the first film came back. And yes, she did die in Starship Troopers, but she comes back in this movie. You got to watch it and you'll understand. She comes back. And <laughs> Michael, you get some Michael Ironside in there. Wasn't he in that? He was in that. Yeah. Um, do you know who was? Do you know? Oh, do you know who was in the original Starship? Gina Troopers? Meyer, by the way. Do you know who was in the original Starship Troopers? And played one of their uh, teachers when they were like joining the Marines. Clancy Brown. Um, I was gonna. No, you're fine. I was gonna say um, the uh, the uh, the from Golden Girls. She played uh, Blanche. Oh, fucking Rue McClanahan. Rue McClanahan. Yeah, Rue McClanahan. She played. (laughs) She had the fucking. She had the fucking like Nick Fury eye patch and shit. Right? Didn't she? Yeah, 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 she sure did. She's a badass in that. That movie's awesome. so great, man. I love that movie. Yeah, so it is I. super good. I I didn't see it in the theater. It was one of those that I remember renting the first week it came out on VHS mm-hmm. and like. 
feeling really dumb that I didn't go see it in the theater after I saw it because it was kind of badly marketed. Like they yeah. really didn't capture the satire and the other stuff that was going on very well in the TV ads and trailers. For Dude, when you watch it, though, doesn't it feel like a Verhoeven film? Oh, yeah. yeah. It's almost the essence of one. Like yeah. it's almost the purest of all Verhoeven films in, in right. a way, right? I agree, dude. Dude, when I, I, I love, I have a guilty pleasure for Verhoeven. Even his yeah. stupid Resident Evil shit, I fucking love. Yeah, I love Verhoeven films, but I, Starship Troopers was one of those where, like, uh, I, I, I love the, I love it so much. And then, Jake, I still think the special effects hold up. Yeah, I do too. I, I think they're purposely not meant to be crystal perfect. I think that's kind of what's going on here, right? Yeah. It, it kind of feeds into a little bit of the satire itself. What do you guys think about like what? Okay, let's say they got they got Ed Newmyer coming back. He's going to write it. Would you want to see in the vein of a Verhoeven Starship Troopers? Would you want to see this come back on a streaming service? Would you Would you be down for like a ten episode Starship Troopers if Casper Van Dien comes back? Maybe God damn it, they get Denise Richards to come back. They get fucking they get all they get they get all the guys that that are still alive in canon to come back and do this. You know, fucking Neil Patrick Harris. Would you watch this? Would you watch and a new crop of Starship Troopers, some new Marines? Would you watch this show? I mean, I would try it out, but I think a little bit of the magic of Starship Troopers and even in the original like Heinlein book is is just kind of the dipping in and dipping out of it all. I, I think it's to make it into its own expanded universe is almost against what the original kind of thing was trying to present in the first place. But I would I could it could be done and it could be done well, but it's definitely not something I need. I'm thinking to myself, I'm thinking like you know, like I was worried about like them doing Ash versus the Evil Dead. And then they did yeah, it. Yeah, that's true. It, it, but it's the same thing as that. Like it, they would have to capture the essence of the whole thing. Like, and if they can do that, then I'm probably in. But it would just be easy to revert this thing into just cheesy action without the satire yeah, but here, statements. I guess. But it's like, it's like, you know, you bring back like Casper Van Dien, who did great. In Trade of Mars, and we've got like the older, grizzled version of his character with like you know the eye patch and shit, and uh, they bring him back here doing the same thing. Uh, fucking bring back Jake Busey for crying out loud! Let's bring him back yes. into the mix. You know, let's get him back in in this. And uh, I, I'm all for it, man. I'm all for it. I'm, I'm 100% down with this. I I would love to see this. I even if you know I. It's worked. We we saw it work with Ash versus Evil Dead. We saw it work with fucking goddamn Cobra Kai. We saw it work with Cobra Kai. They brought back Ralph Macchio, and they brought back fucking Billy Zapka, and they brought back the Karate Kid, and they made it work. I'm willing to give this a chance, and if they're going to bring Ed Newmeyer in this and have him do it, I'm willing to give it a chance and see if it works on the right streaming service or the right network. You know, I I don't know, Jake. You, you could be right. Like this could be a bomb. But on the flip side, like this could be like what I just this could be what I need in my life right now. I I love a good <laughs> Starship Trooper story because like when I saw Trader of Mars, I did not go into the theater thinking that I was going to like it. I was like waiting for this to suck. And I as I waited for it to suck, it just kept getting better and better and better and better. And by the time I got out of that movie, I was like, Trader of Mars 
was an absolute Tupperware. I own the Steelbook. I own the fucking Blu-ray Steelbook for Trader of Mars. That's how goddamn good it is, Jake. It's so fucking good. Yeah, I never had a chance. I'm going to go on the fucking Just Watch app right now and see if that's streaming anywhere. That's probably a hard one to find, I bet. Yeah, yeah, Trader of Mars. If you can find it, people, watch it. If you love Starship Troopers, I highly recommend it. Uh, Paul, did I ask you what you thought about anything? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, but I, yeah, I would definitely I would be all for this. I love that first movie. Yes. I remember I conned my dad into taking me to see that. I don't think he realized it was rated R. It was one of the first rated R movies I saw in the theater. I just remember having such a blast with it. And if they can get that feel where it's just fun and having Johnny Rico back fucking killing giant bugs, I would be all in. Okay, you and Dad are at the movie watching Starship Trooper. What are the chances that Mom is at home in the tub? I'm sorry. Don't, don't, don't. <laughs> I'm sorry. Paul, I, I am so sorry. But, 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 it, but it, it's probably true. <laughs> I'm so, I'm, I just don't think fun nuggets were around back then, so it was just the plain circular nuggets. <laughs> I'm so. I am so. No wonder why she wanted us to always go to the movies. Son of a bitch. (laughs) She was having her little Pleasantville moment in the tub, right? (laughs) (laughs) Right. Think of think of these days when there's like you know four new movies out every week. It would have been way better for mom. Oh, I know. Mom's like mom's like paying for your AMC A list subscription. My mom, my mom's the reason Movie Pass is back. Yeah. <laughs> mom, I don't even live at home anymore. So I'm giving you movie money. Oh my god! That's like, I think like the main reason like parents went like the kids out of the house is probably so they can like either fuck each other or just masturbate whatever the fuck they want to. You know, I don't know. Like, um. I'm just jerking off at like yeah, fucking one-up box T-shirts. <laughs> oh, that subscription paid for itself. I know. Well, I guess it was free. It did. It got down to the point where I was just fucking, basically fucking the actual box by the end of this, Jake. <laughs> <laughs> just slamming them like hate fucking the box. For what I heard. <laughs> <laughs> it looked like a fucking gerbil went to town in that box by the time you were done. <laughs> Cardboard shreds everywhere. <laughs> mm. Mm. Oh, fucking uh, gangster as fuck. Yo. <laughs> hey, uh, Black Panther 2 rumors here. Let's move into uh, Marvel news. <laughs> I, I, I caught that. Marvel News. (laughs) Me anxiously waiting for the mailman to drop off the new one-up box. (laughs) Just so I I can fuck it. Mailman loses a hand. (laughs) It's, It's ridiculous. 
Uh, who, who the fuck is who's calling me? It's fucking. Oh, it's only it's not, not even nine o'clock. Somebody's calling. Fuck off. God, you almost sounded super old there. <laughs> I've lost. I know. What time is it? Matlock ended. What are you doing calling me? <laughs> 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 it's it's time for nuggets and jacking off, buddy, and then it's bedtime. <laughs> How rude. How rude. Uh, Black Panther 2 rumors here from Screen Rant. Uh, while speaking with Entertainment Tonight on the red carpet at the uh, 2019 uh, SAG Awards, uh, Angelette Bassett was asked if the rest of the original cast would be coming back for the sequel. To this, Angela Bassett replied, I would assume so. Before her husband and date for the evening, actor Courtney B. Vance broke into spill the beans. Quote, yes, just go ahead and say it. Yes, everyone will be there, including Michael B. Bassett didn't outright confirm Vance's claim, but reminded Entertainment Tonight and the rest of the world by extension that viewers never see Killmonger go in the ocean as he requested while he was dying following his fight with T'Challa. At the end of Black Panther. Whoa. Wow. Um, what? Yeah, I'm surprised. I'm surprised that they didn't do any PR, but I guess no PR is probably the best move there to try to protect it if it is true. What do you think the chances are that the body was brought back into Shuri's lab and somehow he's kind of like maybe on ice? And they can bring him back when they if they want to. I mean, what? The, I mean, what are the chances? Are are we going to get Michael B. Jordan in Black Panther two? Is he going to be like a secret weapon that they bust out or something? Oh, I hope that's not the case. I, you know, when I first heard this news without reading beyond the the headline, mm-hmm. I, I, I was thinking that it was just probably going to be like flashback material that we would learn new stuff about. Well, but, they, or they could go into the Black Panther like that soul world like when when the heart-shaped herb when they you know like he could be a part of that world now where like the the past black panthers live like t'challa now that you know like in black panther 2 for some reason he might have to go back there uh if we find out in endgame that shuri is like the new black panther or something i you know i don't know Hmm. yeah i don't i do it would be cool to see him back, but part of me does kind of reject it. Like, I thought the ending was so great in the first movie that, I mean, and Kugler's a great writer, though, so maybe he has something in his sleeve. But it feels like a little bit of a disservice to what happened in the first movie to have him come Shit. back. I mean, well, what's different about this, then, uh, fucking bringing Chris Pine back for Wonder Woman 2? Well, I mean, and I'm not saying that that's going to work that either. I'm not that, saying yeah. that. I'm not saying that's going to work either. I'm just saying like we're we're seeing it again, right? If this happens, yeah, it is. It is very trendy. Is Ryan Coogler coming back for Black Panther two? Yes. Okay. Yeah, he is. He got. He's confirmed to come back. He'd never done a sequel before, so we didn't know if he was going to come back or not. But yeah, he's coming back for Black Panther two. And the reason I say I don't, I don't know it's like I like he could like like um you know he took uh, Michael B Jordan took part of the heart shaped herb so he could definitely go to that like Black Panther that that soul world that they were 
in, right? That totally. Where all the other past Black Panthers were. So, like, if they go back there, like, they could talk to, you know, T'Challa could talk to him. We could see him there. I, I, I you know, I get, like, the flashbacks. We could get a fl- I, I just don't know why we would get a flashback of, of Killmonger. Yeah, and, well, what does that prove? Right. Or- add to the table but yeah. I, I mean i guess not knowing that is maybe a flashback of, of like his mom in the tub and he wants some nuggets <laughs> oh no <laughs> oh shit <laughs> so i'm i'm done with that that's not funny anymore <laughs> it's it's run its course right <laughs> uh, I, it did kind of sneak up on me that last time i guess i so. guess i'm done with yeah. it though you know what i mean <laughs> it, it's you know i brought it up enough yeah it's reoccurring you know, it's a reoccurring joke in this episode, and I think it's run its course, right? Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I think I'm with you now. Maybe, maybe give it a half an hour. Well, yeah, we'll <laughs> see where we are in 30 minutes. I I love Michael B. Jordan. I love it when he works with Ryan Coogler. So I'm not against this if they can do it in a way that makes sense. Um, but from... For all we know, though, Jake, for all we know, though, Paul, is they're going to, like, bring him back to life. And he could be, like, in the movie, like, a living dude now. Yeah, that's weird. Like, I, yeah. I, I kind of reject that upon hearing it. But I, I'm, I also know that Coogler is capable of making me be okay with it. Yeah. Yeah, and... And with him, I don't want to go. I mean, the movie's been out for a year now, but like he doesn't fall in the water, but they take the knife out. Right. And he just like, kind of falls limp. Yeah. So, yeah. I, yeah. I'd be, I'd be interested to see exactly how he does come back. If it could be very similar to when T'Challa, I don't think he technically died in the movie, but they had him on ice with, uh, is it Humbaku or whatever Mbak- his name was? Humbaku. Uh, yeah. So it could be very similar to that, like yeah. you said, but Shuri. Well, think think about what they did with um, what's his name? What's his name? Uh, Martin. What's his fucking name? Martin Freeman. Oh yeah, yeah. don't ask me. I know you. You said like Morgan. You said it was like <laughs> Morgan Foreman or whatever the fuck. It was Freeberg or something like that. Right? It was Martin Freeberg. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was Martin Freeborg. Um, yeah. <laughs> Jesus. Um, but yeah, uh, Martin, Martin Freeman, like they basically threw him down on like a table that was like monitoring his like health status and he, he had a spine broken and they, they repaired it. So like bringing back, you know, bringing Killmonger back to life if they immediately took him back into that medical room is not like out of the realm of possibility. It's not as far as like the technology that they have there in Wakanda. Like if T'Challa took him back there, you know, I mean, we've seen like uh, some people can be under the water for like, you know, five minutes and shit in frozen waters. And they've been able to bring people back to life. You know, yeah. and, and so like if, if if even if he died here, if they like there's a 
you know, fucking, we all thought Bucky was dead for crying out loud, you know, back in the day. And then all of a sudden, Ed Brubaker brings the guy back to life. So, we, yeah, I just want better than I like, get it. Well, science said he could have survived this. I no, Jake, I'm not, I'm not disputing yeah, yeah, yeah. that. Like, I think like the ending of that character was perfect. And like the ending that he went out on, like what he said about like, you know, like, you know, yeah. you know, like his uh, forefathers and the slaves and like, and all that stuff. So it was, it was perfect. He, like, loses his convictions, basically, if he didn't die there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Bringing him back is kind of, like, against every uh, against all of his wishes. Yeah. And uh, so, yeah, I get it. So I, th- I feel like if, if you're going to do the – if you're going to bring him back, it's going to be for, like, a like, – like, you just said, like, Jake, a, a flashback, which I think is unlikely. But, like, I think they could definitely see him in, like, that Black Panther kind of, like, soul world that we saw – you know, in the first movie. Yeah. God damn, Black Panther is a great fucking movie. Am I right? Oh, it's, it's so good. Yes. Yeah. More, more on the Killmonger stuff, though. The, yeah. more, the more I think about it, the more I think I completely see it, though, right? It's it, the relationship between Coogler and Jordan is so strong that he probably did figure out a way to at least incorporate him in one way or another, yeah. even if it's not something really huge. I get it. You know, like. Fuck, cooler, come back and do fucking. Why didn't you do Creed 2? But anyway. Um, also, I wanted to point this out. January 28th, Disney announced that Academy Award nominated SAG winner Black Panther is going to return to the big screen to celebrate Black, uh, Black History Month for a one week engagement uh, starting on February 1st through the 2nd at 250 participating. AMC theater locations. Tickets are going to be free, people. Um, I bought my tickets for Wednesday, and uh, you can go to weticketit.com forward slash Black Panther, and you can reserve your tickets there. I'm also going to post that link in our show notes if you wanted to get tickets for it. I've seen it already in theaters five times. And you know what? I said, fuck it. Let's make it six. So I'm going on Wednesday to see this another time in the theater, and I cannot wait. Yeah, that's awesome. What a, what a great deal they're doing there to just let you go see it for free. I wish all the Oscar-nominated movies would let me go see them for free. I know. Now you got to buy – You, I know AMC does like the uh, – they do like Showcase. Their, yeah, they do their showcase, and you can buy like – what is it like they show like three movies a day like you can do like three movies in a row and then like you come back like the next day or so and you can watch another three movies or whatever it is i don't know yeah yeah yeah, yeah. i mean you're a-list already though but i guess that you only get three movies a week so mm-hmm. you still would want to pay for that some movies are excluded from a-list like if i want to watch a fathom event it's excluded from a-list okay that makes sense I don't know how they're going to do like the Oscar showcase. Roma that makes sense. Roma is not included in the Oscar showcase. Oh, because theaters hate Netflix. Exactly. Um, oh, I was going to get into like, there's another Avengers Endgame time loop theory. I'm not going to get into that this week. That's <sighs> Jake. Did you read that theory? I did. You did? What did you... Okay. I Wh- thought... Um, I agreed with your statement that you gave me when you sent me the theory that you said you, you kind of thought it 
clarified a bit what you were trying to say the previous week yeah a little bit more simpler explanation yeah i agree with that it basically just ties it all back to um the battle of new york from the end of avengers one and it kind of claims that tony died there and that when he does the time travel from the end of infinity war what is happening is future tony is replacing the tony at the end of avengers one so the tony that actually falls back to earth is the Tony that we last saw at the end of Infinity War, or yeah. that we'll see happen at the beginning of the next one. You're following this, right? Yeah, I'm following exactly what you're saying. And so the, the whole time loop comes into effect, and I'm not even bringing up the Quantum Realm stuff. Yeah. But it's, it leads you to believe that if they're going to recorrect time, yeah. and you buy into the theory that future Tony replaced present Tony from Avengers 1, then future Tony will have to either stay or sacrifice himself, or they won't be able to write the timeline to bring everyone else back in the first place. Okay, Jake, so if future Tony comes back, and then future Tony has to write... Okay, does that mean that like when everything's reset, that Peter Parker never knew Tony Stark? And so all the things that we see in the trailer from far from home that Peter Parker in that trailer never knew Tony Stark. No, I don't. I have read that kind of theory of the epilogue of all this too. And I, I don't, I buy into the, the time travel stuff. It sounds very feasible, but I, I think the way they'll work the science is that it's not going to, I don't think it's going to erase memories. Okay. I, I find that to be very cheap. Um, this whole movie franchise has been based on not doing cheap stuff like that. And, and I think it's an easy course correct. I, I think I think the way Tony sacrifices himself is he'll probably – the future Tony will die at some point in the past or whatever. Mm. I, yeah. I don't think it's going to – I could be wrong, but I do not think it's going to reset or erase memories of events. I think everyone is going to – especially with the big impactful things that are going to be happening – it's going to be so cheap for characters not to carry that baggage. Okay. Yeah, this is – I'm having a hard time with this. Uh, the time loop theory I think is fascinating um, and how it involves Tony is fascinating. I, it's very involved. I'm not going to go over everything, but I will – if I can – I'm going to go back and try to find the links and everything, and I'll post that into our show notes if people want to read more about it. How does that sound? Yeah, there are – the article you sent me was the best article I'd read yet. Um, yeah. More than anything, it really made me want to rewatch Avengers 1, maybe even just fast-forwarding to the end. Right. And seeing some of the effect shots they talk about. Because they even talk about potentially seeing the same yellow lights yes. that we see in Ant-Man and Wasp. And the quantum. Already. The quantum yeah. realm. Yeah. Yeah. And, and um, even if this theory is completely batshit wrong one thing i do like and i do hope is true is we know like i guess we don't know but it's pretty assumed we're going to do some time traveling and we're going to go into movies we've already seen before i really do like the idea of enhancing movies i've seen a bunch of times and giving them new context when i watch them i like that too you go back and you see it in a different way but it doesn't detract from your original viewing it just enhances what you've learned years later right 
Yeah, exactly. It's not the Matrix 2 effect where they just completely wash away yes. the exposition that you learned in the last movie. Right. The, all the old exposition is still there and unchanged, but now there's this this additional thing that just adds. And if this is true, that's a real sad moment at the end of Avengers 1 yeah. that you didn't even know was sad until you find out these additional facts. Right. I agree, dude. So that's pretty fucked up. I, I I really like this theory. In some ways, I hope it's not true just because I don't want this big of a spoiler, man. Like, if this, yeah. if this guy was on to this, that, that's amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I will, um, before I put this episode out, I will look for that link to that article from BGR.com. Uh, and then I will also look for like the the Reddit links, and I will try to post that all in our show notes if you do guys did want to read about this theory a little bit more because it is pretty fucking fascinating. Whether it turns out to be true or not, it's it's all part of the journey, man. It's all part of the journey of getting to Avengers Endgame, Jake. And that's what's that's what's fun about this is all the speculation and all the fun that we're having trying to figure out like what's going to happen in this fucking movie and like how does this all tie into far from home and i i love it man i kevin feige you've done something beautiful here like with fans get done watching one movie and it's and yeah we finished one chapter in the marvel cinematic universe but like now we're speculating to like what are they going to be doing in captain marvel uh, how does this also tie into Far From Home? And I, it's just—it's incredible what Feige has done here, Jake. It's—we're never going to see the end of this. This is this is amazing. Yeah, and I've seen a lot of people um, trying to go back on what Feige has said about when Far From Home takes place, like basically accusing him of lying when he made the original statement of it taking place moments after that wasn't him that was uh that was amy pascal from sony that said it but he did he did didn't he confirm it after the fact um wasn't there i don't wasn't it like a joint interview with the two of them or something like that it was but it was amy pascal that said it took place minutes after minutes after the avengers yeah, I've never. I heard- think that's true. The fact that she said it instead of him just even more solidifies that. I think that's a fact we have to set in stone. I, I do too. I, I, I've said this because uh, I 100 percent agree with you because I feel like she in that moment is saying she knows that Avengers Endgame is going to be the biggest movie of 2019, and she's like she's basically at that moment saying, "Yes, do you want to know?" What happens minutes after the biggest movie of 2019? You've got to see our Sony movie. Yeah, and she's not dumb. She she knows a lot of facts about how things make money. And yeah. you know what one of the biggest grossing Marvel movies of all time was? It was Iron Man fucking 3. Yes. And it's, and it's solely because they marketed it as the first, the first movie thing. that comes after Avengers. Yeah, exactly. So she's not dumb. I guarantee that's in the back of her head when she's saying something like that. She wants that Avengers juice, and Endgame's even bigger than Avengers 1 at this point. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I that's set in stone to me. No theory or article that discredits that. I, I completely go, poop. Yeah. Paul, how hype are you for, for fucking Avengers Endgame, dude? Dude, I can't fucking contain it. It is... It's, uh, it's a number one movie I'm pump for in 2019 and i was uh i think it was your last episode where you really went into depth on some of those uh theories and i yeah kept finding myself kind of backtracking 
and re-listening to make sure I was understanding everything. And it's like you said, I mean, before I'd be like, oh, spoilers. But it's it's like this is a whole journey we've all been on. It's fun to really speculate where it could go. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, I was telling my friend saying like, oh, you know, we got to see this together. And she's not a huge fan of them, but she understands like what this means, like to the movie, you know, like. This is a this is something that we might not see in a long time. It's all built up to this. This has become more than just a movie. This yeah. has become like a huge event. It's like, an event. Yeah. You know, she she has nothing invested into it, but she feels like she needs to see the final chapter just to say she see, you know, she was there in theaters and got to see it wrapped up. Like Exactly. I think that speaks volumes for what Feige's done. This is like, you know, that moment where like, you know, you know, Mom thought that Johnny was going to spend the night over at Toby's house, but Toby, like, you know, his mom wouldn't let him spend the night there. But, like, finally, Johnny had plans to get out of the house. Toby's mom said he could spend the night there, and Johnny's mom has the bathroom all to herself. (laughs) We made it 16 minutes. minutes. (laughs) Yeah! (laughs) Woo! (laughs) All right. <laughs> yeah, we did it. We did it. We did it, everybody. That felt fresh too. That was a good one. Yeah, exactly. It did feel fresh. I agree. Yeah. yeah. I was like, is this going there? No. Oh, it did. Oh, he brought yeah. it back yeah. around. He did. He did, he did it. it folklore style. You I did it. Took us one way, and then you brought us right into it. I know. I brought you back to mommy's wee wee. The fucking wee wee lady here. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck it, Paul. We gotta have you back on more. We gotta have you back on more. That's oh, I'm, I'm happy to hear that. I, I just gotta say, this is this has been a dream come true to be on here, man. This this is this is the podcast, man. You and Jake are amazing. I'm done sucking dick, taking the ponytail, <laughs> taking the taking the ponytail out, taking the knee pads off. Sorry, we can continue on regular business. I'm telling you, I. You know, like Jake, I love our listeners. I really do. Like, you know, like like even at the beginning of the show, like D. Roger and fucking uh, JP Blignot, we give them shit. But the fact that they love the show, it means a lot to me. It means a lot to me that people listen. It, it, Jake, it means a lot to me that people get on uh, Twitter, uh, get on uh, Facebook. They they send us emails and they're like, like um, I hate giving myself any credit for anything. I really do. I really do. I don't think I'm anything extraordinary. I don't think I'm anything special. Um, but the fact that like people will get on any source, uh, like any any social media, and say like like PCL is like their favorite podcast means the fucking world to me. Yeah, dude. I mean, free time is super precious, right? I mean, there's you know you don't have much of it, and to yeah. take some of that free time you have and yeah. use it to you know uplift us and you know tell us that we're not wasting our time yeah you know it makes us feel good it does it all it makes me feel good that i make you feel good i feel like the fucking faucet satisfying your mother in the bathroom (laughs) you know what i mean that's what i feel like when you guys like us but you know you're a little bit more like aggressive than that you're more like the fucking like washing machine oh god yeah yeah (laughs) yeah settle yeah just hop on the old washing machine and let that thing rumble and tumble am i right um <laughs> the rumble and tumble the old vajayjay uh the old vajayjay um but uh yeah thank you I, no i love that i love paul i love the fact 
that uh, dude, it's crazy because like there was a day when like out of nowhere, Paul Hart like was flipping through. That is you, sir. That is you. <laughs> that is you. That is your God given name. You found us somehow on the uh, the uh, iTunes or the interwebs or whatever the fuck. And you, yes. find, and you listened and you were like, and, and here we, we were probably yammering on about some bullshit that we yammer on about every week. And uh, you were like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm going to I'm going to reach out to these guys. You did. You did. Next thing you know, after reaching out to us, uh, you become a part of like this uh, little group, this little community that we have. Then right. you meet other people that we have in the community. Then you start your own podcast called the Animated Bot, uh, the Animated Batcast, and you uh, reach out to Rebecca Daling. You start doing a podcast with her, and then I'd say like a year, year and a half, two years later, here you are on the goddamn podcast, yammering it, yammering it up with me and Jake right now. Yeah, fucking laughing like a schoolgirl. Yeah, no, you. I mean. You know, like it's it's awesome entertainment, but man, and I can speak for probably almost every listener in, in the Facebook page too. That like you guys have gotten us through some shit, man. Like all of us have our own struggles we're going through, and fucking in one point or another, uh, Jake and Brian have been there, man. And I think we are all thankful for that. And it's just fun. It's it, like I said, man. I, I on the backcast, I call this the mothership, dude. It's it's good to be on the mothership finally, man. It's it's fucking amazing. And hearing the bumpers like in person, it's mm. fucking cool, <laughs> man. Oh, I gotta gotta, gotta change them. Oh, fuck the guy. Lazy, lazy bumpers. You lazy, Brian. Change them. Um, <laughs> no, it's I'm. You know, that's one thing. It's like I, you know, like it's nice to know that I'm here for so many people. That Jake's here for so many people. That this podcast is here for people that um, that need it when they need it. Because, like, I've had down times. Like, I've gotten on here. Um, I've, had, I, you know, I've I've gone through a, a divorce. I've uh, in the past. I'm a I'm a suicide survivor. I tried to commit suicide, um, and um, I've, you know, uh, <laughs> I, I've talked about it on the podcast before, and it was, uh, it was, it, you know, and um, you know, there was a there was. A, there was a night in my life where I slipped my wrist and I, uh, if I would have, if I would have cut maybe deeper, a little bit different, I would, things would have ended differently for me and you wouldn't be listening to this podcast right now, but, um, I'm still here and, um, I'm glad that I am and I'm able to talk to, you know, thousands of people every week that tune into this show and um, you know, I, I I know I I rib on a lot of people and I make fun of a lot of people from week to week. <laughs> we have people that love this show and I make fun of you and stuff like that. But like that's kind of like comes from my upbringing. That's a lot of it was growing up in my household. Like that's what we did. We made fun of each other. Somebody yeah. said somebody said something stupid in my house. We fucking jumped on them. And this is how it is, man. We just busted everybody's balls every week. And that's just how it's done. And, and, uh, that's a, for me, that's like a sentiment of love when you, when you do that stuff. And, uh, that's why me and Jake are still doing this thing. Cause like, I think me and Jake get each other. We're just fucked up. <laughs> I think a lot of our listeners, at least the ones that end up, staying with us and liking us to get that too. Yeah. You hear it a lot of times in, in a lot of the good iTunes reviews, you know, I, I yeah. think there was even one this episode, right. You know, where it's, 
it's just like talking with my friends. It's just the type of talk that I have, you know, with my buddies in the house or whatever. Mm-hmm. And, and that's exactly what you're saying, right? It's yeah, well, it's fucking that, great. And as a listener, like you just all of a sudden just feel like you're part of the family just after a couple episodes. I mean, shit, dude, like my kids met Jake. That was fucking cool, man. Like, you know, I got to go over and say hi to Jake and. You know, I don't mean to like pull the curtain back on Brian, but shit, dude, you're one of the first people I told about the divorce. And I don't yeah. know if you remember this. The very first thing you know, I told other friends, like, oh, like, I, you know, oh, I'm so sorry. The, the, you didn't say that. The first thing you said was, please don't hurt yourself. Yeah. Like, it's fucking I mean, that's amazing. You know, this guy that like I've never met that I just hear every week is fucking looking out for my well-being. Like, it's just, it's, it's, it feels amazing to be on. And thank you guys. Uh, probably speaking for almost every listener. Thank you. Thank you for getting us through all of our shit. Thank you for putting smiles on our face, fucking being able to laugh at ourselves and shit. Like, it's awesome, man. You guys are grade A class acts and my cat agrees. Oh my God. I love, <laughs> like, I, I love your cat right now. So vocal. Yeah, that, <laughs> that we are sucking some. We're sucking we are, some yeah. serious dick right now. What? I'm confused. Are we wrapping up? <laughs> I need to get some Listerine. I am. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no. I took a personal poll for myself and Jameson whiskey one tonight, so I'm getting a little, mm. a little emotional over here. Mm. <laughs> and I think it's it's a it's a it's Jake. It's a different episode. Like I'm I'm rocking some vodka right now. And, uh, you know, like we're going to go to some different places, okay? I don't know if you're prepared for this, but, you, you know, <laughs> you're just, you are on this journey, and uh, there's really not a lot you can do about it. Um, I No, I, I want all of our listeners to know that, you know, like, there's been – and I have had re- listeners that have, like, you know, I've I've had scares with listeners and stuff that they've said, and I've, I've worried about – you know their health and their well-being, their well-being, and I've reached out to them to make sure everything's okay. You know, and there's, uh, you know, I, you all mean something. You all have everybody has value. Everyone has value. Social media is such a toxic place, Jake. I mean, it's like there, there are, there are some evil people out there. There really are, man. But like, I think everybody has value. You know, I, I don't wish pe- death upon anyone, right? So oh, yeah, no. It's I don't know, man. It's there's so much toxicity out there, but I think every human life has value. Um, I don't know. Yeah, it, it's, it's I, we've yeah. just met so many great people yeah. through the podcast, and just so many kind souls and. It's just one thing I didn't expect when we started this, you know? Yeah. And it's just, I'm constantly blown away by it. Hitler was a piece of shit, though. He could die. I'm trying to think, <laughs> like, you know, like, <laughs> I'm trying to think of, like, who, who, who can go. Like, you know, like, this whole Ted Bundy thing. Ted Bundy, like, could kill himself, right? I would have no problem with that. He could have, you know what I mean? Manson. Manson. Manson's another one. I'm kind of backtracking here. Like, not everybody. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone that's at least listened to yes. five or more of our episodes. Exactly. If you've listened to five episodes of PCL, you have value. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, to our iTunes charts. Hey, guys, don't worry. If you've only listened to three episodes, you know what? Just listen to two more. So You're almost there. You're almost there. You're more you than half. It. You're more than halfway there. 
Okay, they're like you're like I talked about free solo earlier about the guy who's climbing and shit, climbing rocks. You're halfway there on your climb, buddy. <laughs> yeah, don't fall, don't fall now, don't fall now, dude. Jake, free solo. You know what's crazy about that movie is the guy wasn't climbing with any gear at all, no ropes. So yeah, he, that's nuts. Yeah, dude, it's nuts. It's really crazy to watch this movie. To realize, dude, dude, this guy is a fucking freak in nature. We talk. We get, hold on. Looking... We we get on here every week and we talk about like Iron Man and fucking like you know Shazam and Captain Marvel and Wonder Woman and Superman and here and like those are fictitious characters. Never existed. Never did anything. Just like you know, some guy like some guy like sat down one day and said, "Yeah, this guy has the powers of a spider." You know, like here we got a guy who's climbing a goddamn mountain with no fucking ropes or gear at all. That's real. Yeah, fuck <laughs> Iron Man, huh? Fuck Iron Man. Cats have been impressed. Fuck Iron. Yeah. Did you just say? Carmella's <laughs> impressed. Just, I, I can't even climb a fucking snowbank to get into my car, and this guy's fucking climbing a mountain with no nets. I know. <laughs> I know. I fell like three times. God damn it! <laughs> Did you say fuck Iron Man, Jake? Yeah, <laughs> that's that's a highlight of we the need, episode. We need free solo to go back in time to the Battle of New York. I know. We know. What a, <laughs> you guys gotta watch Free Solo. It's so good. It, it is, our, say our, the, oh, I'm sorry. I was going to say our Peoria IMAX has the free solo IMAX experience for the next couple of days. I should go check it out. Dude, you should. It's it's crazy, man. It's fucking nuts. This guy's a freak of fucking nature. Who does this? Like one wrong move and you're dead. And like it's <laughs> it's like a, it's like a vertical climb. It's like like half of the shit that dude, it's fucking crazy. And here we are talking about Iron Man. In uh, Captain America, and this guy's climbing a goddamn wall, thousands of feet up off the ground. Under- didn't you say the cameramen were like freaking out while he was doing it too? Yeah, because like, can you imagine filming your friend oh, dude. fucking climbing and shit, and all of a sudden it's like, whoops, and then he's dead. <laughs> Whoops! There's goals in my life, you know. <laughs> Remember, yeah, I've done this thing for thirty plus years, and now it's over. Yeah, it's like you hear like the Mario death sound. <laughs> 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 like, <laughs> that's the end of the movie. <laughs> no, like text or anything yeah. to tell you anything. Yeah, yeah it's game over. Guy, guy, guy falls off a goddamn mountain, but mom's still in the bathroom masturbating <laughs> to the faucet. No, you know, it doesn't matter to her. If you would have made nuggets out of the oven, Mom, I wouldn't <laughs> climb the wall. <laughs> I don't know. Wait, wait. Listen, Captain Marvel news. We had. I'll see myself out. 
It's uh, we, guys. We find it's pretty much confirmed who Annette Benning is playing in uh, Captain Marvel. Uh, let's see here, and this comes from Screen Rant. Twitter user at the Marvelous Fan shared a portion from the Hero Storybook from Captain Marvel, which looks to confirm Annette Benning is playing Supreme Intelligence. The likeness of Benning is clear in the picture, and finally matches fairly well with how she has prepared uh, appeared in the trailer. This section of the book also describes an exchange between the Supreme Intelligence and Carol, who is just known as Vers by the Cree. Um, so yeah, it looks like Annette Benning uh, spoilers here, possible spoilers for Captain Marvel is not going to be you know Cap the female version of Captain uh, Marvel um, of, of Marvel, excuse me. Um, but she's going to be supreme intelligence. Uh, supreme intelligence. I am supremely fucking up this segment. <laughs> I am supremely drunk off of vodka right now. I was like, Whoops! Yeah. <laughs> oh uh, yeah. I mean, that's interesting. I guess yeah. I didn't really need a named actor as this character, yeah. especially one that they were going to force their likeness upon it. Yeah. Uh, we'll see how it goes, though. Yeah. Uh, also, according to Steve Weintraub uh, from the uh, from Collider, there has been a Captain Marvel screening. He recently tweeted, "Hearing Captain Marvel screened after it ended, everyone was talking about the cat. Stole the show. Must see this movie stat. So the cat." In the comics is Chewie. The cat in the movie is Goose. The cat stole the show, according to this report. That must mean that must mean that like this cat in the movie is an alien. It is a flurkin, and it does do some insane shit in this movie, right, Jake? Yeah, for sure. It can't just be. It's cute. Mm-mm. No, we've got to see like tentacles come out of this thing. We got to see it like eat a villain or something. It's got to do some insane shit. Yeah, that that's exciting. I that that's smart too. I mean, cats are so popular right now, even more than ever, right? Yeah. So I I think people are gonna flip for that. Yeah. Yeah. Are people gonna kind of like? Yeah. When are cats not gonna be popular? Popular? Is that ever gonna happen? Like, there's gonna be a day. Where people are just kind of like, yeah, I'm done with cats. The cat wave is over and we're all watching only dog videos. Exactly. Yeah, you know, hey, Paul, when I was watching uh, uh, Velvet, Velvet Buzzsaw, I was going to call, call it Velvet Bandersnatch. I was going to call it Velvet Bandersnatch. Um, <laughs> Renee Russo's lion cat uh, fucking. Renee Russo, she her character has a one of those hairless cats hairless oh, like a sphinx cat yeah i i love honestly like people are freaked out by hairless cats like they're some of the nicest and coolest cats ever agreed i did yeah. think he was gonna eat some of those koi fish at the beginning dude oh i love that shot wasn't that a cool sh- that was a cool that shot was. yeah that was but i thought we were gonna see some uh that cat getting some dinner yeah Hey, uh, let's uh, move on to DC News and then end this fucking stupid show. (laughs) (laughs) Last night, 
Batman destroyed my vagina. Mm. And now the leftovers are going to destroy <laughs> DC News. It's time for DC News, you fucking pieces of shit. Yeah, but, Mom... Mom name the <laughs> mom name the mom name the tub Batman, huh? Uh. Oh, I was like, oh shit! I was like, oh shit! I didn't hit mute during the bumper. <laughs> uh. Brian, you better change you, you lazy fucking your lazy bumpers. <laughs> Look at that! Look at the bumpers. They perfectly mold into whatever brand new reoccurring joke we come up with. All the, hey, Jake, exactly. all the, that's how brilliant they are. Exactly. All the exactly they fucking mold into this show. Hold on, Jake. All the people that piss and moan about this show, all these fucking one-star motherfuckers that bitch and piss and moan about this show, I would love to just listen to their fucking podcast, right? Wouldn't you? Wouldn't you? We've done that a couple times. (laughs) 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 Oh, my God. (laughs) Got a DC email here from Chris B who says, hey, Brian, I just listened to PCL Aquaman review. I know it was about a month ago, but just had a question, and maybe you can discuss it on the show. I just saw the movie on Monday and really enjoyed it. But here's my question. This movie is post-Justice League, right? And if so, the scene when Mera saves Aquaman's dad, how does he not know her name? Just a thought. Maybe I missed something, or maybe that's on the writers. Would love to know what you think and if you caught that. Anyways, have a great week. PCL forever. Chris Brown from Montreal. And, uh, yeah. So, uh, P.S. Hope you even still read emails. I didn't want to put this question as an iTunes review. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, finally. How long did it take for us to finally put the fear into these people about these iTunes reviews? He says, I know how much you love that, though. Um, (laughs) Honestly, hey, Chris, um, I... Dude, I tried to go to a site that I could kind of like watch that scene again from Aquaman. Um, they unfortunately it wasn't pulling up for me uh, because I I wanted to watch that scene again. If you watch Aquaman, he does remember her from the Justice League film. Like he does acknowledge that he's met her before from the Justice League film. As for knowing her name or not, yeah, that I don't know. I would have to watch Aquaman again. Um, yeah, you know, I've never seen Aquaman, but I can help. Yeah. Um, just forget Justice League. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, he does address, like, the fact that he's met her before in Justice League. But as far as, like, knowing her name, if that is, like, the question here, how does he not know her name? I don't have an answer for you yet, but when I do watch this again, uh, once it comes out on video on demand or whatever the case, um, I'll get back to this one if I do remember. But Crispy, that's a good question, man. It, it, it's it's weird, but he does acknowledge in if the question is about her name, I don't have an answer. But if the question is basically like. Does he re- like? Does he does he remember her from a previous exchange? Then the answer is yes. Like he does acknowledge that. I one hundred percent know 
that he does remember their interaction from Justice League. But um, anything else I can't give you an answer for. Um, uh, Huge news here, though, from uh, Warner Brothers this week. James Gunn in talks to direct Suicide Squad sequel. Uh, Article goes on to say the move is not entirely unexpected as Gunn was already writing the script for the follow-up, which Warner Brothers just slotted for an August 2021 release. James Gunn is returning to the director's chair. They can say it in talks. Yeah, in talks basically means he is going to be directing this film. Uh, The film is going to be titled The Suicide Squad. And um, the pick, yeah, has the title of The Suicide Squad and is not being labeled a direct sequel. But as a relaunch, the 2016 original movie featured the characters Deadshot, Harley Quinn, The Joker, Captain Boomerang, and Killer Croc were forced into the service of the government in exchange for lighter prison sentences. Sources say that Gunn's focus is to take the franchise in a new direction with a mostly all-new cast of characters and actors. Sources also say that the project is also very much rooted in Gunn's vibe as seen in the Guardians movies. Sources say Squad 2 will be more of a reboot than a sequel to David Ayer's 2016's movie, and Gunn is looking to cast primarily new characters. Um, Warners was courting Gunn. The studio gave him the pick. Oh, yeah, this is interesting. When Warners was courting Gunn, the studio gave him his pick of properties, including Superman. Gunn, yeah, I just read that today. That, that's crazy. Gun, um, I, I, hold on. Gun never got far enough along to seriously consider tackling a Superman movie, but the filmmaker did take a shine to the Man of Steel superpowered dog Crypto during his comics research, which makes sense for a man who turned a talking raccoon into one of Marvel's most popular big screen characters. So, Jake, yeah, what do you got to talk about? With, I mean, what do you got to say about this? Like James Gunn, like I know we talked about this before. And yeah, I kind of didn't expect him yeah. to do this. I kind of expected him to not want to be in the limelight this quick. So mm-hmm. yeah, I'm a little bit surprised by this, but I, I'm not disappointed by any means. I know you're not. This is great news. I, I kept thinking to myself, like this is just like the first step in him being a director for this thing. They're just waiting to see how the reception is from fans as far as this is concerned and when like when they announced that he's going to be writing the screenplay for the suicide squad sequel we didn't see like this big like backlash it was mostly supportive correct yeah i would say so i mean you're always going to have your trolls i mean you're always going to have your negative comments exa- and, and I'm your saying, assholes i'm saying mostly supportive right yeah i, I would agree with that yes okay so then recently, like somebody posted on Twitter, like, you know, who, Marvel, who are you thinking about getting for the uh, uh, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3? Who are you going to who are you going to cast as who, no, who are you going to get as the director for Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3? And uh, we saw, you know, uh, Phil Lord and Chris Miller respond with. Oh, James Gunn would be a great choice. And then we saw <laughs> Edgar Wright respond with, yeah. James Gunn would be a great choice. Two days later after that, 
Taika Watiti responds. Who, <laughs> who directed Thor Ragnarok, who would probably direct the next Thor movie, you know, if Thor survives Endgame, which I believe he will. I don't think Thor is going to die in Endgame because I think, like, Thor is, you know, after the success of Ragnarok, I, I don't think they're going to kill that character off. But Taika Waititi says, I think James Gunn would be a perfect, you know, he, what did he say? Like, after the first two movies, I think James Gunn would be a fresh take. Or, like, <laughs> yeah, he, yeah, yeah. He was classic Taika. I yeah. laughed very hard at this. Very funny. And so, like, he's saying James Gunn would be a perfect director. Like, this is a guy that's still employed very much by Disney, who, like, recently, like, directed and starred in The Mandalorian from Jon Favreau that's coming to the Disney streaming service, a Star Wars, you know, property. I mean, like, I, you know, people are feeling very comfortable supporting James Gunn right now. Like, first, can I just say this? That Dave Batista, I'm glad that this guy has, like, huge balls and was, like, the first oh, to yeah. do this. Like, Dave, like, everybody else, like, waited waited to see like how everybody was going to respond to James Gunn and like you know like all these jokes that he made 10 fucking years ago but Dave Batista like right out of the goddamn gate was like very vocal about like these are just fucking jokes and I stand by James Gunn yeah and, like, ruthlessly vocal ruthlessly yeah. vocal and basically is like yeah uh James I hope you got a role for me in Suicide Suicide Squad 2 which I hope he does and I hope Dave Batista does jump ship and, you know, move over to, you know, D.C. and do stuff for them. Because, like, I just want the guy to be happy. It has nothing to do with, like, fuck you, Marvel. It has everything to do with, like, I want Dave Batista to be happy in doing what he's doing. And if he's These not, two are obviously friends too. It'd just be yeah. nice to have two friends get to work together again. Exactly. It's not. It's not like fuck you, Marvel. I'm done with you. I wanted to just be like Dave Batista being reunited with his buddy and being happy with what he's doing. You know. <laughs> so you know. Um, I think Batista's. I mean. Maybe the Guardians is weird, but he's definitely doing a lot of other stuff too, right? I bet he's pretty happy about getting landing that Dune movie. Oh yeah, yeah, landing the Dune. Well, I mean, he did the the Blade Runner movie, which was also Denis uh, Villeneuve directing that. Yeah, he, he got to be in a Bond movie. I'm sure that was a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. So. Yeah, I mean, fucking uh, James Gunn's going to be directing uh, Suicide Squad uh, 2 which is going to be titled The Suicide Squad basically saying like <laughs> the first movie wasn't The Suicide Squad this is The Suicide Squad which I love yeah it is funny it works a lot better here than it did with the Spider-Man thing I think adding the, the it's yeah. definitely way more meta and funny right hey Paul what are your thoughts yes. man uh, I definitely agree with almost everything you guys are saying. Uh, I would love if you disagreed. I lo- I would love uh, if you disagreed with it's, everything. It's horseshit. Fucking <laughs> stupid. No. <laughs> Go ahead. I disagree Go. for just to disagree. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like throw a monkey wrench into everything I said and tell. This is I, worse, Brian. You're a fucking moron. Like that's the dumbest. No thing apology from James Gunn will be enough. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> I hope that he. I hope he languishes and dies. I hope he. <laughs> I hope he never even directs another commercial. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> I hope he he can't even direct my mom into going to the bathroom to masturbate. Like, <laughs> no, it's just the second right down the down that hall right there. No, no, I can't even trust him with that. Go ahead. I'm sorry, Paul. Yeah, James Gunn next project is a commercial for Fun Nuggets. That would be yeah, amazing. Exactly. <laughs> Johnny no. still doesn't get to eat. <laughs> I thought it was Toby. Um, oh yeah, to- no. Toby is like the kid. Toby's the friend. Okay, Toby's yeah. the friend of Johnny's, where he spends the night sometimes, so his mom can pleasure herself in the bathroom. I love that we have a whole backstory. <sighs> There's a Jesus, whole all back- this world building for you to forget. <laughs> <laughs> this is the most ambitious crossover. Uh, no, I think uh, you know because uh, when Suicide Squad first came out, a lot of people compared it to Guardians of the Galaxy. Yes, yes, and it makes total sense for James Gunn to kind of come and you know wasn't universally praised. I wasn't a fan. I know a lot of people weren't. So you know, to, for him to actually take the movie that mimicked what he did so great, I think would be cool. And I mean, it would be. I think it would be kind of cool to see some of the first cast return to kind of see what he can do with them. But I also trust a brand new cast as well. Yeah. Can we get a special James Gunn version of the first movie where he changes nothing but the music? Yeah, I would pay for that. That'd be cool. <laughs> oh, changes the music in the original suicide squad film. <laughs> yeah. Just, he just changes the song selection and that's all. Just even that would go a long way. Uh, the amazing mix, volume one. <laughs> I don't know. I I'm done with that movie. I, I hope. Uh, <laughs> what I mean, who who out of the first cast do you want to come back? Well, I, I want Will Smith to come back. I want Captain Boomerang to come back. Um, and. I mean, I know she's going to be in Birds of Prey, but I would love to see some more Harley Quinn with the Suicide Squad. I don't know if that's going to take her away from Suicide Squad by being in Birds of Prey and the Joker Harley Quinn movie, the Harley Quinn and Poison Ivy movie. Did I mean, you see that set teaser? I love that set teaser for Birds of Prey. Did you really? I fucking love that. Jake, what did I'm you think? I'm the only guy that loved it. I got I to gotta know what you think, John. What did you think, Jake? I, I didn't care for it. I thought it was the dumbest thing I ever seen. Yeah. <laughs> there we go. We're disagreeing. <laughs> <laughs> the only person I want to see come back from Suicide Squad one is Waller. I, other than that, I don't need any of them. I liked I liked Will Smith's dead shots. I, I mean, did. I, I didn't. I didn't mind him either. But I just the, the less carryover, the better in my mind. Yeah, I get it. I get it. I mean, I like Joel Kinnaman too. I yeah, thought Joel yeah. Kinnaman was fantastic. I, li- I I did like Jai Courtney, but who did you say Jai Courtney was a poor in previous Jai episode? Co- Jai, hold on, Jai Courtney. <laughs> Jai, <laughs> Jai Courtney. Jai Courtney is a poor man's version. Hold on, hold on. Jai Courtney is a poor man's version of uh, Tom Hardy, right? Yes, is it Tom Hardy? Yes. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I don't know. There's a whole like, yeah, like you'd have to like. I can't. I can't even cu- keep up with the pop culture leftovers canon at this point, Jake. <laughs> yeah, there's lots of world building this episode. I know, and like I do this show. Like I don't. <laughs> I don't need <laughs> yeah, the wiki page more than ever. Exactly. We need that wiki page. 
Come on, anyway. Ben. Let's let's jump into uh, the. So yeah, I Tupperware the fuck out of uh, James Gunn coming back to do Same. to do. I, this is great. I, I felt like I felt like they were waiting for the reception of hearing like what were people gonna think about him like doing the screenplay. Let's wait it out. Okay, we're waiting it out. Yeah, of course, you got a few people who don't like it, but the majority of the people like the fact that we're going to get him in here to do this. Oh, and we've got the support of uh, Edgar Wright, Phil Lord, and Chris Miller, and Taika Waititi. Yeah, Yeah. let's get this guy to direct this next movie. And yeah, that's a thing. Warner Brothers just wanted to put a little bit of distance and a little bit of time. And they wanted to see how that Brightburn trailer would perform after Sony kind of like pulled the plug on that fucking trailer during San Diego Comic-Con. And then it finally gets released and people are not like pissing and moaning about it. And saying bad things about James Gunn. And there was enough, you know, there was enough distance between the whole James Gunn, like, you know, Marvel debacle. And they were like, yeah, let's get this guy to direct this fucking thing. I think that was the ultimate goal. I felt like that from day one. And I'm so thrilled. And Jake, I know you're thrilled. I know you didn't see this coming, but you are not fucking against this at all you're like oh yeah yeah no. yeah. yeah yeah i'm glad i'm glad they kind of fast forwarded the timeline here and they're yeah. willing to, to put them back out in the forefront i it's great news it's fantastic news matt reeves had an interview with uh thr and uh he talked about his batman he said quote it's very much a point of view driven noir batman tw- tale uh it's told very squarely on his shoulders and I hope it's going to be a story that will be thrilling, but also emotional. It's more Batman in his detective mode than we've seen in the films. The comics have a history of that. He's supposed to be the world's greatest detective. And that's not necessarily been a part of what the movies have been. I'd love to see this be one where we get to go on that journey of tracking down the criminals and trying to solve a crime. It's going to allow his character to have an arc so that he can go through a transformation. A lot to unpack here. He's talking about multiple criminals. He's talking about this is going to be more of a point-of-view-driven noir tale Batman. And then he's also talking about how this is going to be like, yeah, this is going to be the detective mode Batman that you know we've kind of seen in other films, but like, they really haven't done it well. Um, he also there was a, he was asked, uh, "Do you have a title yet?" And he says, "Right now, it's called the Batman. What will it be called ultimately? I don't know." Um, and then he talks about the casting process, and if it's begun, he says there will be a rogues gallery. The casting process will begin shortly. We're starting to put together our battle plan. I'm doing another pass on the script. And we'll begin some long lead stuff to start developing conceptual things. And they said, what's your goal as far as release dates? And he says, we haven't been dated. I wouldn't commit to this, but we're thinking the movie would be probably for 2021, late spring or summer. Warner Brothers has been incredibly supportive and given me a lot of time and shared the same passion that I do for this story. Guys, that means so much to me. Just hearing that quote from him, that Warner Brothers is not putting a time 
you guys got to understand this. They put a timetable on Justice League. This means a lot yeah. to me. Right, Jake? Yeah, they, they were really trying to fast track that world building, and they finally figured out that that's not necessarily the most important thing to being successful. Why do you think that Matt Reeves left, left the first time? I feel like they were trying to either force that Ben Affleck script on him with Deadshot and all that shit, and they wouldn't give him like complete creative control, or they were trying to force on him a time limit. Like, you've got to get this done at this date. And he was like, no. Like, if you're going to fucking do that to me, I'm just going to do another fucking Planet of the Apes movie. I'll just do a fourth film for Planet of the Apes. I'm not going to be told that I have to use this script. I'm not going to be told that I have to use this story, this villain, or I have to make this date. I'm going to get this fucking done when I want to get this done. And I'm going to cast the Batman that I want to cast. Otherwise, I'm not doing this for you. That you guys call yourselves like the director's studio. Well, then give me complete creative control over this. Give me the Patty Jenkins treatment that you gave her for Wonder Woman. Like, and I feel like that's what they finally said. You win. Do you think because it was Batman that made it harder for them to budge with it? Yes. Yeah, definitely. I do. I do. I mean, especially the fact that you've got like an actor like Ben Affleck in the role and a guy who's done movies like Argo and the town and they want to have a good relationship with him. And Ben Affleck had been working on a script already. And here we got Matt Reeves saying like, well, if I'm going to jump into this, like I want to do this movie the way that I want to do it. And that's going to start with a day one rewrite of the script that Ben Affleck has been working on. Yeah. And I know that's that's fucked up. That's a hard thing to say for a director. But at the end of the day, that's what's going to happen here. It's going to happen. That, that's just what's going to happen. And we're not going to get that Deadshot movie that we, that we thought we were going to get with Matt D- with uh, Ben Affleck. Because, like, that was fucking teased. We got a fuck. Do you guys remember that fucking Deadshot teaser that we got before we even saw Deadshot show up in the Justice League post credit scene? Yeah. Yeah. Or was that a. No, that was a. Was that Justice League or was that Suicide Squad? No, he I can't. popped up at the end of Justice League. Thank you. Justice League, yeah. Justice League. So it's like. It's like. That's a hard thing to do here. They've been setting that up. And Matt Reeves is Matt Reeves is saying like no if I'm gonna do this I want a clean slate I want I want to I want to do this the way that I want to do it he's like uh, he's like fucking Frank Sinatra I did it my way I want to do it my way right well, well yeah and then when you're taking on like one of the most universally recognizable characters of all time. You're gonna want as much control as you know, as much control as you can over that. Like I, that's gotta be a daunting task. Like here you go, you're gonna direct the next Batman movie. Yeah. Like he's gonna want to have as much say in it as he can, and it just made you know it is kind of shitty, but it made sense. Like he called their bluff and he got it. Yeah, yeah. Jake, what are you thinking, man? Uh, yeah, I mean, good for Matt Reeves by sticking to his like you know his morals and what he wanted to do. Like it's obviously it's a big thing to make a Batman movie, but it's not worth it. If you're going to have, you know, 
big brother over your head telling you what you can and you can't do. Okay, okay. Who are we getting as the main villain here? He's talking about rogues gallery. Is he being cryptic? Are we thinking like, okay, uh, are we getting Hush? Are we getting Penguin that's been rumored? Or are we just getting like Court of Owls? Are we getting the owls in this one? Like, I, I think he's got an original story up his sleeve, to be honest with you. Um, I keep hearing the hush narrative a lot. Yeah. Um, in my head, for some reason, when I first read the article, I went straight to Long Halloween because he described yes. it as uh, a film noir with a, a big rogues gallery. Yeah. So I was kind of surprised that so many people were on the hush train when it, it way more sounded like that to me. But I honestly don't think it'll be that either. I, I think he'll definitely – homage stuff that he's a fan of but i really think he's gonna and i hope he's got an original story for us because i mean if we want to see a film noir real detective batman the best way to do that is for none of us to know what the answer is or the end of the mystery is yeah yeah who are they gonna cast as batman and this is one of the things that uh you know that's been uh talked about recently um i was reading from dark horizons uh in the wake of News about Matt Reeves, the Batman, earlier this week. More rumors and reports have cropped up. First, a variety of reports that Matt Reeves is looking for a big-name actor to play Bruce Wayne, Batman, in his film, and is said to be looking at a very specific age range for what will be a younger version of the billionaire vigilante. Uh, who that might be isn't clear, but bookies have Army Hammer and Jake Gyllenhaal as the favorites to take over with odds at 7-2 to two and 11-2 to two respectively. Both actors have been linked to the role in the past with Hammer actually cast at one point. Yeah, uh, Army Hammer was cast in uh, George... Miller. George Miller's, uh, yeah, version of the Justice League film. Which, yeah. didn't that have Common? I believe so. Green Cyborg, Lantern? right? Oh, I thought well, it was Green Lantern. As, as Green Lantern, yeah, yeah. 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 I'm trying to think like um was it Adrian Brody was cast as Flash in that version? <laughs> oh, I think that is true. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. I don't know. I it, it's um I, I would have I would have liked to have seen that. The uh, yeah, yeah. The, did you see the did you see the costume fittings? Was there, there was a picture, right, that came out, right? Mm. Yep, I remember that now. It, yeah. yeah, looking at it right now. Yeah, I, I don't know. I honestly like, I would have loved Jake Gyllenhaal at one time as Batman. I would have loved Army Hammer at one time as Batman. I think if they're really going for a younger Batman at this point, they need to they need to go younger than Jake Gyllenhaal and Army Hammer. They need to go even younger. Yeah. I would like yeah. to see Richard Madden from Game of Thrones, but he's not that big a name that they're. Who, is, who does he play? Uh, he was God. He was the Stark at the Red Wedding. Um, the one that gets his head chopped off. No, uh, fuck. He was in Bodyguard. Who did he play? Um, he was the son that was going to marry the girl at the Red Wedding, and then he got the one who gets his head chopped off. Does he get his head shot? I thought he just got stabbed. Uh, sorry. Rob, yeah. yeah. Rob, yeah, yeah. Rob yeah. Stark, yeah. yeah. Yeah, Rob Stark. That's what I would like to see. Yeah, they chop see- his head off and they put his direwolf's head in, his, in the oh, hole that's where his right. head they, used to be. They do? Okay, yeah. It's been a while. Nick Jonas put his name out there to be the new Batman. 
Yeah, please no. I would still love John Hamm, but I think he's much too old for that. Yeah, too old there, but that, yeah. that'd be cool too. I was, uh, I've always been a f- big fan now, recently, of John Hamm as Two Face. Yeah, dude. Okay, I, I hate to like bring this up, but we had Quentin Roberts on the backcast, and he said Marshala Ali would be his Two Face. Marshala Ali behind that. as Two Face. Yeah. I've never given that much thought, to be quite honest with you. Um, Neither did I, but when he said it, it made sense. Yeah, I like Mahershali. He's a good actor. I don't know. I'd have to think about him as Two-Face. I don't see him as like... I've ne- I have to see him in a villain role, and so I'm yeah. going to wait to see him as the villain in Alita Battle Angel, and then I'll be able to kind of like... Mm. Maybe kind of like give you my thoughts on that. I've never seen Mahershala Ali as a villain yet so it's hard to jake have you ever seen mahershala ali as a villain other than daredevil no not not let me imdb but no nothing's coming to head he was great as the villain in daredevil maybe yeah it might work i don't know yeah that's all quentin that that i i yeah that kind of took me by surprise this is one of those things i've never thought about that this is a new he was great as the villain in Daredevil, uh, not Daredevil, uh, Luke Cage, excuse me, Luke Cage season oh, one. Yeah. Why am I saying Daredevil? I don't know, because I'm drunk and I've been drinking vodka all night and I've been thinking about <laughs> mothers you were, masturbating. Yeah, it's and it's the only good Netflix show, so you were drawn That's to that. true. I was trying to think of good Netflix Marvel, Marvel series. Um, no, he was great as the, Fuck. I'm trying. Holy fuck, Marshall Ali is two faced. That's fucking blowing my mind. Yeah, it might work. Holy right? shit! It yeah, could, it could do it. Because I, I mean, I would love John Hamm as Two Face. Let's be a great do it. Let's fucking do it. I love that. Oh my god! Yeah, that that's got to. Yeah, the, I would like that. That's fucking cool. Who Marshall Ali? Yeah, as Two Face. I do right? fucking That'd be like amazing. that. I do fucking like that a lot. That's good. I was like, I was like, oh my god. Okay, what villain roles has he been in? I was like, okay, I know he's going to be a villain in Alita. I know he was a villain for Luke Cage season one, but we didn't get a lot of them because they kind of fucked that up, and killed him. <laughs> <laughs> so like, how can we? Uh, ooh, how can we fix that? Yeah, holy shit, man, that's good. I like that. That's good shit. Yeah, I. That's an interest. That's that's really inspired casting. I. That that's an awesome idea. Hey, I'm sorry, I'm I'm thinking here. No, it's okay. Uh, did you hear about the DC Super Pets movie? I did. Yes. I love it. Yeah, I love it too. Actually, <laughs> DC, yeah, uh, we learned this from THR. DC Super Pets from directors Jared Stern and Sam Levine, and producers Patty Hicks. Uh, started as children's series from Capstone Publishers, combining the pets of number of DC superheroes, including Superman's dog Crypto, Batman's dog Ace the Bat Hound, and Supergirl's cat Streaky into a crime-fighting team of their own. The property also appeared as a short on Cartoon Network's DC Nation animated block. They're talking about a... Is this, like... Okay, is this basically being announced because of the popularity of 
Batman or not uh, of Spider Man into the Spider Verse, or is this being announced because of like the Teen Titans movie being a moderate success? Um, I, I think it's being announced a little bit because of the Teen Titans thing, and I don't know. I think maybe James Gunn even had some influence here with this, right? You were talking about him liking the super pets. Maybe he had some notes of how you could make some money with this franchise. So executive producer, James Gunn, super pets. Yeah. Maybe, maybe very, I can see that very easily. I can too. Yeah, absolutely. I like it. I like, Oh my God. Thank God. Thank Jake. Right. Thank you. Warner brothers for like, God damn it. Can you imagine James Gunn not in our lives anymore? Oh yeah. Well, I never thought that would be the case, but thank you so much Warner brothers for making it so, so quickly. Thank you. Right, right. That's a huge thank you. Yeah, God definitely. damn. Make make some fucking money off this guy. This guy, like, like, oh my god, like this is like the best thing I think that could ever happen to Warner Brothers. It's a terrible thing that happened to James Gunn. The fact that he like he brought in the Guardians of the Galaxy, he shepherded them them, them into the MCU. Like he showed he showed the world like these characters can work. You know. And uh, then all of a sudden, like, they threw him out. They threw him out like he's nothing over some over 10 year old jokes. Jake, he directed two fucking movies. This is crazy. Directed two movies. These jokes are already out there. Right. Out there swirling around on the Internet. Distasteful jokes. Right. Swirling out there. They were there when they hired him. I'm saying that's exactly what I'm saying. Like these jokes were just like they were marinating. They were out there. Hey, we're just dumb jokes. Dumb jokes. Distasteful jokes. And he's making movies. He's making movies that are making millions of dollars. Right. And these jokes are just kind of like out there. Right. Doing their thing. Just hanging out. Um, yeah, but didn't he like address and apologize for them like five years before all this happened? Yes, he totally did. He totally did. He totally did. We're not going to get into this too much. No, no, I, I don't. Yeah. I know. I'm not. Paul, you're awesome. You're an awesome guy. You're an awesome guy. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. You, you appreciate the fact that I'm using like five-year-old bumpers. Hey. I do. <laughs> you do. You do. You do. <laughs> But like the like 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 Disney is just profiting off this guy. This guy comes in there with the vision. He takes like these characters, and uh, these movies make millions of dollars, millions of dollars. He made these distasteful jokes. You know, this is like Jake. This is like me and you saying stupid shit when we're teenagers, and then like having to pay for it as adults, right? Like, uh, how different are you now? Than you were ten years ago. How different are you? No, oh, a, a ton, actually. Right? Yeah, it's it's night and day. And I mean, we've talked about this a ton. Yeah. It's not only that, but he had a high profile job with Troma, where he was almost like had to because of his career be shocking. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He had to put himself in that mindset, and he was trying to do it on social media, right? Yeah, I, like it, he was a trauma like. Yes. High up guy. Like, so yes. I think that would cut him some slack, too. Like, it, yeah. it was almost like he was acting in a way because of that. You exactly. Know? Exactly. You, you know, he was pushing the shock boundaries just based on the, the job and the position he had. Yeah. Yeah. 
I don't know. It's a shame. It's a shame. It's a shame that he's not going to do another Guardians movie. I wish we he would have been able to do the trilogy, but uh, unfortunately, that's not going to happen. I wish he would have been able to move on from the trilogy and then like set up the whole like Marvel Cinematic uh, Cosmic Universe. Been a big hand in that. That's not going to happen. But you know what? There, there, there is life after Marvel, and uh, hopefully he'll be able to breathe new life into the DC universe here. And uh, all the people—it's kind of funny though, you know—all the people, they, all the DC fans that were like, "Guardians of the Galaxy is stupid, baby bullshit." We'll see what they say. I, I, I'm dying to hear what they think about his version of the Suicide Squad. I'm dying. I hope that these people. You know, these DC, these diehard DC fans that were like, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 1 and Volume 2 are baby bullshit. You got a talking raccoon and a fucking tree. I hope these people that thought that that was bullshit, I hope when James Gunn gives them a Suicide Squad movie that is just the most amazing thing that they've ever seen with their two goddamn fucking eyes. I hope when after they see that, that they acknowledge it and they give this guy the credit that he deserves as being a visionary and a guy that can breathe life into anything, because I think he can, you know, like the, like Guardians of the Galaxy is not supposed to work. It's not supposed to work. No, not at all. You know, yeah, like, and you never know. Even under under a different banner besides Marvel, James Gunn is perfectly capable of doing R rated material as well. Mm-hmm. And that's the direction that they would want to go in Warner Brothers too. He's not, which like, seems, yeah, yeah, which seems more likely. I don't think they will. Yeah, but I think it seems more likely that they would than Marvel anytime soon. James Gunn hasn't let me down. I mean, he hasn't let me down. Like a, a Belko experiment was fantastic. I know he didn't direct it, but he wrote it. Yeah, yeah. Slither's fucking Slither. amazing. Super's Super. great. Super's awesome. He hasn't let me down, so we'll see what he does with Suicide Squad. I think he's, you know, I think he's going to have a lot of fun with this, and um, I'm hoping he can pull. I'm, I'm really hoping he can pull Dave Batista over to that franchise. Yeah, get him he, surely he wants to, and they've, yeah. they've kind of made that clear. Get Michael Rooker over there too, right? Oh yeah, that seems like a no brainer. No brainer. No brainer. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Paul, thank you. You're welcome. We're going to have you back on. Oh, man, that's awesome. I don't, I don't, I don't know what like, the reception is going to be from our listeners. Oh, they're going to hate it. I, fuck them. Fuck them all. <laughs> fuck every last one of you. Die. <laughs> Die. Fuck, oh, fuck every last one of you. I loved having Paul on, and you come at me, bro. That's what I'm saying. Come at me. I'm that. I'm that motherfucker sitting at that table saying, "Change my mind." I'm that guy. I'm that mean. Oh, that guy. Paul Don't is be that guy. Paul is one of the best guests we've ever had on the show. Change my mind. I'll be first in line <laughs> to change his mind. <laughs> You're gonna change my mind about you. I was told to disagree with you before. Oh my god! Yeah, this is this is getting weird now. Yeah, sorry. Oh my I'll god, Paul, it's working, Paul. You're changing my mind. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, it, it was a blast being on. Thank you. It was amazing. Would you come back on? Absolutely, hundred percent. It was it fun? Like I always. Ooh, I'm just I'm like knocking shit over. Um, was it fun? Like I never know. 
because I, like, I've been I, laughing all night, man. This has been great. I think about like talking to myself. Like if I had to talk to myself, I would hate myself. Like Jake, right? Like, like I like. Would you like talking to yourself, or would you? Would you like talking to yourself, Jake? I think I would. I bet you would. I would. Ha- <laughs> I would hate talking to myself. I would hate talk. I would be like, oh my god, I am such a cunt. Yeah. <laughs> only I, only if it was like two separate beings, though. I don't want to already know what I'm gonna say. That Oof. I would not like that. You would okay. You would like to know what you're already gonna say. No, I do not. Like I want like a multiplicity situation where it's oh. it's we're two separate people not but me still the same i do not want unpredictable brian <laughs> i don't know i would not like to talk to myself i i i can like like when listeners get on itunes and they give us a one-star review and they're like yeah i didn't like that brian guy like i am dude i'm right there with you like i <laughs> <laughs> like I get it, man. Like I, I do not like myself either. <laughs> Most of the time. Yeah, I am. I, I, I agree with you on that. With I feel the same way about me. That's yeah. Right. It's hard. It's hard. It's hard to like. I cannot be my biggest fan. I wish I could. I wish I could be like, ooh, yeah. It's like, like, yay for me. But it's like, oh yeah. It's like I got you, crippling yeah. self confidence. Right? Oh, it's terrible. That's why I just said I'd be first in line to yeah. disagree. Yeah, it's like yeah, no. I am my worst critic. Like I listen 100%. to myself, and it's like. <sighs> not not just like like podcast stuff, but just like everything in general. Like yeah, like I don't know. Like oh god, I don't know what they're gonna put on my tombstone, but I I hope it's negative, and I would probably agree with it. <laughs> <laughs> I want to thank Paul for being on our podcast, and I want to thank Paul. Uh, for doing the animated badcast, which when was your when when did you do your last episode? Uh, we dropped it on Thursday night. Fantastic, Wednesday night. fantastic. Wednesday night. Yeah. Okay. So what still do still do that with Rebecca too? Yeah. We yes we do, and we just had uh, awesome. Clayton on. Uh, Clayton from the army on. Oh, uh, Clayton Gillespie. Yes, yes, yes. He was awesome. Clayton's we, uh, a good guy. We decided we had to go with uh, Mr. Freeze episode. It kind of went with the weather. Oh, perfect, 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 perfect. We got we we got to get Jake on to fucking redeem ourselves. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, That was a lost episode. That was a lost episode. episode. And I was told Brian that you'd be interested in the next episode we're doing, which is Zantana. Oh God, I love Zantana. Yeah, we'll be covering that episode. I love Zatanna. I Zatanna is one of my like as far as like female characters in DC. Like I love Zatanna, any Zatanna, anything Zatanna I can get my hands on, I would love it. And then I, uh, yeah, Zatanna's fantastic. Have you read Mystic U? I have not. No. You, gotta, you God damn it! You got to read Mystic U. It's okay. so good. It's, it's like it's. I think it's only like six issues or whatever the fuck. But cool. It's really cool. good. Yeah, read it. nice (laughs) that's when you when you listen to this episode and you're just like you you know a host doesn't care about anything when he does what i just did (laughs) (laughs) 
So do you still have the same like energy positivity that you had at the beginning of the episode? No. I'm fucking, dude, I'm, I'm fucking, I'm half way plastered at this point in the episode. Like I'm, so you're definitely still happy. I'm happy as fuck because I'm drunk. (laughs) Yeah. I'm happy because I'm drunk. You know what, Jake? (laughs) <laughs> this is episode two Jake this is hold on does this blow your fucking mind this is episode 270 yeah it's every when you say the number I, I just can't believe it. it yeah it feels like the gap between 100 and 200 and 200 to 300 is even faster each time <laughs> I would ask you hey Jake do you remember <laughs> I would say, Jake, do you remember episode one, but you weren't on it? No, no, I was not on episode one. I was on episode negative. Yeah. <laughs> I am such a dick, right? That, like, that goes back to me being a dickhead, right? Doesn't it? Say yes. I was going to say yes. I wasn't hesitating. I, I was waiting for my break. No, you know, I've never had any qualms about making fun. I've made fun of episode one a billion times on this podcast. Jake was not. A- <laughs> was episode one where my washer exploded and shit? Yes. Oh, God. Yeah. Fuck. <laughs> I had to ask Dan Hill's permission to be back on the podcast. And and here you are, a pillar of the podcast. Yeah, fuck Daniel. (laughs) That motherfucker's got to ask my permission now. (laughs) The tables have turned. (laughs) It's crazy. It's so nuts. And yeah, you know, my my answer would be no. So he's a nicer guy than me. That's a good thing. <laughs> That's <a> tr- <laughs> Oh my god. Oh my god. I can I can't imagine doing this show. I cannot imagine not doing this show without you, Jake. Oh yeah, for sure. For sure. This show is just every year I what we've gotten from this show just means even more to me. It's just fantastic. It I'm is. not going anywhere, so have no fear. I it Jake, it is crazy because like here's the thing, like people don't understand this. Like me and Jake, we did Jake 2000 and tw- like 2012, like we didn't meet until the end of that year. Like I didn't even know who the fuck you were, dude. Oh yeah, yeah, it is nuts. Like if you listen to those first like handful of episodes yeah. to think where we are now, it, it's it's you never would have predicted. It's like an M Night twist. It is. It really is. Like this is crazy. Like I, I'm, I'm sure this is stuff that we should talk about on like 300. But like, I've been drinking vodka all night, and you know, <laughs> <laughs> this is just stuff that happens. Like, you have no idea. Like, I don't know. It's just, it's crazy, man. Like, uh, when we first started this podcast, like back in 2012, like you know, we started it with different hosts. Oh, well, Jake, you were here. You're, you, you're the only holdover from the original cast, and. Uh, me and you are the honestly think about it go back to episode two when you first <laughs> episode two when you first were on but like if you think about it from episode two like you and me are like the two least likely to be on here by this time right 
Oh, oh, for sure, for sure. And it just, yeah, it's, it's just crazy. Like, if like, on, if on episode two you tell me that on episode two hundred and seventy, yeah, you're going to be like basically one of my best friends of all time. Yes, I, I probably would have spit in your face. I wouldn't say basically. <laughs> I would say I would say Jake is like probably like Jake is one of my best friends. Like that's what it comes down to, you know. Yeah, that seemed pretty unfathomable at at episode two. It did <laughs> it did it did was it there did. animosity no. oh like, yeah dude yeah yes there was at one point like i think when me and jake first started talking it was like like oh my god like we have so much in common and then it's like when we started podcasting it was like this guy drives me fucking crazy like <laughs> like i know i know i drove jake crazy and jake drove jake drove me crazy and then Somewhere, somewhere along the line, like we both like, like I realized like I was wrong, and I apologized to you, and I said I'm sorry. I legit, I came back to you. I can't. No, I, yeah, that's a true story. That's yeah. a true story. Like the difference between the yeah. v- voicemail that you left me before you apologized yes. and were you apologizing were were night and day, night and day, and I mean I I. You were completely sincere, and you, mm-hmm. I'm not going to repeat the stuff you said, but you said a lot of from the heart stuff that mm-hmm. I knew you weren't just bullshitting, you know? Yeah, yeah. And it, was, it meant a lot to me. You kind of you really opened yourself up to me when you apologized to me, and that meant a lot to me. I was like, well, if he's willing to say this stuff, which is borderline embarrassing, mm-hmm. then the least I can do is believe what he's saying is sincere. Yeah, and we, we've been great ever since. Mm-hmm. I mean, I like there's stuff that I would tell Jake that I would never talk to anybody about and that's the you know it's just you know there's stuff that you would open up to people about that you wouldn't open up to anybody about and i'm not saying like you know just like i don't know it's just it's one of those things where i just feel comfortable with you like you know i don't yeah for sure i I feel exactly the same way i I, like have no inhibitions about what like i'm not afraid to tell you yes basically at this point exactly exactly and and um, I don't know. Even if you even if you do disagree, or even if it isn't something you you know can go with, yeah. I still know that you'll you know you'll be understanding and you'll hear me out and shit. And exactly. the same goes for me, you know. Dude, I don't care if Jake. You know, at this point, like, I mean, there used to be like things early on when we first started podcasting where like we would disagree about or, and it would like I would take it personally or. I, I can just talk for myself. Like I, I would take things like personally and stuff like that. Like at this point, I can look past. <laughs> I can look past everything because, like, I know where Jake comes from. I know. I know who you are. Yeah, and yeah. what matters at the end is the friendship, not yes. what you think about this fucking like Hollywood factor. I don't give opinion. a fuck about what Jake thought about fucking Jurassic World: Fallen Kingdom. <laughs> I don't give a <laughs> and I, fuck. And I think it and honestly, it all boils back to our. I still always think back to the first time we ever had any interaction, yeah. which was on our, our mutual friend Nick Mosser's page. And yes. our, our very first interaction was us going at each other. Yeah. About the fucking Hobbit shit. The and Hobbit shit. To this day, that those are still our best moments is when yeah. we fucking just go at each other about a disagreement. Yeah. But, like, we know, we know, like, even though, like, Things can get heated in the moment. We know, like, when it's all said and done, that 
the listener had something fun to listen to, hopefully. Yeah. And but but we also know that like at the end of the day, like we love each other. Like I like I love you, Jake. Like like um, oh, yeah, same goes for you, man. I yeah. love you too. It, it yeah, you mean so much to me, Brian, and I I bend over backwards for you, and you know that. And I know yeah. you do the same. I know. It's crazy, man. This this podcast it is me- crazy. It's crazy. <laughs> it's crazy, and it's like everybody, everybody. It's, it's crazy, it's, uh, but it's crazy cool. To yeah, like th- I remember. Um, Go one ahead. Thing I always think fondly of is the very first time me and you took a long road trip, and I remember knowing at the end of that road trip that you were just one of my best friends. Yeah, like they, it, we the entire time we we couldn't shut up. We were just blah, 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 yeah. blah the entire time. You know, yeah. I've, I've taken many a road trip with people where I'm just sitting there in silence jamming the radio, you know? Yeah. And it was just, it was such a bonding moment for me, and I, I always just think fondly about that. I'm trying to think what that was even. Maybe the first C2E2 we went to Probably together. C2E2. You know, like there's – No, I think it was, the, it was the Great America trip is what it was. Oh, when we went to Six Flags. Yeah, the very yeah. first time. That's exactly what it was. Yeah. I'm still waiting for that bonding moment with Paul. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I know, I know. I thought Thanos dusted him and we just... <laughs> yeah, no, just... Hey, man, I'm just sitting back. This is that's yeah. a fan. This is some really cool shit to no, listen to. No, like, I feel nothing for you, Paul. <laughs> <laughs> and I the same. Yeah. No, that's a lot. No, seriously, it's all... Com- uh, this is... That is 100% for comedic... That's for comedic. Like, like I was just trying to be funny there, Paul. You're awesome. Oh my yeah, Paul, tears! Paul are, is great. My tears are funny right now. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I'm pretty funny. Oh man, yeah. The fact that I could bring you to tears is pretty awesome. That's like that's my Thanos power right there. Right? <laughs> I just got dusted. Uh, <clears throat> yeah, no, no. It's it's super cool. That that was a super cool moment, man. You know. Because we listen to you guys all the time, and to hear like kind of behind the scenes stuff is super awesome. Uh, Brian Paul made it weird for me. I think it's so weird. <laughs> that's what I'm so good at, dude. I, I know. I feel like I feel like I'm in I my feel, I feel like I'm in my tub just trying to jerk <laughs> off, and like Paul's oh, just fuck, sitting there. I'm Johnny in this situation. Yeah, I know. You yeah. you got your binoculars, like. Come on! What the fuck? Wait, 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 I got my binoc. Oh shit! In this situation, I'm trying to see my mom masturbate. Yeah, like why you got the binocs on? <laughs> why? Fuck. Why? Why? Hey, why? Why can't I just lay in my tub and you got the binocs on? Oh man, I just want the nuggets. I just, I just want you to fucking like bounce out of the fucking bathroom and like leave your binocs at the door. Why do I have binoculars? I don't know why you're rocking the binocs. <laughs> What's even more fucked up is mom got them for you for Christmas. <laughs> oh, shit. Yes. Mom, why'd you buy me the binocs? <laughs> mm. Hey, guys. You know, <laughs> just like all good leftovers say in the doggy bags, thank you for your patronage and thanks for listening. <laughs> we will see you next week with episode 271. How's that sound, Jake? I love it. 271. Paul. I have nothing like cute to say about that number though i don't either 271 i got nothing to say hey paul everybody yeah. should check out the animated backcast right yes that would be very much appreciated there you go look it up on itunes check out the animated Badcast. i will try to remember to put that in the notes for this episode 
We will see you next week for episode 271. See ya. Later. Thanks for listening to Pop Culture Leftovers. Congratulations. I don't know how you did it. I couldn't do it. You people need a T-shirt saying, I just listened to two hours of nonsensical crap. Anyway, if you'd like to reach the Pop Culture Leftovers cast, you can email them at comments at popcultureleftovers.com. You can also follow them on Twitter at PC Leftovers or like their Facebook page. They'd love to hear from you. They're all pretty sad and lonely. One of them is homeless, but I didn't say that. There's already like 7 million podcasts talking about pop culture and all that. Makes us happy like shooting at a womp rat. But it's all been done before. And we don't want to be a copycat. We're the leftovers picking up the scraps. Dropped by the cool kids. It, it, it's a trap. Good it toss it, good it taste it. Do we love it? Hey, let's face it. Can't erase it. Let's embrace it. Tupperware party. Subculture spill over like a vulture. Carryover. Counterculture pushovers. Pop culture. Leftovers. And with the uncool kids. What's to say's already been said. Leftovers. Pretty sure that the only talent is the band that's singing this. Pop culture leftovers. Podcasts that are original and good. Have already been done before, so we should separate the wheat from the shaft. And we're the shaft, the crap, even though we're the shit. Woo! We're the leftovers picking up the scraps, dropped by the cool kids. It, it, it's a trap. Good it, toss it, good it, taste it. Do we love it? Hey, let's face it, can't erase it. Let's embrace the Tupperware party. Subculture spill over like a vulture, carryover, counterculture, pushover, pop culture, leftovers. And with the uncool kids. What's to say's already been said Leftovers Pretty sure that the only talent Is the band that's singing this Pop culture leftovers Good it, do we love it? Hey, let's face it, can't erase it. Let's embrace the Tupperware party. Subculture spill over like a vulture, carryover, counterculture, pushovers, pop culture, leftovers. And with the uncool kids, what's to say has already been said. Leftovers. The only talent is the band that's singing this pop culture leftovers.